This is an Age of Sigma podcast, which may contain explicit language. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 6 of Mortally Wounded. Today we're going to be covering, it's probably going to be quite a big show, um, we're going to be covering Sydney Slaughter 2017. So I'm joined with three special guests today. We have Dan Say. Hi, that's me, other Dan. Dan Brewer. Hey. And Ash McEwen. How's it going? So yeah, this, this show is probably going to be the Dan Show featuring Ash Ash Cloud McEwen. Get to that later because there's only one Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. There's a primary Dan and a secondary Dan. Um, so yeah, we're just going to do a big show, all things Sydney Slaughter, really, just talking about the event, uh, what you guys did to kind of warm up for the event, uh, painting, modelling, the pack, everything, really. Um, so yeah, it'll probably be quite a long show. Um, we'll see when we get bored. We'll just talk and. Um, yeah, so we'll see how, how it goes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'll try not to edit much out and yeah. Yeah. keep us on track. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, let's just go around. I guess everyone just introduce yourselves to the show, a little bit about yourselves, what you play. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, my name is Ashley McEwen. Um, I've been into the hobby for around about 17 years now. Um, so, I got in first with Lord of the Rings and I've sort of been in and out of all the different game systems since then and landed in Age of Sigma at the moment. Um, so I play Iron Jaws for the most part, a little bit of Zinch that I'm working on at the moment as well, but I took Iron Jaws to the slaughter um, and I'm renowned in the Sydney group for playing Gordrak. Um, yeah. I'm one of the only people in the world that does, <laughs> um, but uh, I love him. I think he's, he's a really cool, like the narrative behind him is really awesome. Um, and yeah, just enjoy playing the game. So yeah, cool. Um, cool. Uh, I'm other Dan. Uh, Eric, I, Eric, you mean? I, think. Uh, I, I officially have to go by my middle name of Eric because Dan Brewer, sitting on my right, beat me at Sydney Slaughter, meaning that he is now the primary Dan, and uh, and the I only am, Dan. because like Highlander there can only be one Um, this was agreed before the game it wasn't something I forced him after I went no no it was (laughs) two men entered one left yeah I was feeling really confident (laughs) two two dads entered one dad left Um, I exclusively play armies with beards Um, so so which elves uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, so uh, dwarves or dispossessed um, sky beards or the overlords at the moment um, and I've got a few fire slayers as well. So, um, because I, I am a true believer that if your dad doesn't have a beard, you've got two mums. And, uh, and so I like to base my armies around that theory. And your life in general. Really. And my life in general. <laughs> I'm horrified at how beardless I am right now. <laughs> it's pretty disappointing. There's a bearded yeah. man inside me trying to get out right now. <laughs> He's working his way up. <laughs> yeah, day by day. You know, uh, I'm Dan Brewer, so I play Skaven. I also have a Tomb King's army that I've used. With their points um, pending to go up soon, or most people are already using the new points, kind of using them less and less in tournaments. Um, snakes OP. Snakes OP, play snakes in your face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I've been playing, I started playing the game when I was probably about 11 or 12. Um, I played Fantasy mostly for um, a little bit of 40k for a few years, and I stopped for about probably about 12 years, and then um, 
I dropped my iPhone playing Pokemon Go outside of Woolworths and had to get it, bring it into Sydney to get it fixed. And the three hours I had to wait, I wandered into Warhammer Sydney and ended up buying stuff. <laughs> That's how I got back into the hobby. That's an amazing story. Yeah. <laughs> right. Smash phones everywhere yeah. and you'll get yeah. Warhammer so players. I, I like, see, some people like them, Liam in particular, like, they would just have their phone smashed all the time. I was like, remember just stood there and like, what he was like, I can't pay with this. It's been five minutes. I need to fix my phone. It's going to pay. I mean, thank um, God you didn't walk into like a Supre or something. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a very weird day. Oh, uh, yeah. I wonder what army I would have had then. <laughs> so, yeah. You'd be all into athletic wear. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so uh, I play predominantly... I've always liked kind of abstract armies that people don't use too much as well. So even then, I try not to do something that's kind of commonly done. But uh, in Skaven, I play, play predominantly Clan Eshin stuff. Um, I have infamous whoosh capes whoosh capes whoosh capes yeah. OP um, and they did actually turn out to be really useful and some games are completely useless which we'll get into which is like uh, when I played Dan for example it just gave all the um, <laughs> naked ranged dwarves something to slaughter <laughs> but, um, they love that it gave them a lovely three inch charge turn one which is very unusual for them but, um, in other games they're pretty quite useful so like, I'm a bigger emphasis that night runners are the new skinks cool um, so yeah um, it's me cool so yeah everyone hopefully <coughs> know, knows who you are now um, obviously everyone's Sydney based here so um, yeah so let's just crack on to the event what did you guys all bring uh, to the army to the army to the event and kind of run through your lists I guess quickly and thought process if there were any specific choices you made for this event over a different event whether I guess the pack influenced any of that with summoning that sort of thing um, yeah just chat about it yeah so um, you've already been over the scenario pack in the previous episode didn't yeah, you? yeah yeah we've, we've so, covered kind so of people the have an idea of yeah. what the, the custom scenarios were about so um, for, for my uh, army for this one I based it first thing I wanted to bring was my iron jaws because that was what I had painted um, and I always bring Gordrak because um, that sort of a big staple to my army. 700 points of your army painted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, so, so that was sort of the first step. Um, and I've been, I've been playing around with um, playing a weird fist lately um, at a couple of different tournaments. Um, and it seems to be a really competitive build for the Iron Jaws, um, but it does seem to be a sort of, if you get it off, if you get a good foot of dork off, you win if you don't it's sort of you're up against it because that's where you're, all you're your kind of writing are. your list to, to get a big that. stomp off yeah. and it also yeah. then it distracts you from putting the mystic shield on when you probably could use that more often yeah um, so I was thinking about that and we also have another player in the Sydney scene that's been running a weird fist at the moment um, so I decided to, to go back to an iron fist um, which I ran at CanCon uh, back at the beginning of the year but I've changed it up a little bit, so at CanCon I only I used um, just a regular Mega Boss on foot as my general. This time I went all in and made Gordrak my general. Um, so uh, his command ability giving 3d6 charge and two extra attacks for every weapon for the entire Iron Fist was uh, pretty good. Um, and yeah, so the Iron Fist was made up of uh, two units of three Gorgrunters, um, one of them with spears because they look cooler, and one of them with axes because they do stuff. Um, <laughs> And then a unit of 10 Brutes, um, the Brute boss was the leader of the formation, so he has the extra two wounds, and a unit of 10 Ardboys, um, and then obviously Gordrak, and then I've got a Weird Knob, a Warchanter, and a Mega Boss, um, so pretty much one of everything, um, yeah. plus a few more Gore Grunters, because I think they work really well with Gordrak's command ability, um, mm. 
So by getting that extra dice for your charge, your average charge is going to be 10 and they get their bonus once you've got 8. So it makes it a lot more reliable to get that um, extra D3 damage on the, the Gorgonch's attacks. And then, yeah, plus 2 attacks on those and 2 attacks with the hand weapons. With the hand weapons as well. Yeah. Um, exactly. And the hand weapons are Ren minus 1 as well, so that, yeah. just that extra little bit makes a big difference. So. Well, that's what, 3 models, that's 12 extra attacks just and in Gordrak. 15 wounds in each of them as well, yeah. so even if they don't do that much on the charge, it's going to take a while for the opponent to chop through them to, yeah. to get to you. That the groups is and things. one of the most frustrating things I've found playing against... Gore grunters is even if they hit you and they don't kill everything it takes so long yeah. just to grind through 15 wounds off them which I think people underestimate a lot mm. yeah. um, especially if like you say instead of going for a foot you cast a mystic shield or something on them yeah. they've got a 3 up save then. Yeah. and it's it's one of the things that I don't know if people have noticed enough in terms of using lower um, kind of model count units so compared brutes to gore grunters obviously they're both 180 each most people just go for the brutes, you get five. but they're, you get five, but they're three wounds each, which means as soon as you take three wounds, you've lost some attacks. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Gorgrunters, you have to take you have to five, five. Yeah. and then actually to lose two lots of attacks, you have to have taken ten wounds. Whereas by that point, you take nine wounds off, you've only got two brutes left, yeah. so you're then comparing actually two Gorgrunters, even if only one of them's only on one wound. And it's also the speed of getting them... Like yeah. They're not getting yeah. points unless they're killing stuff in combat yeah. or on an objective. No, yeah. do compared it. to a 4 inch yeah, move. Yeah. Yeah. So you stay, while the brutes are probably better if you're just doing the 15 15, the gore grunters, I think, have more output longer yeah. because of that be higher hard. wound base yeah. in terms of per model. Yeah, um, it takes more to kill. So yeah, I think they're really cool for and road blocking, and they turn them sideways, and their bases can make big walls and stuff, which is cool. Which yeah, we'll talk about in my game against the Caradron Overlords because that was pretty significant. Um, doing some zonal control. Yeah, cool. um, but yeah, so the, the other thing to note about that the army choice is that um, when you're using Gordrak as your general, um, because inspiring presence is quite significant on your unit of ten brutes. Um, <coughs> It sort of allows me to do that without worrying about, oh, I could have extra attacks in combat or I could have inspiring presence, which is what your regular Mega Boss does. So it's sort of, I've only got once a turn that I'm going to use Gordrak's commando. The rest of the time, the brutes aren't running away. Yeah. Which is pretty handy. So Yeah, that's cool. That was the other thing I wanted to know. So, yeah. yeah, no, that's cool. Um, and Gordrak's thing, you don't have to charge, do you, to get the plus two attacks? No, you can be in combat. So you could wait anyway yeah. and then just go, oh, I'm just going to inspire in presence because I'm not sure my army's going to make the charge this turn. Yeah. And then actually, if you get charged or what, you're already inspiring presence and then you go, cool, I'm already in combat, I'll just mm. use my command ability yeah. to go for all the extra attacks. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think. One proof out of poke. Well, <laughs> that, that doesn't happen often in my army. Um, it's usually once they're in combat that then the, the weird novel sort of foot slog up behind everyone and stomp whatever's left off the board so that's fun but every now and then Gork just decides to do the heavy lifting for you <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. cool um, yeah so that's Ash's army um, Dan sorry Eric other Dan here um, so I was painting overlords trying to do a, a combat overlord army but I couldn't get them painted in time so I went with the equally beardy dispossessed um, uh, painting wise I didn't have much to do they are already mostly painted um, I really quickly rebased them onto round bases to <coughs> CanCon earlier in the year. So all I've do- been doing is like touching up, adding to their bases, because their bases are, are, are quite simple at the moment, just the, the, um, the realm bases that they released with a, a quick paint set over them. The Shattered so, Dominion bases. Shattered Dominion, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. Um, so my army was mostly... Uh, the, the core of it is a grudge-bound war throng, which is one of the, the two formations with the dwarves 
which if you don't take, you're, you're probably going to struggle. Um, and that, that's got like three heroes in it, and then it's got your warriors, long beards, it's iron pre- breakers. It's pretty much breakers. one of everything, isn't pretty, it? Apart well, from well, war it's, it's not even one of everything. It's here's a list, take three units from this list, here's another list, yeah. take four units from this list. So um, it's, it's almost the majority of your army. And the benefits are amazing. It gives everything in the formation reroll ones to hit, and they all automatically pass battle shock on a one, two, or a three. Which is awesome. When you're order and you get to reroll if you're in range, that means you're seventy five percent of the time you're auto passing battle shock. Um, Which is which is I often describe the army as like that opening scene in three hundred where the Persians hit the Spartan shield wall and then everything stops and then they start to push back. That's pretty much how dwarves dispossessed play. They hold, and then your opponent goes, yeah, I killed a bunch of stuff, this is going great, and then slowly they grind their way back across, and the, the real pressure is knowing when to push, because you're so slow in movement that often you're not fast enough to capture objectives and do those things if you leave it too late. Um, but then also in, I throw in a couple of bolt throwers, um, because I think bolt throwers are amazing for 120 points, they, especially when they... They have, on sixes, they do uh, heaps more damage and bigger rend. And then if there's an engineer, it's up on fives. Um, so they're awesome. Uh, and then also some slayers. 15 slayers. I threw in the Slayer King, Belagar Iron Hammer, uh, and then a unit of miners. Um, I used to take a big block of quarrelers and bugmen, but the miners were cheaper. Uh, and I would put a lot more points in heroes because I've never used the longbeards have this ability where they grumble um, about the other heroes in the army basically saying that they're pathetic do uh, the voice they say who does this beardling think he is uh, <laughs> which I did in every single hero phase in every single game I didn't know that was on the wall scroll I thought you just kept saying it <laughs> yeah. it's I'm a psychological gonna, tactic I'm just going to keep that as a little sound bite now just, yeah. <laughs> just keep inserting say it. it in between sections <laughs> that's the new um, section break but it, it lets me use all the command abilities on my war scrolls which means that I can use the Slayer King's ability I can use Belagars I can basically take a unit and make them a super unit so at their best my Slayers Uh, including the command ability from the pack, had five attacks each, hitting on twos, wounding on twos, rend one, damage one, and there were 15 of them. And then when they died, they did a mortal wound on four up to whatever killed them. Um, And they died quick. And they're they're totes naked. (laughs) They definitely died. Um, I mean, you do have to remember to move and charge with them, or they apparently don't work, uh, which... I found out, very surprised. I thought I could just leave them in their deployment zone for a whole turn. Uh, but turns out they do need to do stuff. Uh, and, but that was pretty much my army. A whole lot of... Uh, going from your, your army, Ash, with lots of wounds to mine, which was just butt Bodies. naked and, and one wound models all over the shop. I was going to say, you get quite a lot Mm. If for dispossessed for two thousand. Bang for your points. buck, they are they're good bodies on the board, but they are slow bodies on the board. Yeah. So, so you really have to know when to make charges to get the extra movement and that sort of thing. It would as be well. lovely to have destruction moves and stuff. And a lot of the time, I have to give the first turn to my opponent for no other tactical reason than if they come towards me, I can potentially charge them. And if you roll well. further than yeah. I normally could, yeah. um, which is why I often take reckless as the command ability as well, because it gives rerolls to charge and run yeah. if you're near the general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my my army of beardy buddies. Primary Dan, 
original authentic Dan. <laughs> um, I took a Skaven army, um, actually mixed chaos army because vermin lords aren't Skaven. Yeah. Um, so I had a vermin lord deceiver, a vermin lord warpseer with the scry orb painted as a master ball, which yeah so um, he's, he was hunting people throughout the games I, if we go through my games I'll tell you exactly who he captured um, we've, yes, <laughs> for those who can't see uh, Eric is flipping me off because I caught a Slayer King in our game <laughs> um, and uh, yeah the, I mean I took um, a Skaven army to a tournament maybe a month or so before uh, for his time and the only thing that I really changed is um, this is what I found with list building anyway is that um, I kind of to optimize my lists over time, I like just playing them, playing them, playing them. There's only so much you can learn in theory, and then it's just seeing what works, what doesn't work. And I hadn't really gone through that process when I went to BrizCon yet, so there were some units I took there that I wouldn't take now. Um, Being? Well, I took 15 Scryer Acolytes, a Plague Priest, and three Storm Fiends, but they're all quite short range. Um, and I decided what I wanted to change with this one is A, I wanted my Arc Warlock back for um, my Skid Elite. Bomb, which you can kind of go into a little bit more. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I, I have a bit of it. A lot of people set up for um, the Deceiver's Skid Elite, so he can teleport anywhere six inches away, but he's got a big base. What I do quite often is I'll use my Warp Seer to um, Mystic Shield, my Arc Warlock. Skid Elite, the Arc Warlock, use both of his spells, uses once per game Warp Fire, then charge into someone with Death Master Snitch hidden inside him and come out and kill a hero. And it seems to work more often than it should, considering how openly I tell people like, yeah. this is what I do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, so I had an Arc Warlock. Um, I think they're really good value for 140 points, so actually not too bad in combat for a wizard. I don't mind putting them. Well, they can essentially do, if it all goes well, essentially five Arcane Bolts in one turn. Like, you get three with the Warp yeah. Storm, another one oh, with Arcane one. Bolt, and then his once per game, D3. And even so, better if I can skid leap onto like next to some arcane terrain, which sometimes people let me do. Yeah. <laughs> Although that kind of costs me in my fifth game, which I get to. But um, yeah, I, I, I like doing that. Um, I have a chieftain because Skaven like to run away. Um, I think in two of my games I hid him behind a house so that he couldn't get caught, including my game of Dan. It's <laughs> like I see this tiny house which just covered his banner so he couldn't get targeted. Um, we'll kind of go into that game. We'll kind of talk about that one together, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, we played each other in the third round in Corn's Arena. They're killing each other's heroes one. Um, well, so they have three, and it's a ten clan rats. They're all painted like a clanishian theme, so they all have like black shade coat uh, cloaks and things like that. Um, Would you uh, call them capes? Whoosh capes. No, they're, they're no night, they don't have capes. Night runners have whoosh capes. Yeah. So like uh, night runners, I just kit bash some night runners with plague monks because the night runner models are so old and kind of um, giant cartoony. Well, I thought the hands were giant, or they still are kind of out of proportion. But I didn't realize how small the night runner bodies were, which made it even worse. So when you put it on plague monks, it's not quite so bad, but still kind of. I mean, the old night runner models do have an amazing waistline, though. Like yeah. when you look at that, they just—I don't know how they breathe. <laughs> like, so they're, they're wearing corsets. <laughs> style is very big. To yeah. So all runs. of your capes are they actually plastic capes, or did you make them out of green stuff? No, they're plastic capes from the Night Runners box. There's you get eight in a box, and I think I have sixteen in the unit. But I also use the champion is a Blood Bowl gutter runner. I also I tend to name my clan rats after people in like our group or when I play the game with someone I usually name a model after them. So the night runner leader is actually it says Dan say on it, but I'm gonna have to cross it out and write Eric on the bottom of the <laughs> Don't go that if it don't worry about it. <laughs> so, I wanna know who it is otherwise. Yeah, yeah. so uh, well you did kill yourself, so um, <laughs> that's true. Slay it to the face. Yeah, that should have been a point. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, I had 10 gutter runners as well. Like, I, I prefer to take 15, so that's kind of the compromise in the list. Um, I, I think they're amazing for what they are. 60 points for five. Um, appear on the board edge, six of the board edge, nine away from your opponent. But um, because I take the deceiver as my general, they're often in range of his command trait because they usually don't get in straight away because it's an English charge. But the second turn, usually the deceiver is close enough to make them quite choppy in combat. Um, especially against order if you've got the 10 inch plus one to hit bubble. Um, so that makes that range attack better as well. Uh, and then I had Niger's Ales, which was the big change from my um, list from Brizcon, where I thought I just needed something long range that had model wound output. Um, and I'd thought about them so many times, and I already had, because I kit bashed them basically with Scryer Acolytes resting the gun on like a slave body. <laughs> mm. um, I'd thought about them so many times that I just thought they're expensive in points. I have to take a decent size of Lord of Water, Mitten Guild, or have Dumb Terrain. And um, it's going to be so easy to just battle shock them off, but because I have my chieftain, and they so far um, they've proved quite valuable, even if they're just a target that they're not targeting something else. Um, so I'm really glad that I took them. I completely just didn't think they'd work out the way that they have, and I've played quite a few games of them now, even at another tournament, where um, like a local one where they were just proved great. The first game I used them, they killed two thunder tusks, a savage big boss, a maniac weird knob. And a corrupt shaman. So in that game alone, Punch I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. may- maybe I need to take these more often. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely pay for themselves in our game as well. Yeah. So like uh, you say, did. nine of them means you can take damn terrain, and you've got Lord of War if you want it. So you're already what hitting on twos, and any fours are doing two more. Rerolling ones. ones. Rerolling ones because you're chieftain. It's so. just rerolling ones anyway if they don't move. No. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but what I found is well, people expect me not to move them because if I move them, then I don't get the four up. Uh, save against shooting and I can't reroll ones but the chieftain lets them reroll ones anyway so actually just let's find that it allows them to extend their threat range so I can set them up 35 inches away and move them 6 inches turn 1 um, and then fire anyway but I think the most uh, tactic, from a tactical point of view it's a very tactical army if you just run straight at your opponent you'll lose every time they just don't yeah. um, survive but the knight runner's ability to move before the game um, we'll talk about it through my games uh, in so many of my games that was useful a game against Overdan, not so much. They just gave the Slayer something to charge and chop. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I, I think from a tactical point of view, that's just a huge um, something to exploit in certain scenarios. So it's a very situational army, and that's why I don't think you see many other people using it. Yeah, um, You have to really understand how the units work. If not, they just... A mistake is so costly when they're so frail. Yeah. So, and I think the fact that, like you said, most of the models are really old for that army. It's not one that has a new army. Like Nobody new coming into it is probably going to run get that army. And, <laughs> so. and so it's one that, yeah, you don't see a lot, which I think helps. It benefits you as a player because most people probably people don't, don't know, know to quite do. what it does. Yeah. I also find as well, like, thematically, it's, I'm not taking it because, oh, I think this is great and people don't use it. It's, like, it's the army I played when I was a kid. So, and there used to be like, um, going back to fantasy days, there was a book called The Storm of Chaos, which had like a little like rundown of different custom lists you can use. I think the back of the Oscaven book had like one for each clan anyway, but I had a clan Eshen themed army when I was like 14, and that's why I predominantly have them now. And I, I had the old Deathmaster Stitch model, um, so I've always kind of used them the most out of the four Skaven clans. I've always been the one that I've just kind of liked the best. So, in my mind, I'm just trying to make what I like work and this is what I've come up with yeah. which means I have had to throw Giselles in yeah. <laughs> but I painted yeah. them with black cloaks so it's fine yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sneaky sniper Giselles sneaky sniper. I think it adds to that the whole assassin theme having sniper yeah. rifles at the yeah. back so I don't think it's too um, breaking or they do have that nasty scryer word and for the record there are two R's in scryer 
All right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not Sky, it's Scry. Scry, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Um, thanks yeah. for going through your lists. Uh, was there anyone that... Did any of your lists... Was there something or were there units that you put into those lists specifically for Slaughter because of the scenario um, pack or were they just lists you wanted to take generally and would take to normal tournaments? None of us are summoning and I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for, for my list it's the models that I have painted. Um, I, I do have a Bellwind Vortex and another War Chancer so I was sort of messing around with that and the possibility of changing things up. But I think for the, for the scenarios that we played um, it's important to have resilient heroes for Korn's Arena um, and Gordrek is amazing in Korn's Arena by the way um, <laughs> we'll get to that the um, the Gorgrunters I was contentious about using them partly because of um, the most of the scenarios where you know, had to have the most number of models around the objective um, although there was a significant number of them that were that um, and so, particularly in um, in the first one, which was Noble's Garden, I thought, I'm going to really struggle to have the most models because I've only got three models on each side of the table, which is how I usually play it, that can get to the objectives, and then they've got to all be alive to be contesting against three enemy models. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of playing around with that, but in the end, it was I didn't have time to, to paint anything else because I'm, I'm working on my zines at the moment. So... Um, and it actually worked out in my favour, so we'll get to that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest change for my army was just adding in a couple more tanky heroes and heroes with command abilities because I use the pack command abilities quite regularly and I knew that that would go bad for me at some point, <laughs> which, all tournament, it never did. Yeah. I suffered no repercussions. Oh. I have never learnt my lesson ever. <laughs> Uh, and I will continue <laughs> to never learn my lessons. Um, yeah. But I was expecting to lose here, like at least my general every game, mm. to that, which is why I took other heroes with command abilities who my longbeards doing the grumble can then allow to use their command abilities, meaning that I don't lose like a hero phase, essentially. Yeah. Um, and to do that, I usually take Bugman and 20 rangers. Um, so I dropped them completely and swapped them for a unit of 10 miners with, with the <laughs> ultimate Don't secret weapon pony. in my army, the Grudge Pony. Um, He's going to bash you to death. It is the most deadly <laughs> model. Like, uh, you probably can't get it. I don't think you can. It's from the old so, Battle yeah. from Skull Pass. But if you have one, just put it in your army and you auto-win. Yeah. Um, that's what it I does, It does make the miners pretty... And to remember the miners. If, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you remember them and at six inches. So they pop up nine inches away and they're like, we got a grudge pony, but we ain't doing nothing to you. Wait till next turn. And then by next yeah. turn, usually the grudge pony's dead yeah. because my miners hid behind it while the grudge pony got shot to bits. <laughs> That's 30. the thing, at least it adds four wounds to the unit yeah. for free. It, it certainly does. Um, and also it's a pony. And so, and he killed one model the entire tournament. With his bite? With his bite. Yes! Five up to wound, to five to hit, six, six to, to wound. wound. Oh, baby, you never believe that Grudge Pony <laughs> killed something. Did it kill? I'll tell you in the game. Yeah, when right. we get to the games. Uh, um, Dan, did you take anything in your army specifically for Slaughter, or just... Um, no. Well, I'd already played every scenario before it, because there was a warm-up event with three of the scenarios, and then me and Ash actually played the other two, which weren't in the warm-up event. Anyway, we didn't play in the tournament, but we tried them both out. So, um... I'd already played uh, Nogla's Garden, Korn's Arena in the final one. 
Unfortunately, yeah. I was at home. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and um, like someone knows. It's <laughs> yeah, well, uh, me, me and Ash tried uh, just like I don't know. I think it was like a few days before I had just played them casually on like a Thursday. Yeah. Um, and we had enough time for two games, so we played them both. The Zench one, Gristle Labyrinth, and uh, Sanesh one. So the Sanesh one, the way it's written, it was always going to punish my army for being low bravery anyway. And then depending who you're up against, the ability to swap movement and bravery. If I could do it to myself, I probably would have. But it was specifically enemy targets um, yeah. I knew that the noble I didn't one... want to make death too strong yeah, because I brought enough. them up with the summoning and then if you think about it if you can do your own units you turn movement four, four. skeletons into movement oh, ten skeletons I wish it took two and then. then you can switch it back and I was like this would be too powerful and I also yeah. wanted balance between the scenarios so I think you had some oh, course, where you yeah, could yeah. do both, and then some were always enemies, some were always... But um, if you're only doing it to enemies like theirs, my Slayers would then go to movement 10, leadership 4, but they auto-pass their battle shocks if there's a monster on the battlefield anywhere because they want to kill it. Mm. Yeah, that's Which cool. would mean that I would be getting movement 10 essentially for free, like potentially taking mortal wounds from the pack. by yeah. the yeah. yeah. The original point is I was regardless of what I chose those pillars were going to hurt me yeah. Um, yeah. but I also knew that um, really I desire my army to be flexible enough that it can kind of approach anything it's got good movement I can I do have the ability to get across the board really quick and it has good reach yeah good reach and good range that in general like even with um, the Gisales being long range on top of all the short range stuff so I found a few times people were targeting my Gisales and just ignoring other things that were chopping away at them so there's nothing that's really um and even have free Instagram comments just yeah. to stand by scenery for the first one, and that worked. Perfect. Well, that's the thing, it is a good mix. Like, it is a good mix. It has a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you have movement, you can run the rats up. So, you've got high bodies. You can't ignore the Gisales because if you ignore them, they're going to do a lot of damage. Yeah, and they but then, have, if you go so. for them and you ignore the other stuff, you're yeah. not killing the models that are standing scoring, on the objectives. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even just having the. Um, the what are the wish capes? Nightrunners. Nightrunners running yeah. forwards. And yeah. they've got, what, two shots each or one shot each? They have one shot each. One shot each. But they get to move before the game, including yeah. rounds. So, so. They're, they're generally going to be in range turn one. Yeah, and they, they can, can run and shoot. shoot. Yeah. So, so they can get good rend, can't they? Uh, in combat, there's ways of doing it. I've experimented with it before. So if they wound on a six in combat, yeah. and generally they'll have reward to wound in combat if I'm by the deceiver, uh, a six to win in combat is minus one rend. It's minus two rend if there's 20 or more. And what I used to do is I used to skill leap a plague priest and cast Wither on a 3 plus, it's plus 1 to wound, so yeah. there'd be wounding on a 3 with a reroll of 5 or a 6 would be at minus 2 rend for what are essentially clan rats. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've taken, a, there's a couple of practice games I had where I did take people by surprise for that, but ultimately I decided that the Warlock was more valuable than the Plague Priest. Mm. Um, He's a lot tougher as well, just having a, a small base you, know, yeah. you can put in cover and have a 2 um, save. Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, he, generally I roll ones with him, but um, in fact, I, just, I didn't fail to skiddle the entire tournament. I usually always fail to spell it. Cast on a free, um, so usually I have to like pick arcane terrain because when I roll double ones and it still goes off. But yeah, um, but, uh, yeah um, I, I kind of realised that my army was flexible enough that I can kind of have some sort of strategy for each one of them, and I, I was aware of what the different. Um, command abilities were so the first one for example I did use the command ability in that one to basically make the units that I didn't want to die stay alive so like both my vermin lords and the warlock got a benefit of plus two to their armor save half movement and when I'm skid leaping anyway I don't want to use my move so um, yeah I I took advantage of that I think that was the 
only one that I used, but I was prepared to, depending on my matchup. So I was, I did have a plan which I used in a practice game, which Ash for the Zench one, which was amazing. Yeah, but I ended up deciding not to use that because of who I got paired against. Yeah. So like when I played Ash, I skiddle I had Lord of War on my Dazales, skiddle the Vermilord into his chamber with Gordrak, then used the command ability to swap the Deceiver with the Dazales, who had plus one to hit, and then they shot Gordrak. So I was prepared to do that again, but then when I got my matchup decided not to but it worked out because I went so yeah I think that's something as well with Gordrek because he has what, that once again command ability I was able to consider using the scenarios command abilities without risking yeah. like losing whatever benefit is so say yeah. for like if you've got a stone corner as your general you generally want to keep that um, re-rolling charges to make sure he gets into combat or whatever it is but like having Gordrek's command ability it's like it's once off am I going to make use of it this turn okay no am I going to be able to use whatever the scenario is offering this turn? And the yeah. answer for that was quite a few times, yes. That's so, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's a good summary. Um, I think we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and go through a run-through of everyone's games. Cool. What does the uh, take a break? Do you need a toilet? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll come, up with a, we'll come back with a jingle. Sydney Slaughter 2017 was sponsored by Good Games Australia, who stock a huge selection of miniatures, paints, and other gaming accessories from a wide variety of manufacturers, and also sell all Games Workshop products at 10% off. You can pick up any supplies you might need from any of their stores, including Town Hall, Gosford, and Bella Vista. Thanks again for sponsoring the event. Welcome to the Dan Show. <laughs> no. Um, so we're back from the break. That was um, a wicked jingle. Yeah, that was, that was horrendous. How can we keep that? Yeah. Can use that for a wild scaven appeared. Um, <laughs> there's, a giant rat. there's a giant rat licking Dad's face. The giant rat being my dog. Um You took more. Yeah, cool. So yeah, let's go through everyone's games. So there um, giant rats don't have the scaven keyword. So he's just a giant rat. How do they not? They They're rats. I wish you scaven could scaven or rats. Because if you could, I would take a unit of um sixty and then give them Fangor's command abilities so they all have a five or one Yeah. And then five. hide an assassin in them. Because hide somehow, four assassins in them. Somehow <laughs> the assassin makes himself look small enough to just appear like a regular size. Yeah, yeah, if I could hide an assassin in a giant rat, I totally would. Do rat swarms have the Skaven keyword? No. Oh. Also, the, the rat swarms are the highest bravery in the whole Skaven army. But you can hide, bravery a, you can hide an assassin inside another assassin inside another assassin. Assassin Inception, we've discussed before, yes. Yeah. Okay. Where does he hide? <laughs> Cool. Important questions raised yeah. on today's yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so Nurgle's Garden was game one. Obviously, I didn't play, so I'm not going to talk through any games. Um, so, yeah, everyone just... We'll start with Ash, yeah. if you want to mainly go through your game of Nurgle's Garden, and then Dan and Eric can chip in. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> And uh, go through theirs okay, as well. I'm okay with the other Dan. Can we not just say uh, other Dan? Well, it's definitely Eric. Eric. So then you have to. You have, you have to play Eric on the weekends here. Yes. You just have to say. You just have to say. I feel like a high school teacher. So yeah, Nuggles Garden. Um, so I was up against Tom Holdsworth. So um, he's another Skaven player. He plays it quite differently to how Dan does. He didn't um, have Skaven. He had giant rats. So yeah, giant rats. So not Skaven. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was, it was looking to be a really tough matchup in, so Nogal's Garden, the objectives are controlled by the majority of models around each scenery piece. Um, and there was 10 scenery pieces on each table, so it's quite filled with, with the, the scenery. Um, so up against, uh, 72 giant rats, um, and three tens of clan rats, 
uh, with my 34 models um, was going to be a, a challenge, to say the least. Um, so that was sort of starting out um, feeling like I was going to struggle. Um, and I just I played it how I'd sort of thought through it in my head. Um, there was a really nice piece of scenery that was arcane, um, which was big enough to hide Gordrak behind. So um, I did that uh, turn one. It was also just... 12 inches wide so he could fly over the top of it yeah, nice. um, so yeah I, I was able to do that um, and then get him uh, into combat turn my turn one so I I won the, the drops and I gave Tom turn one um, he sort of spread out a little bit he made a few mistakes in his um, in his movement so he, he moved um, some some of his clan rats away from a piece of scenery um, which later on he realized he had nothing next to, so he didn't score one that was in his deployment zone. Um, so that was that was a bit frustrating for him. Um, in the end, it wouldn't have mattered, but um, it just would have made a, that little bit of extra difference. Um, yeah, so uh, it was a pretty tough game. Um, it started to turn around. So uh, I've got my score sheet here. So turn one, he scored six because he I gave him turn one, so he had all the board to move around. He would have scored seven if he'd put left his clan rats on the, the previous, on the, the one in his deployment zone. Um, it's just a bit of a, an error there. Um, he got Thankwall up on a Vortex, um, and I think he started to chip some wounds off my War Chanter uh, to try and mitigate the damage that the Brutes could do once they came in, because then with the War Chanter's bonus, yeah. um, hitting on twos with 36 attacks once you got Gordrak's command ability off yeah. with minus one rend is pretty good. Giant rats. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> So he started to chip that off, um, didn't quite finish him. Um, and then in my turn one, um, I, yeah, like I said, flew Gordrak up. Um, I, I used the, the unique command ability from this one in that turn one because I thought I'm not going to get everything into combat this turn. Um, and I realized, uh, we, we both realized about halfway through that I'd used it and then moved Gordrak too far. So it was at that point, we were already in the combat phase, so we just said that he doesn't have the buff, buffs to his... Um, as if I didn't yeah, use it, yeah. so um, yeah. If I if I'd thought that through, I probably wouldn't have done it anyway. But um, yeah, so that was that was fine. And then yeah, essentially, um, I, I scored three points in that first turn, and then swung it around in my second turn. So I think I got the second turn priority um, and got a big charge off with Gordrak's command ability. Um, so I I think at the end of the second turn, I controlled eight of the 10 pieces of terrain on the board. Um, so that was pretty significant, um, swinging the other way around and just Gordrak got bogged down by 72 giant rats. Um, but luckily he had the support of the Ard boys to come in, um, who made a really good 3d6 charge. Um, they were able to tag, uh, two of the weapons teams. So he had, uh, two of the poison wind mortar weapons teams in his army as well. Um, he tagged the, I tagged two of those with the, um, with the Ard boys, which only one of them were in range, but they got five attacks each. So wow. I managed to wipe out both of those weapons yeah. teams as well as his unit of clan rats that was protecting the giant rats. So they were really cool weapons teams, actually. Yeah, they yeah. They were like converted. Like, and he converted a, 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 um, a warfire throw. With I feel a, like you're about to. Yeah, because they're two different units. There's not one unit of two. You can't do that. What's the question? The poison one, did you say that you overkilled one with damage? No, no, no. I, I charged into two separate units. Oh, okay. I thought you were killed one with the damage. I, I think I rolled an 11 on my right, 3d6 yeah. and they get plus two to charge. So I was yeah. able to move 13 inches, which was quite ominous in that game. Oh, um, so yeah, it's so, fine, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was cool. Um, and 
the Golgrantus t- took the right flank, Gojak went up the left flank, um, and he had his summoning pool, so he had 200 points of summoning, um, which was interesting to play against with Skaven, because you sort of don't expect that from them, but he had loads of demons in his arsenal that he could bring in. I was really worried about a Bloodthirster, because after he'd summoned his Vortex, he had exactly the amount of points for a Bloodthirster. Yeah. I just didn't leave space for him to put it in, um, so I, I made it so that because the Bloodthirster summon is only 16 inches, because yes. it's 8 times 2. Um, so I was able to sort of zone that out enough with my three heroes at the back of the board. My Mega Boss was a hero holding three entire scenery pieces on his own for the entire game. Um, and <laughs> Mine! Yeah, these, these are my places, get out. Um, my grass. And my yeah, so it sort of just went, con- continued to go my way from then on. Um, so I scored, it, it was 3-6, 8-2. 8-2 and then 10-0 10 um, at turn 4. So I got 29 total points for that one against 10 for Tom. But he's always a good opponent um, and I thought I was going to struggle um, with the amount of models that he had. Uh, it was just a couple of lucky rolls. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like you say... A, a small error at the beginning there where he, he left that objective. One point, and, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, any, any scenario where you're playing on model count and you come up against another 72 giant rats and they're like pretty much impossible to shift you yeah. to battle shock and yeah. stuff because of his pack masters if you haven't got a way of taking them out it's even though they don't really do that much damage like if you've got a good armor set they won't do anything to you well they but, took Gordrak down to 10 wounds they hit on 2s and there's more than 30 yeah, yeah but I mean if you've got a really good armor set yeah. they just they haven't got any friend or anything they won't do yeah. anything yeah. but um, but you can still great. do a lot of attacks and stuff so yeah, yeah they're quite good that's an area I didn't actually use the foot of Gok at all, I don't think. Um, I think I was mostly Mystic Shielding Gordrak to yeah. keep him alive against the giant rats because it was, yeah, it was that thing. He's got so many attacks. If I make a few twos, twos and ones on my saves, it's just going to yeah. drag him down. So, yeah. something that I noticed walking over there is because you left Fankhol on his bail wind and didn't dispel it. You could yeah. just drop down and then just walk fired you. And yeah, Fankhol was yeah. nine inches away from Gordrak on his bail wind vortexes for three turns. Um, so, you could have just dismissed the bail wind and then walk fired him. He realized that in his third. In the third time that he was up there, but you have to dispel it at the start of your hero face, and you'd already cast some spells from it. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, could have gone the other way if he because even so, at, with the opportunity of a double turn, dropping down and doing two d six, and maybe doing another two d six would take Gordrak off. Absolutely, yeah. you could. And with the amount of wounds he'd done from his um, giant rats already, it could have gone in one turn. So that would have made a big difference. But at the end of it, it was just then Cole on the board um, up against the majority of my army. I think it's interesting when somebody puts something up on a Bailwind. Oftentimes, I feel like I can discount that model because I'm like, I know exactly what you're doing for the rest of the game. Mm. Yeah. You are trying to cast Foot of Gork. You are trying to summon this. So if you've got the shooting, you're like, sweet, I'll shut that down. But otherwise, it's like, I know what you're going to do. But I guess with a model like Thankwall, that's actually kind of dangerous because you Thankwall is a model with the, the wounds and the output to just go, dismiss, and now I'm going to wreck your face. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. You just expect them because they've spent a hundred points to just stay up there the whole game. Yeah. You wouldn't expect them to drop down, and then because yeah. it's hero phase, they can drop down and then move and shoot. shoot the thing that I think is interesting with putting Fankwell in a battle with Vortex is his unique spell is a twenty-six inch range, meaning you can get your turn one anyway. Yeah, and if you're going to be summoning and he's got a warpstone tokens, you'd yeah. obviously be better off with arcane terrain. Mm. Yeah, because um, he's movement. Uh, I think he's movement ten, uh, maybe eight. So. I think he's 10 and drops down. Be, it might down, 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 down yeah. 12. But um, so, yeah, you can still hit with Scorch to do damage turn one. Yeah, and you yeah. can still summon something. 
Doesn't he do more damage to Skaven, Skaven though? Yeah, he yeah. does D3 against uh, normal targets, but D6 against Skaven. Under what circumstances would you be targeting your own unit with well, that? Well, no, but if you're flanking... I, think I, I was talking to him beforehand, and he was talking about the narrative <laughs> where Fanquil accidentally summons a Bloodthirster, which is why he had Fanquil... And he, and, had he had first and, and he had a blood And he had was Skrulk in there? No, what's the other one? Uh, the Warlord? Oh, he had a quick um, head Yeah, in the in Thancor's Doom, I think it is. Yeah. Thancor's boned, and his army's getting killed yeah. by dwarves. So he's like, I'm going to summon a vermin lord to help. And then he accidentally summons Scarbrand, yeah. who proceeds to make everyone go crazy and kill each other. And then Thancor's like... Well, this works, and then just leaves <laughs> while everyone's dying. Yeah. Um, I had a chat with Tom actually about Queek because there's something he could have done that I think would have been very strong in that game that he didn't think of. Which yeah. is Fanquil's command ability isn't really that useful unless you have a big unit. So if anyone doesn't know, it's a six at ward save. If there's thirteen or more models, it's a five at ward save to a Skaven unit, and like I said, giant rats aren't Skaven. So the only Skaven you had were three units of ten, ten, ten rats. Yeah. So what he could have done is he could have used the command ability from scenario on Queek because Queek has a free of armor save but a six to pass does a model wound. So you put Queek in cover you cast Mystic Shield on him yeah. and then you give him another plus two save from the uh, yeah. command figure you'd be reflecting model wounds on twos. Yeah. So there's a two of armor save reflecting them on twos. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so we spoke about it afterwards and he was just like didn't think of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I actually think that could have been a really useful uh, weapon for him. Yeah. Uh, which to be is... fair, I didn't actually worry about Quick until I dealt with the bodies. So yeah. there was, yeah, so on his right flank, where my gold runters went, there was 10 clan rats in the way. Uh, I think another 10 clan rats sort of strung out a little bit to hold two objectives. Um, and that he had behind good. that, he had the Vermin Lord Warbringer, yeah, the Warbringer and yeah. Quick. He's also um, not escaping. Who's also not escaping. <laughs> But <laughs> it, it, it's just kind of rats. But essentially, I was I was I wasn't concerned about those. I, I wouldn't models. say you'd be concerned from an objective point of view. No, yeah. it's something that could have hit. Yeah. So if you charge like a unit of Gorgrunters at him, or like um, oh, they would have killed themselves. Bruce, but, yeah, yeah. They, they would have taken some noticeable yeah. damage because you've got quite a low model count army. It's, that probably could have prevented more. a major potentially yeah. Yeah. if it played out the right way. And you can yeah. always say if. So. So the big thing about that as well yeah. with the Gorgrunters was I was worried about only having the three models to hold the objectives, but once I wiped out enemy models they've got such a big stretch that you can do with them yeah. so yeah. between the, the three two and a half inch bases and then an inch in between them you got 11 inches yeah um and you can then sort of catch things three inches away on either side so i managed to hold so my mega boss held three pieces of terrain himself and then i had the um two units of Gorgrunters on the two flanks holding two other pieces themselves yeah. as well so. and that was one of the things when i went around and positioned all the scenery on the tables and kind of checked it was that every table had 10 pieces but then it was also making sure that generally one unit should always be able to capture two yeah like between so they weren't like they were evenly spread so there wasn't huge like they weren't clumps in huge spaces but no. they were also spread so that the distance between them because you only have to be within three generally would yeah. not normally be more than six or seven inches so yeah you didn't actually need as many units as you would think to be able to control yeah. all 10 because otherwise some armies just wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the considerations when actually setting up the scenery. And if, if I didn't have the Mega Boss, no other 32 mil base would have been big enough to hold that or 40 mil base would have been big enough to hold those three pieces. I was like, so one it was, model holding three is yeah, interesting. It was, it was only because he had the 60 mil base 
and so he was literally on the edge of the I walked over and saw it, he just stood there by himself, like, <laughs> nobody anywhere near him, yeah. he's, he's moving Start free. of the game, he just went, dibs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mine. Wait, what? Don't get them, boys. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I you got go shot yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you sure you don't want to do it? No, no, I'm good right here. Yeah, you I'll guys will do your thing. The last side of the game, Tom sent some uh, Seekers. No, it's it's Demon X. Demon X is yeah. over towards him. He was like, oh yeah, he's got good rend on those, lots of attacks, should be able to take him out. Um, he charged in, maybe did three damage, so Megaboss had four wins left, and then he just enjoyed killing the Slitzes. Yeah, he didn't roll a one in his battle shock, yeah. six or something, and Yeah, and then left. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, good. Cool. So that was Ash's game, and that was a major. Turn that four. was a major victory in turn four, yeah. Which is well, that's one of the hardest scenarios to get a major in. So yeah, I was pretty happy with that. Um, other Dan here, Eric. Just <laughs> waiting for it. I was like, I think yeah, the more you push for Dan, the more, you can, you can the more I want to be called my own name. <laughs> you can even be other Dan or Dan the Beardless. <laughs> <laughs> At least I can have my own name. Um, I'm a title. Uh, so uh, I played Jet with his Iron Jaws. Um, and so he... Jet's the player that has the weird fist. Yes, yeah. weird fist. Yeah. Um, I actually, I was going to say, I think Iron Jaws is by far the most representative faction. Mm. There was three which is quite players. interesting. Yeah. yeah, there was three players with pure Iron pure Jaws, Iron Jaws. Um, but then there was other destruction armies. Obviously. And they got back there. But so, yeah, uh, he. <laughs> That's why you, you you got top three. Yeah, and, <laughs> and yeah, and so this game, um, I there was just. There was a massive swing first turn, and I ended up getting a minor loss. So, spoilers. Um, but Oh, I'll just skip that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, I, I won the drop, and I knew how fast his army was, so I set back um, a bit. Uh, he had a, a weird fist, a, a mega boss on more Crusher. Um, the, and bl- the blueberry. The, the blueberry, yeah. yeah. The, the blue more Crusher, the blueberry. Um, and so I set back off my deployment, and I was like, okay, cool. They'll move forward, they'll destruction at me, he'll do a foot of gork, which I'll probably just have to, to weather and see see how it goes. Hope he rolls a one. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, which, uh, gork did do a bit of stomping, but I think he failed to cast it twice, which okay. um, which was great. Well, uh, even, even with the Bellwind Vortex and having the maximum number of moles around, it's only cast on a seven, so you're getting out half the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but what... And so I deployed to, to capture, I think in my deployment, I, I had four or five objectives or, or something around there. Or in my first turn, I would move forward to be having four, five or six. But then his more Crusher had a completely different plan. And I think it rolled like a six to run or something. And then a, a, a 12 to charge and, and literally cross the board turn one. And I Can they run charge? Destruction move. I destruction think. move, right. sorry, that's what yeah. I meant. Um, so six inches, 12 inch movement, yeah. and then a charge. Yeah. Um, and, and I, because uh, when we measured it out, I was like, yeah, sweet. Let's see the sweet Jesus what's happening. Um, <laughs> uh, so he, he hit one of my flanks and just annihilated the, uh, the warrior unit there that was holding two pieces of terrain. Um, and then, and I was like, Cool. He's right next to my slayers who love killing monsters. He's next to a whole lot of stuff that loves killing monsters. In my turn, he's going to be dead, and I will have lost a hundred point unit for however many points that more crusher is worth. Five, four, five, um, five, twenty. Five, five, twenty. Yeah. So I did the rest of my turn, and I moved stuff up, except for the slayers who I totally forgot, <laughs> and I had spent all of my command abilities buffing them to be just a brutal unit of pain. They would have had an extra attack against him because of the um, uh, Belagar. They would have plus one to hit and wound. They had plus one attack for being near the Slayer King. So they would have had four attacks each 
hitting on twos, wounding on twos, rend one, damage one, with 15 models yeah. against... And he used a foot of gold, so he didn't have a Mystic Shield on. And no, didn't have Mystic Shield. So I was like, you're dead. And then yeah. if he gets to attack back, for everyone he kills on a four up, I do a mortal wound. I also shot him with the ball thrower, so I did a bit of damage there. And I was like, this is this is good. It's going down. And then I, and then I didn't move the Slayers. Um, <laughs> they were only six inches away. I had a re-rollable charge and I did, I decided not to make it. I thought, um, <laughs> I thought the best tactical decision was for them to stand still um, and just shout insults at him. It turns out insults are not terribly effective. They don't against do the wounds Yeah, no, they don't. They don't even do regular wounds. Um, and so instead of me capturing five or six objectives in my first turn, I captured three. Because at the end of that battle round, that mega boss had captured two of the objectives in my table half, where I should have killed him with the slayers, and then I either captured one or two of those myself, or at least stopped my opponent from scoring. Which yeah. meant that I think turn one he picked up six or seven, okay. um, and still had a more crusher alive, and yeah. still had a more crusher. Fortunately, I, I did win priority, and the slayers did what slayers do best at that point in time. Um, but then there was just there he got. There was a very lucky moment then in the next turn on the other flank where I failed a re-rollable leadership test on a unit holding two objectives that his then, I think there were two brutes that were then big enough. So I had four models still on the objectives. He had two brutes, uh, which then I ran away. So he captured those two objectives. So very quickly across turn one and turn two, in each of those turns, there was a four-point swing. Um, And I did manage to claw it back by the end to only a three-point difference. What's um, the final score? 23-26. Mm. Um, so both high scores. Oh, yeah. yeah. we There weren't many terrain pieces that weren't captured, but then there were just... I was going to say, well, the maximum score combined yeah, is 50. 50. So. Um, we were one point off, uh, I think. Um, and, yeah, and so the he, he just did all of these things that, like, for the rest of the game, blocked me out of capturing objectives. And then I was like, oh, man, that was such a good idea. And he was like, yeah, I didn't even know I did it. And, uh, and I was just like, don't oh, say shit. that. Tell me you're a wonderful general and you're out thinking the shit out of me. Um, but it was actually a really good game. It was lots of fun. Um, and the, the scenario ability actually saved his war chanter up on the Bailwind because he... Um, he Wind not that's one. Uh, because he made him plus two armor plus the Bailwind. So, so he's got a two-up save. So I was like, oh, well, it's nice. not worth shooting bolt throwers and killing him. So I targeted other stuff. And yeah, um, and, yeah and by the end, there wasn't much left in his army. Um, and I think if the Slayer King had done a little bit more damage in one of the combats, I could have pulled it. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a great game. It ended, up, it ended up being one of those finishes where it was him trying to hold me out from capturing points and, uh, and me kind of pushing back across them. And yeah, if, it had, if there'd been another turn or if I'd maybe gotten one of those first turn things right, like moving the goddamn Slayers, uh, things might have been different. But at the same time, it, it was it was heaps of fun. And my Slayers took out a Maw Crusher, which was the first of their, their many kills for the, uh, for the tournament. Nice. Um, one thing that I do think is really good with this whole tournament, though, is because like what if I would have done like sort of the generic scenario ones in the handbook, is like if you get a major win, you get twenty points, and your opponent gets nothing, and you could have lost like border war by one point. Yeah. So if uh, you score in twenty three, that's still really high scoring for that scenario. You get uh, I think three for a minor loss. Yeah. You sc- still scored twenty six points from that. Whilst yeah. Jet would have only scored twenty six and seven. Four. So you, uh, 33. Day three. 
So there's only yeah. a seven point gap between how you finished. Yeah, it actually and I think that represents probably how the game went as yeah. opposed to you could have you could annihilate somebody or you could just beat them and in a normal tournament that would be scored exactly the same. Mm. And yeah. I really like that distinction. I found that it meant that generally each round so the pairing stayed quite even. Mm. Like yeah. there was no like like I say, you can you could win by one point and have a really close game between two good players, but one person will get twenty and the other will get nothing. And then two people, one might have been a, a new player, gets absolutely smashed, gets nothing, the good player goes to the top. So then actually the person in the middle that just lost is yeah. it's counted as zero and they're going against a complete newbie. So then yeah. actually they'll get they'll completely smash. And yeah, it's yeah. not reflective, whereas in this it kind of made the matchups more balanced from as soon as game one had happened all the way through I thought the matchups were more balanced well it actually like after that after that first game I was like ah damn starting off on a loss but then I I think it was you Dan who explained it to me um, and said well actually the way the points work this is the difference is actually only you probably got higher points than someone who won Um, the game and low scoring yeah you're like you you got the difference is only six or seven points how many did you get Ash? Um, so I was 29. I think me and you were the highest score. 29 in the yeah. majors. So, so you got 39 and you yeah. would have got, what, 26? Uh, yeah, yeah. But, like, um, that's, you've gone minor loss, major win, and yeah. you're still, like, 29, 36. Yeah, yeah. I know. But then you compare that to Tom, who got 10 points in a major defeat. So yeah. that's that difference yeah. between you getting a minor loss and him getting a major loss yeah. is massive. So mm-hmm. that put him on the lower table against someone that was at the similar level so. and it was yeah. funny watching our two armies like the Iron Jaws and my dwarves who both want to get into combat and, and if you want to go with the fiction want to kill each other we're like oh I'm going to charge you but actually I'm not I'm going to stand here on this <laughs> rocky outcrop and stare at you yeah come and have a bloody go um, I just wish there was the old fantasy rule where like they could animosity and run towards me and then I'd be like ah sucker you left me alone <laughs> um, but unfortunately that didn't happen uh, yeah. but it, it was an awesome game we had a lot of fun um, in fact that can be said of all of my games but it was like hilarious that um, uh, the foot of Gork Mork Gork. The, foot, the foot was, was a it was very specific. It didn't stomp my bolt throwers. It just stomped the crews. Because <laughs> clearly Gork knew that he only had to kill three models there to make them not work. So that was more whispering him. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, just, it was just the crew. It was yeah. It was it was the the pinky of more. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, well, what is it? You don't always have to be brutal and cunning. Sometimes you're cunning, cunning and brutal. Yeah, yeah. But I think I, I actually think that was all he killed all game. Yes. Yeah. But that's significant enough. Oh yeah. Hey, it's, yeah. it's two hundred forty points worth. Strategic. Of, Genius yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, awesome game. Uh, and I yeah. think I call. I gave all of my opponents nicknames, and that was Team Captain Jet. Uh, what so uh, I called we'll you. Get to it. Get to it later. Okay, we'll get to yeah. <laughs> so he was Team Captain Jet, uh, and it was my first game, and it was a minor loss, but it was a great game, and I lost a little bit of face to the Orcs. Cool. Should I start then? Um, if you want I think you should, you should go, go ahead then. Uh, my, my game was against uh, Chris Tutt's Seraphon and he had built his list around the tournament so um, Seraphilth Seraphilth um, but he did not have 60 skinks this time in fact he had 20 skinks which is not nearly enough skinks so uh, he just decided to take 3 turns each time so that 20 became 60 uh, he didn't summon <laughs> uh, Well, basically, he, he um, built his list around the summoning. Uh, he had a full summoning pool, so he had to start with extra battle line. Uh, so he had he, four battle line, did he? Five. Five, five, battle, five battle line. line. So yeah. he had two, two to ten skinks and three to ten Saurus yeah, right. yeah. Um 
I also knew that he was going to go first, because if not, I was just going to shoot his slan, um, which is the the whole army's battle at the sand and the end of the gods, and the skink star priest to kind of get rerolls and kind of make that happen for Starseer. him. <laughs> uh, Starseer, yeah. Uh, so, um, basically, the, the way I, I chose to approach this is um, summoning, even with the Veilwind Vortex, it starts to be nine inches away from me. I have 30 night runners. I'm going to string them along my entire front line and run them forward before the game starts. So you still have to summon nine inches away from me, pretty much was summoning on his, his own deployment anyway. Yeah. Nearly. Yeah. Um, so he went first, which I expected him to. He summoned an Astrolove Bearer uh, to give his um, Seraphon Rios to hit. Um, straight away, he was worried about my Gisales because he knew that they could shoot his fat frog. <laughs> yep. um, the hypnotoad. The hypnotoad. Um, and, uh, it's Polywell. Polywell. Um, and uh, he, but because the night winners were kind of pushing him back, like um, basically he did get a double turn from the engine of the gods. But his first turn, he didn't really. I think he may maybe could even kill. He cut like a couple of night runners for some shooting, and that was it. But then he got another turn again, where the Soros guy managed to smash into the night runners, and that was a bit different. So. Um, the, like I mentioned before, he was scared of the um, Gisales, but he summoned a Bastilladon. But he also, in order for him to reach the Gisales, because I spread out with the Night Runners, he could get them, but then he'd also be out of range of his Astroloft Bear. So um, he put his slan in a Bailwind Vortex, um, and he had to basically make a choice of put the Bastilladon so they can shoot uh, Gisales or put them so they can get rerolls so they'd be a more effective shooting unit. I actually can't remember what he ended up doing, but um, I think he did try and shoot the Gisales, but they didn't really take much because they'd have a four observing and shooting. So he did have two turns, but the first turn he didn't really kill anything. The second turn he killed Night Runners, but you know, I was quite happy for them to die, to be honest. Um, so, when I, yeah, <laughs> so when I got my turn, uh, I did um, all my Assassin Bomb, really. So I... Skidleaped Deathmaster Snitch. Uh, um, no, Skidleaped my Arch Warlock. He was hiding Deathmaster Snitch in him, uh, next to a piece of scenery. Uh, Where we crazy. shall not say. In the claw, in the claw. Nature's pocket. Nature's yeah. pocket. Um, <laughs> He's got a pouch. He's like a kangaroo. So, uh, yeah. So he uh, hopped. He skidder hopped. Uh, so then um, the uh, I think I'd already uh, the Wopsy has a spell which does um, stops you from running or flying and also. Half your charge, but it does three model wounds to a flyer as well. So I did that straight on his skink star priest, who was um, Starseer, what it's called, which was twenty six within twenty six of my warps here. Um, so I got him. Um, so he taken three wounds up and here. He's only got five wounds. He's so. only got five wounds. I got a warp storm off with my because I put my warlock nineteen inches away from his slam, so <laughs> he couldn't dispel my, uh, my spells. Um, I got a warp storm off, and he did one to him. But I also took a wound off the astroloft bearer, and I took. A couple of wins off the engine of the gods, and I was six away from both. Um, For the charge. Yeah, so I was saving my once per game warfare and the warlock to finish off the skink um, Starseer, because I think I hit him with an arcane ball, that's right, and they hit three other units with the um, warp storm. Um, I did get a warp storm off later in the game where I rolled three ones, so nothing happened, but. Um, uh, warp gust. Warp gust. They <laughs> just got hit by lightning. Just didn't care. Did it chilly, like all the seraphim are doing up their coats, just like oh god. Yeah. Um, so uh, I had some gutter runners come on in like one of the corner, which he kind of left unguarded. Um, There's some skinks there, but the gutter runners. I had ten gutter runners. He had ten skinks. So just need to kill one to score. Um, I ended up getting the double ten, killing them anyway, and they strung out later on in the game. Uh, I had Kynrats kind of in the corners, holding objectives for me. 
I had, there was a tiny house which my banner bearer could sit behind without being seen and he stood there the entire game and scored every battle round. Um, but basically I managed to, I got the six inch charge off and the warlock into the engine of the gods. I jumped snitch. Um, snitch as well has got a really useful role where he can be targeted with shooting and magic within six inches of him. So you have to get close to him to kill him if he's not been revealed. Um, or if he hasn't been revealed, sorry. So he took the engine of the gods down to one wound. Um, I'd already killed the skink star. So he fluffed his rolls pretty bad, but he did well, well in his damage. So um, I'd already, he'd already taken some, like I said, from spellcasting. Um, and then I think in his turn, he rolled a... Because a couple of turns later, I'd killed the slans, so he only had one wound left. He rolled, uh, I think, a one and a two, so the engine killed itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, so just like um, stealing Snitch's kill. Stopping him from getting like a, a rightful hero um, for him, but basically I was just able to zone him out before the game even started with the Night Runners. So that's what I was saying at the start of the game with them being just a really useful unit from a tactical point of view. It just shut down where he could put his summoning and where he could shoot me. So, uh, and then I did eventually kill the Slan. Um, I think I hit him with a Warp Storm as well, so it's free model wounds because he had that artifact with plus one wound. I shot him a couple of times and. Um, the Warpseer did capture an Astroloth bearer who had taken one wound already from a Warp Storm. He's got seven wounds, it's movement four or five. Uh, he caught it in the Scry Rob, so he caught an Astroloth bearer. <laughs> so, and uh, I ended up getting a minor win, so I think I got 30 and he got 17. So it goes to show again, because I actually think in the next round I got paired up with someone who won a major in their first game, and someone else got a major but still had less points than me. So yeah. I, got, I ended up yeah. with 37, because I got 30 points from victory points to seven for a minor win. Um, whilst I think there was a player who got a major but didn't still had less points than me yeah. so um, well you, you could theoretically major on 10 yeah, yeah. you could only capture in the last <laughs> the last battle round all yeah. of them yeah. Yeah. I also you, think um, sorry but that, the tactic of scenario scoring in the battle round is quite pivotal because mm. you're having to think about the priority role and where things might be. Yeah, well, that was the idea of mixing them up. So some of them were still you score at the end of your turn and then some were battle round yeah. because if it's scoring at the end of your turn, you'd pretty much generally still have the incentive of wanting to go first when you win priority apart from certain armies that just never can be double turned. So you're always wanting to go second. Yeah. Um, but it meant that actually you might not want to go first because... Mm. If your opponent goes first, then they're there, mm. but then it means you know exactly how many models, you know exactly where you need to be yeah. to outscore them, so you don't even necessarily have to fight them. Yeah. You can just go, oh, well, I've got a unit of 10 guys here, he's got eight there, I can move these guys within their move, and they're going to have more models, I don't even need to go into combat there. So it lets you know where you need to be at the end of the battle round. So There was one battle round where I strongly considered giving it to him, I ended up taking it because I saw it as my last opportunity to kill a slam. So I think I had two wounds left, and I just had a warp gouge it, and it died. And then from the summoning rules, killing things at the end of every turn, it then started picking off the things that he'd summoned as well. Although so the best of kept saving their wards. No, did he end up using up the entire summoning pool? He used he the full summoning pool, yeah. Okay. Um, so he was playing with 2,500? Yeah, and I think points. I ended up with like 1,900 tournament points. There was still a There was like one Saurus guard from a big unit, mm. which I actually realised I could have arcane bolted and didn't. <laughs> uh, in the fifth round but it, it didn't matter but um, uh, yeah I um, I think even from the first round I'd outscored him because he went first and then he went again <laughs> and then I had my turn but um, because it was the end of the battle round I I think I got him 6-4 to four and then 7-3 to three, and I think that just, trend just kind of continued and for him as well that because it was at the end of the battle round, round it didn't yeah. matter if he had extra turns with the engine he couldn't score extra points 
Yeah. And that was one of the reasons where, again, that scenario is one where you could score 10, and I didn't want people taking extra turns scoring 9 and 9. Or, yeah. So yeah. that was why or even was 6 around. and then 6. And that was why it was back around for that, because it's the highest scoring yeah. scenario. I also saw so. that scenario as, as an opportunity with Miami to get a really early point talent. Lead, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, your army's very good at like alpha striking, but then it doesn't actually hold up that hard when your opponent starts yeah. hitting back. Well, because I've trapped him into the table, there's like yeah. time outs in the corners that did nothing the whole game, but was scoring every time. Yeah. And, and he's got bigger threats to deal with with his range. Yeah, because if he ignored it, he would just die. Well, <laughs> for me, mom, so I won the priority and took turn two because I needed to kill the more crusher yeah. that I had forgotten <laughs> to charge. Um, I didn't forget to charge. I just failed at six or seven each charge with a real. Yes. We don't need to talk about that. The Slayers weren't <laughs> feeling it. They're long drawn Slayer Pirates models. They were drunk. Um, so was I. Anyway. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, what time is this in the morning? Yeah, yeah, we don't need to You're already pickled. I might have been hungover. I might have been hungover. We don't need to get specific. Um, actually, no, that's right. I was drinking while we set up the tables. Um, <laughs> Jet was but, allowed to go to the bathroom because it was under 18, not allowed in the area. <laughs> um, but in, so I won priority going to turn two and had to take it to, to deal with that more crusher. But uh, then my opponent won, Jet won the priority for turn three and took it, but then I actually won turn four and five priorities and gave it to him because I knew that he wouldn't be coming towards me because otherwise he'd be losing control of objectives. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually worked for me to go, okay, I want to see what the board looks like. I would rather have a second turn in both of those. And I did it again in Crystal Labyrinth, which was the fourth game, yeah. um, which we'll talk about. In I did it a few times in that as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, Good. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's round one done. So we had a major win to Ash. Yep. Uh, a minor loss to da- to Eric. Sorry. To Dan the oh God, you almost said my name. <laughs> Say my <laughs> name. Oh, that got weird. Um. <laughs> this is not a Destiny's Child. And Dan had a minor win. Minor win, yeah. Cool. So that's round one. Um, I think we'll take another quick break and then we'll come back with round two. Sydney Slaughter 2017 was sponsored by KR Multicase, who provide a wide range of army carry cases of all shapes and sizes with foam inserts for added protection for your miniatures. Thanks again for sponsoring the event. Who does this beardling think he is? Okay, so we're back. Dan's half dying from eating a terrible Weight Watchers bar. Um, terrible is the right word. Mm. Yeah. But he is watching his figure, so... Um, he yeah. literally looks like he's going to vomit. Yeah, try not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Um, I'm going to drink water and not laugh at the same time, okay? I tried one as well, and it can only be described as puffed rice held together by something white and sticky and covered in what I assume was chocolate. It's kind of salty. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. It tasted like it had a lot of protein in it, though. Um, so but yeah, yeah sure. By, we're, not, we're not saying anything against Weight Watchers, so we're in no way endorsed or unendorsing Weight Watchers. You have to do that thing where you have to name another brand as well. Except Weight Watchers is them. shit, people. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, it's even. Well, I just don't understand. How does watching it help? That's, like, That's just sad. Like no, I just like how they turned up with like two boxes of cookie dough and a load of like rice crispy treats. <laughs> <laughs> two boxes of cookie dough, LCMs, rice crisp, like just a bag of diabetes, and then Weight Watchers bars. This will make it fine. <laughs> it's yeah. like ordering a triple Big Mac and a Diet Coke. <laughs> so, if anyone, so yeah, I randomly had someone shopping delivered to my house the other day, which is why we're talking about. You haven't returned it. Trying, to eat it. trying the random uh, goodies and not so goodies. So it's the mortally wounded podcast reviews food and, yeah. <laughs> and boxed food review. Yeah. yeah, there'll be a new one every time. Next time uh, Chris gets another delivery to his house, which isn't his, you can just go through the box and explain. It to <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. 
Um, cool. So game two was Slanish's Palace. Slanish's Pleasure Palace. I can't even say it. I literally can't say it. Slanish's Pleasure Palace. There we go. Yeah. Slanish's Dungeon. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Slanish's Sex Dungeon of Of Doinking. Of Doinking. Statues of Seduction and stuff. Slanish's Doink Dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, lost opportunity there. So yeah, this one was about... So it's set up like Border War in terms of where the four objectives are and the special command ability for this one is about swapping bravery and movement and at the end of the battle round, so it's completely after everything, including battle shock, uh, any units within six inches, they have to roll uh, 2d6 and if it's over their bravery... Then no, no, it's D six. I don't even know my scenario. You've gone into your turn with the battle round. Yes, yeah, so at the end got... of the battle round, for each <coughs> uh, unit within six inches of the statues, and you have to be within three inches to capture, you roll a dice. On a six, they roll two D six and take mortal wounds for every point over their leadership. However, if you are less than leadership, but you're five six, or less because I got hit by. This if one. you're leadership five or less, it, it doesn't happen on a six. It happens on a four. Yeah. yeah. And it's D6 model wounds, right? No, no, no you then roll 2D6. Roll 2D6. Minus the bravery. bravery. You do a banshee screen. Which is why, like, you pick enemy units if you swap their movement and bravery. Like, Seraphon, you're like, oh, what's that, bravery 10? No, you're bravery 4. Bravery 4. You're movement 10, no. (laughs) (laughs) They can march and move 20. (laughs) But they're dead, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, so let's go reverse this time. Actually, is Dan, are you still going to throw up, or are you okay to talk? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, so Dan, who did you play? I played Matt Campbell. It's the only game that actually lost. Uh, oh, spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler Eric, alert your turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Um, yeah, uh, basically, I played Matt. He has mixed destruction. I've played him a couple of times, not recently, so, and he's changed his army To be fair, bit, so, yeah. Right. Like, Just yeah. to put it, yeah. Saying mixed destruction, he has a unique list that he's written. So he does. Like, it's not... The mixed destruction, multiple grots and thunder tusk kind of thing. It's no. a frost lord stonehorn, a what? Not mega boss. A, a wyvern, an or a war boss on a wyvern, on a wyvern, an hard fist, and then an hard fist and an iron fist. Yeah, so brutal ruck and the brutal ruck. That's so it. the brutal ruck lets anyone within ten inches of the um, savage tree boss uh, add automatically six inches to their run moves. Yeah. yeah. So with those savage orcs already wanting to be on the objectives anyway, it's really helpful. So you had what three tens of savage orcs as his yep. battle line, but then yep. you also had like three Idiot fives of, of brutes or something. Yeah, yeah. two fives of brutes and a ten, a ten of our boys. And, and then that gives him the. That gives him an extra D6. Iron Fist? Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. So the got... movement. So he's got yeah. loads and loads of wounds, loads of bodies, and it's all really, really fast yeah. and fairly resilient. And quite yeah. And he still has a Frostlord Stonehorn. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. quite choppy. And he also has four big, big stubbers. Oh, yeah. Four big stubbers. Yeah, four so big they can stubbers, murder yeah. monsters. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this one came... I knew he was going to make me go first again. So... Um, the thing with this uh, with the night runners, and this is what I find when I play Border War, um, is this is what happened to me quite a few times is I can score turn one with the night runners. So there's been a few times where I've played Border War where I'll just run the night runners in front of the objective. Uh, I don't even charge them, I just stand in front of it with more models and like, okay, you have to kill thirty and then I'll move and then you can score your own one. <laughs> if not I score fourth. But I kind of approach it the same manner, but obviously you only score one per each one. So um basically the way he deployed, I, I thought he deployed um he was kind of swarming his own objective, but he put the Thunder Tusk, beh- uh, sorry, the Stonehorn, behind um, a big unit of uh, behind big stabbers and some of the um, Savage Oryx. 
I actually thought that was probably a mistake on his part because if I could have him walk out them, they're not really moving that far and he'd be stuck behind them or he'd have to go around and slow himself down. It was also still within threat range of the Giselles and further back on the board. So turn one, I was just targeting the Stonehorn. Mm. Uh, and I did. I managed to take 11 wounds off it oh. with spellcasting, shooting, um, just focus firing it. So... Um, only 11. Only right? 11. had two left. Oh. Um, I, actually, I think I got 10, and then in his turn, he charged the Night Runners that I'd placed nicely in front of his objective. Um, and I think the Night Runners didn't have a wound to him or something. But um, I, I, I just slowed it right down. Um, I tried to Howling Walk Gales and Brutes, but I failed that. So Howling Walk Gales is a spell that I have, like I mentioned before, where it stops you from running and it halves your charge. Um, so it would have just slowed him down. Like I said, the way he deployed, it was actually blocking a few of his other units. So it, would have it also means flying units can't fly. You can't fly either. Yeah. Yep. So it, it does D three model wings, but it gets to fly or do three model wings flat. It's a really good spell. And and it's cast on a six. Twenty six inch range. Twenty six inch range can do a turn one. It's really good. Uh, but I failed it, so <laughs> it didn't matter. Um, so I basically I ran clan rats into the two corner ones. I was like, okay, we're well, going to get them anyway. Um, and I put gutter runners behind him, so you'd have to turn a unit around to basically kill the gutter runners, or they're going to run over to his objective as well. So, um, basically had a really good first turn. I, I skid loop the warlock again, did some spellcasting, targeting the stonehorn with arcing bolt and warpstorm, uh, shot the stonehorn with some gazelles, and warpstorm also hit a couple of other units, and they charged the night runners in, and they killed some savage oryx. Uh, and I scored on his objective in my first turn, so I got four in my first turn. Uh, his turn, he basically um, ran at the two climate units on the side. Yeah, he charged a stonehorn into my night runners, but I had 30 um, that he had to kill. And I'd also pulled several units into combat with me that was just holding them up in my mind. Uh, what it came, he had a, I guess the charge was Wyvern in, and I popped Deathmaster Snitch from the Arch Warlock into the Wyvern. And um, basically, five hits, five wounds, minus one rend. I think he had Mystic Shield on his Wyvern. So he had like five warp saves. I think he might get to reroll saves anyway or something with the warp. I think so. If it has a boss shield, it rerolls armor saves. Yeah. I don't know if yep. he had that or not, but he passed them all anyway. He, did, so yeah, he, he always saves um, the rolling saves. Yeah, so um, the women, uh, Snitch did nothing to the women. Um, but the Stonehorn charged in, the Night Runners managed to take another wound off the Stonehorn when I piled him back. Um, yeah, I, I just managed to hold him up. And it really, it came down to turn two priority. Of if, if I got turn two priority, I was going to shoot off his big stabbers and then kill the Stonehorn with magic. And I think that would have given me a really good um, advantage. The statues didn't really hit me that hard, considering I was the one most viable to them. Um, I also would have been able to move my warp suit into a better position and maybe get some brutes. I, I never got to actually use the Master Ball on that, but it had two brutes' names on it. So I never <laughs> got to use it. So the turn two priority was everything, and he got it. So he got the double turn, and I think that was really my best chance. Turn three came up. So there's some barking going on, which isn't Chris's job. Um... By the time turn three came around, if I'd got the third priority, my Giselles were still alive, I maybe could have pulled something back or at least made it a much closer game, but he won it again, and then he won it turn four anyway, just to kind of rub it in my face. So um, <laughs> it was just uh, one of those... Uh, I had giant these giant foam dice just for fun uh, that I used. So when I played Chris in my first game, we were using it for his star seer. We just rolled them, and we just threw them against the wall. We once threw them at Ash, actually, for one priority. Yeah. 
and just to see what they landed on and Matt won priority every time and I that kind, really, I kind of helped Matt win that yeah. priority I mean I hit you in the arm I hit you in the side of the Matt head Matt got me in the head <laughs> so, uh, and he got a six each time so I think I got a five in both of them as well um, really just to rub it in so the recipe yeah. to success is throw those dice at people yeah, but you have to hit them in the head if you hit the body you only get a five you yeah. hit the head you get a six both good options but how do you yeah. hit the head and then keep it on the table though it didn't stay on the table it was wherever it landed oh okay right yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah uh, other people's games I was yeah. taken unaware so it, it was pretty interesting yeah. <laughs> it, it, you're on the table next to us basically he double turned me and just smashed me off and for that he then sort of carried away with it but like I said I think turn 3 it could maybe put some of it back I might have been closer because I would have had free range stone number's already dead uh, I would have had three shots at his um, big stabbers and I would have been able to move around the objectives a bit more but I think it would have just drove, dragged it out to a closer win for Matt um, but I think turn 2 decided the game and he got it so Fair play to him. But I also identified this when I was A, one that's going to be weak for me, the bravery thing anyway, but also one which isn't a high-scoring scenario unless you really do dominate your opponent. So this was one I was pretty happy still because my first game was scored so highly. Um, I was like, okay, I'll take the major loss because by turn four or five, he had all of them. Um, so what was your score on this one in the end? I think he won 12-6. Okay. Yeah. And this one's hard for you because you can only get the major from turn four. Yeah. And your army, you can actually hit Early people. Scoring. You hit people a lot harder than they think they expect from rats, but you don't have the resilience. Yeah. So no, once exactly. someone has survived your kind of punch, mm. you just start dying. And the savage it, 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 are the opposite. Like said, yeah, yeah. If, um, they're very durable. If, like I said, if I got the turn two priority, I think it would have been for a much more interesting game. Um, I would have picked off some of the things that could really hurt me the most. Um, I also think the Warpseer charging into some boots probably do a lot of damage as well after already capturing some of them. So um, it just didn't go my way for that one. But, you know, fair play to him. He knew how to play it. I, I, I don't think there's anything I could have done different in that game, the way our armies are. Um, I played turn one out the way I should have, I think. So I just needed the second priority and didn't get it. And sometimes that happens. I've I got annihilated for it. And <laughs> that's, that's one of the weaknesses at the end of the day in your list is that because you're not using any formations, it's very high drop. So you're pretty much you're pretty yeah. much always like at the mercy of your opponent, though. Mm. So they can uh, mostly give you, you. I know you capitalize on getting first turn, but it means you're always on. After, you have to have a good first turn because then you're always facing down the double. Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing that I did, which I learned with my Tomb Kings army, is the same thing that I don't like either of the Tomb Kings formations, and. Um, People were just making me go first, and I was doing, but turn one is just moving into range. So, like, okay, I'm going to make a list that can hit hard turn one, and if I go second, even better, I'm on for the double. And I actually prefer to control the game if I go second rather than take a double and risk being double back, unless it's absolutely worth it. So, um, I made a list that can handle it. But with my Skaven, I actually quite often give turn two priority away anyway. So, there's been a few times where I've had games where I've gone first, I've hit them hard. They've charge me back but they might be held up in combat with me and not scoring an objectives and they're in combat with clan rats I'm like okay well you have this turn you can kill another four clan rats in your turn and then in my turn I'm going to score the objectives and maybe get another double so um, I think the army is designed to um, it's not very durable so destruction is going to take it out but other opponents I've had it's been I've given priority away quite a few times of that army I've played Matt with that list and same thing happened in our game um, he beat me on drops gave me the first turn and then he got the double, and that army is just so fast. That in, so yeah. that in his first turn, like a third of his stuff is hitting you. Yeah. And yeah. when he gets the double, because it's so quick with all Everyone's of those extra moves, he he doesn't. It's one. It's actually an amazing destruction list because he doesn't have to 
hit you with anything in range, he's so fast that he can choose what hits where. Yeah. He doesn't just have to set it up and then just hope stuff gets hope into range. Forwards, he yeah. can pick yeah. his battles, especially if he gets the double. And I think that's why it's not a common destruction list, but I think that's why... Like, I played him at CanCon, and he, he won CanCon with that. Uh, no, he, no he, he came fifth. Fifth. Yeah, yeah, quite high, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. I think no. you should both have him that way. Yeah. Um, but he, he won Briscoe. He won Briscoe, that's yeah, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I played him at that, yeah. and it was... I just remember thinking, like, wow, this list is fast, but also it's fast, and it's fast enough that you can pick your your fights. Yeah. You know, just And he's got multi-wound bodies on objectives. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's a very good list. Um, like, if I got, like I said, the priority was massive for that one. Yeah. I guess other armies that aren't quite as quick, I hit... Hard. The, the issue that the list has pivotal. is it doesn't have. I, I'm going to call it poke instead of reach because reach is confusing with the like combat mm. profile in terms of being able to just poke at stuff that your opponent has behind their lines. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he, didn't range, get to he doesn't have range threat. So yeah. if you had something resilient or just waves and waves and waves of clan rats, you can just wrap your Gisales and yeah, like yeah, a, a stonehorn can charge into ten and you go cool, you kill ten that turn and then the next turn it kills ten. And if yeah. you just have walls of rats, yeah. your Giselles are firing all game, and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, well, that's, that's one that's... of the issues. So there'll be matchups where he'll just struggle because if if, well, it lift, if the list is super strong because it relies on synergy, like Seraphon, Bloodbound, all their characters can sit at the back and buff the army and make it really strong. Mm-hmm. If you can't did, take them out, I had the banner, struggles, but... I had the Deceiver protected, and I was taking a lot of war, and I had the um, Giselles. He didn't get to the Giselles until turn three, and by then he'd won two priorities anyway. Yeah. Um, even the third one, like I said, if I maybe could have pulled something back because all nine Giselles were still alive, turn three, and I still had a lot of war for them. Yeah. Um, and I, I would have just taken off his big stabbers, I think. I also would have killed some brutes, so... Um, that I, I did identify that, and that's why I think he deployed not optimally because he put his stuff right at the very back. I'm like, well, now it's going to be even harder for you to get to me. But the stone horns, something that can get to me, guaranteed turn two. If he puts it at the front for the Giselles, because I've got that line of clan outs on the way. Yeah. Um, but he didn't end up getting to my Giselles too late in the game, so I actually think he, the way he set up, I thought was quite unusual. Um, I think I exploited it as much as I can, but my army isn't resilient enough. Yeah. That's one of the things that I tried with at BrizCon is I thought Stormfiends might be that unit that will hold people up and I just found out they weren't. Yeah. So, and because that's such a big investment of points I was like I'll need a unit of six to do this yeah. and I'll probably have to tunnel them with a walk grinder which is another 100 points. And I just, you I can give them grinder fists. Oh grinder fists. Just sorry. give one um, guy Yeah that's fist. what I mean. I, I was going to take a grinder fist two doom players and three walk players but um, yeah. Even then, I, I just decided that is too big a points cost for the same hundred points of six Stormfiends can get me um, thirty Night Runners and something else. I took for hundred points. It, well, doesn't it basically get you nine Giselles and a Chieftain? Essentially, yeah, with yeah. some leftover. Yeah, and, and the, just, you're essentially swapping close range, like stuff with Stormfiends for long range Mortal Wounds. Like you say, if you'd gotten the second double turn, if you had the second turn, not not his double, you would have then sniped his Stonehorn off. I wouldn't even need to snipe Stonehorn, I could just kill him. Just kill him I, I would have yeah. sniped off his um, Big Stabbers and some of his Brutes. Yeah. In fact, and, and so I don't think the Big Stabbers got me to turn punch out of his army. I didn't think the Big Stabbers got me to turn three, so just because it's been like a week now, but I, I think I could have really hurt his Brutes or his Ard Boys. Mm. Um, and also the Warps here would have survived then and would have had his spells and he would have been able yep. to slow him down yep. and, and then he would have got a charge. So I think turn two for that one would have been, it would have hit him pretty hard. Pretty cool, yeah. yeah. But you know it's how it goes. So yeah, 
I, I, I do like some of the Eschen, the Skaven formations. The Verminous Clawback, I think, is very strong if you have a Warbringer. Yeah. Um, I think the Eschen Clawback's good, but at 2,000, there's a lot of things you're having to take out. So. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll bring it at 2,500. So that ended <laughs> in a, So that was a major loss to you. Major loss, yeah. But so. the scores were reasonably close? 12-6 to him. So he so it ended up, what, 22-6? Uh, yes. Yeah. So that was my lowest scoring one by far. Um, but like I said, I made such a big lead in the first one. Like, I think I was one of the highest scoring people in mm. the first round. That That's why I got drew him in the first place, even though I didn't win a major. Yeah. Someone else did. Um, actually jumped the queue over someone who won a major because I scored so highly. So I, I always knew that was going to be a bad one for me, so I didn't really... It's like, if I'm going to have to play Matt, I'd rather play him now, and I'd rather play him in this scenario. Mm. And that you're bad at. Yeah, which yeah. is a late scoring one anyway. Come so. on. Yeah. Um, so my second game with the... Uh, with the, the bearded dwarves was against Rob, who had Nurgle, so his nickname was Rob the Sickly in my player pack. Um, and this was, uh, I knew this was going to be a bit of a grind of a game because he's Nurgle that doesn't die, and I'm dwarves and all my dudes with shields, if they don't run or charge, get to reroll their armor saves. Um, so it was, it was going to be a bit of a slap box. Um, yeah, it's both movement four for the majority. Yeah, pretty much. So yep. you uh, just struggle to get to each it other was, to start out It with. was, yeah. Um, it was a slow game, and like like a lot of the, that that style of objective game, um, the first couple of turns he was picking up three because it's very easy for him to, to get stuff onto the objectives. Whereas my guys, because he had flying, what are they, whatever they're called, like drones, yeah, drones, plague drones, plague drones. That's the one. Um, those buzzed forward and captured objectives. So the first couple of turns he was picking up a lot of points, mm. and I was picking up one, two. Um, and then did the old dwarvy thing of slowly push back across, and uh, and by the end of the game, I was picking up like the the threes on most of the turns. Um, there, it was a pretty good game. Uh, it was exactly what you'd expect of Nurgle versus dwarves. It was honestly a, a war of attrition, and yeah. in the end, the dwarves, uh, the the dwarves did it better because our race has been on the decline for a lot longer. We're much better <laughs> at dying. Um, <laughs> got more experience at it and longer memories so we remember it uh, better um, he definitely helped me out there was a little moment uh, he played it really well and I think there was just one little moment that swung it where he charged some plague bearers into my slayers um, which uh, it, it, it would have worked it would have worked if it weren't for those meddling kids if it weren't for those meddling rangers yeah um, <laughs> but, but unfortunately um if one of them had survived, they would have held... He had the first turn in this whatever battle round it was. I think it was battle round two. Um, he had the first turn. And if he one of them had survived, then that would have held me up and basically stalled that entire flank of my army. But instead, yeah, they died. And um, and the, the slayers you know, got that extra... I used that three-inch move to move them forward. It meant that they moved forward again. They got a charge off and, and basically killed all of his other unit of plague bearers and drones and, and stuff on, on another objective. So um, that was, it was a bit of a gamble, but again, if it had paid off, he would have held up half my army. Um, and and then, he would have only needed to hold it off for that one more turn. One turn, yeah. Three points. Um, exactly, and if he held that off, that would have been a, another... There would have been a swing, which I think would have uh, won or tied the game, just about. Um, give me two seconds, I yeah, um, that would have swapped the game from being 11-9 in my favour to 11-9 in his favour. Yeah, right. Um, but then, yeah, we it, the only thing we had to do was turns four and five. We sped through them very quickly because both of our armies are very grindy and <laughs> very slow, as we've discussed. Uh, it took a while to get around. 
Um, but and they're both they're both combat armies, right? They're so both any combat army is always going to take longer in the game because you're fighting in your turn and your opponent's turn. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like a shooting army, you're only fight, the, fighting in one person's turn. I know they're mean, yeah. but the only shooting in my army is two bolt throwers and a unit of iron drakes. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not spamming three units of forty quarrelers or something like that and and shooting 120 shots a turn. Yeah, suck it, cunning ruck. Um, but. <laughs> But yeah, it was a very slow game getting to combat, and then when we got to combat, I was re-rolling my armor saves, he had his armor saves, and then his silly Nurgle saves, and I asked him, because I was like, hey, is there a way to stop those saves? Like, you know, deathless minions, you get rid of the general, and he was like, there is, and I was like, sweet, what is it? And he went, you kill Nurgle, you just kill the god Nurgle, and I was like, yep, you're fucking with me, great. Okay. <laughs> if you kill all these guys, they don't get the if, save If anymore. you kill my entire <laughs> army, they no longer receive the save, and I was like, okay, good. Gotcha. Um, a couple of standout moments in the game, just quickly. Uh, my Unforged, I buffed him up like crazy. I put everything on him. And then he got an 11-inch <laughs> charge off. <laughs> Sorry, Dan is, <laughs> Dan is just like gleefully looking at um, wish capes that wish are on my table off. from yeah. Dark Riders. Um, so wish. Yeah. So capes. You can have those, Dan. Can I actually? Yeah. Um, I'll use them. Yeah, yeah my, my Unforged got an 11-inch charge off. In my pocket now. Yeah. He was originally going to charge the gut rot spume, but instead that 11 inches meant I charged through my opponent's line into his back line where the uh, Great Unclean one was. Oh, and then used, with double damage, he just cut his head off. But then the great unclean one was rolling all of those noble saves and rolled a bunch of sixes yeah. and then murdered the slayer to death as he died, <laughs> which was a beautiful way to go. So my guy charged in. I Covered like to think... Slime, it doesn't yeah. sound that I like, the, yeah. I like to think that with an 11-inch charge, he ran so fast, he jumped inside, like punched <laughs> through his gut yeah. and then exploded out and then just, I don't know, started to... He, he drank a little bit of the sewer water and then just carked <laughs> it. Um, and another one was just, just a lovely phrasing moment where um, when I finally did get into combat with the gut rot spume, he did his attacks and then Rob... Um, just kind of backhandedly was like, okay, sweet. Um, Gutrod's going to whip out his tentacle. <laughs> and and, and I, 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 I paused and I was like, sorry, just say that again. He's like, Gutrod is going to whip out his tentacle and attack with it. And I was like, That's, this, this is this got weird real quick. Uh, and then, this is where you go, you're playing Nurgle, not Slenet. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this got tentacle hentai real quick. Uh, but... Um, there was, it meant that there was a good five minutes of giggling every combat phase from then till the end of the game um, where, where that happened. Sorry, I'm just chopping a little bit of wood in the background if you can hear something <laughs> cool. there. Um, so yeah, there's going to be banging probably for a while now. Thanks, neighbours. Well, that's, no, that, that's gut rot whipping out his tentacles somewhere. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, that, was, that was an awesome game. It was hilarious. We, we spent a good deal of the game laughing. Um, which probably didn't, to be fair, with such slow armies, it probably didn't speed it up. But yeah, it was good. And I have a massive respect for Blight Kings when they roll whatever it was, sixes to hit. And then yeah. I think they got a buff they to fives to, to hit. Six, yeah. And then he literally, I think for one of them, he had six sixes to hit and then he rolled three sixes again. Oh, and they wow. just pantsed whatever they touched. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, from, and then they got shot to bits by Iron Drake. So yeah, uh, it, was, it was good. Um, yeah. Awesome game. Yeah. It was... Rob's always a good opponent. Yeah, so he yeah he's, always, he's a nice cheery guy. and happy. Yeah. 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 He's um, Canadian, so he's super nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was. Hey. At, <laughs> at the end of the game, it was 11 5 in my favour. 11 5. 11 9, sorry. And yeah, if not for a couple of little moments here and there, it could have really easily swung. And it wasn't stuff like a priority role, it was. 
uh, it was tactical decisions on both our parts, which I think is awesome. Like, I love it when a game is won and lost on decisions rather than dice, dice rolls, rolls, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, whoever yeah. brought um, higher. Yeah, yeah just like, okay, yeah. cool, I got the double turn, I won this game. This yeah. was like, no, we're, well, like, we each made good choices and bad choices, and that's where the game was swung, and yeah. I think that was what made it such an awesome game. Yeah. That's cool. Cool, yeah. Um, so my second game was against Mick. Um, so he's a relative new player to the scene in Sydney, um, and he's uh, basically built up a Stormcast army. Um, Definitely to Age of Sigma. I think he's, I think he was like he actually quite a big... Oh, okay, he was a big in like player. I think back in 6th and 7th ed, okay. from, from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, he, he's just gotten his Stormcast finished for this yeah. event, basically. Yeah. So, um, but um, I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, um, yeah I've him. I'll talk about it later. He does. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think yeah. he used to be like... I think he played in ETC, and he used okay. to do a podcast and stuff, so I reckon we'll see him a lot more like yeah. in the top of the scene. So, But so nice, he, really nice guy. He basically he bought the starter set and built everything in that. He bought a start collecting box and built everything in that. And then he bought a couple of extra things to sort of flesh out the army. Actually, it might have even been the um, the special box that they did for Christmas where it had the Dracoths in there as well. Um, so oh, the expansion the, set. The bigger one, yeah. I yeah, he would have called. brought a box of Paladors because he had three Paladors That's right, as yeah, well. Yeah, but. you're right. Um, but yeah, so it, it sort of built it out of that. Um, and so it wasn't optimised. It was a sort of a, everything that looked cool that he liked um, yeah. kind of list. Um, that said, he played it really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. I so I won the the drops because he didn't have any formations in his army. Yeah. Um, I gave him the first turn, and he was very cautious because he knew how much reach my army had. Um, and so he, he he rolled three ups for the two units that were stuck in the sky. Um, so they both had to come down, and he didn't want to commit to them being on my side of the board because he knew they'd just get smashed off first turn. Um, with then my chance of the double. So he, he deployed them behind the rest of his lines, um, which may have been a mistake because he could have claimed the objectives with them. Okay. Um, but he decided not to go for that um, that first turn objective grab, um, which is what I was concerned about by giving him the first turn. So that sort of played in my favour. Um, so in his first turn, yeah, he came on the board with everything um, and grabbed his objective, and that was essentially um, all that he achieved in that turn. Did some shifting around to get things in the right place for, for second turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was pretty much it. Um, then my, my first turn, um, I made some tentative movements up the sides. Um, I could have been more um, more aggressive with it, and if I'd rolled better on my destruction movement, it would have made a massive difference. Um, I had my two units of Gorgonders on my right flank, and they were moving up uh, towards his unit of three raptors and his unit of um, Dracoth cavalry. And essentially, if I'd, if I'd had a bit of extra movement, I could have gotten them into that those combats and dealt, dealt with those threats on his right flank. And he didn't have very much else over there. Um, he had his paladors in the centre of his back line, so he could have sent them anywhere with their flying movement. Um, but he... he I, I rolled a little bit lower on my destruction movement, so I was forced to be a bit tentative. I basically claimed the objectives that turn. I tried for a big charge um, with my two units of um, of uh, grunters, and I, I used Gorgrax's command ability, and I used it that turn, and it was too early. Um, yeah. So I failed the charge with one of them. Um, I made the charge with the other, uh, but I, I only had... Uh, two of them that would actually reach the combat. Yeah, okay. And I got a charge off with some brutes, um, which 
went really well in my favour um, against his Judicators, but it wasn't a high priority target. Yeah, okay. So um, I dealt with the Raptors and I dealt with the Judicators, so he didn't have any range threat really. Um, but if I'd done it in my second turn when I got the double, um, it would have been massively different. So I was, I was up on points. I was 3-1 up on points um, in my first turn. I got the double turn, so I was 3-1 up on points in my second turn as well. So it was 6-2. Um, and it started to swing around at that point. Uh, so he, he brought his Paladors around to where Gordrak was on the objective. So Gordrak had sat on the objective. And because his, his base is 6 inches, so he can sit on it. <coughs> and nothing can be in range of the objective until he's dead. Because he's yeah, okay. got 3 inches Sitting around. Because so, so, it's not an actual physical thing yeah so so, so he was he was doing that um for the, that first time which was that's clever good. um so it's foul it's, it's the one time <laughs> where having that bigger base actually yeah. comes into advantage because it's usually just like oh, i can't fit between those trees i can't fit between that rock yeah. how, how, how do i get towards me <laughs> yeah how do i get this objective off you you literally need to you be kill that where good <laughs> yeah. you need to kill him and then be in his corpse yeah so um even when you've killed him you're probably still not in no, you no, wouldn't be able to another turn. You have to move yeah. into. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was really good, um, and it's. I got a really good foot of Gorkov. So he he came in and he took Gordrak down to I think it was thirteen wounds taken. So he had two wounds left um, with a big unit of ten liberators and his paladors. Um, yeah. and his Drakoth cavalry sitting right there ready to attack him that turn as well. He instead attacked his uh, Drakoths into my Ard boys, who I had an inspiring presence on. And there was three of them remaining at the end of the combat, so they were holding the objective instead of the Dracoths. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so he didn't quite have enough punish to take Gordrak out that turn, and then the foot of Gork happened, so I was next to a piece of arcane terrain at the back of the board with my weird knob holding the objective, and I was like, I, I'm, I'm not going to survive even if I've got a Mystic Shield on Gordrak. There's nothing else here that's going to matter, really. So go for the foot, roll the 12 um, to get it off, I rolled six damage on the first roll and took a Dracoth off. I rolled the four up. I did a f- another five damage, so the, both the Dracoths were gone <laughs> in one foot of Gorg. And then I also dealt with uh, half of the unit of his liberators that were attacking Gordrak. So that was pretty thanks, amazing. Gorg. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Gorg. Yeah, thanks, Gorg. I back, buddy. But they yeah. must, so they must have all been Marsh. within 18 inches. They were all though, within 18 inches. You had no spell wind. You no. didn't have a formation to extend the range. So because I had my weird knob on the, the edge of the three inches of the objective, mm. um... I was 12 inches away from the other objective, so with him fighting on that objective, I was in yeah, range cool. of most of the units in that combat, apart from the Paladors, which I would have loved to stomp off. But, and Stormcast yeah. hate Mortal Wounds. And Stormcast do not enjoy Mortal Wounds at all. Is there any army that does enjoy them? Like, there's armies well, that it's don't a horde mind. Army. It's a Horde army. Yeah, Death and Horde armies. I get it, they don't and mind, but you're still not stoked about Mortal Wounds. You know like everybody everybody says it, yeah. that phrase. Yeah, they go, I mean, it's they don't, they just don't care they, way. they don't enjoy Mortal Wounds. No, it's I mean, like, it, nobody enjoys mortal, them. Mortal like, Wounds are the strongest mechanic in terms of damage, for sure, but... If you're a low model count, super like... I mean, look, Dracoth Cavalry have like three up saves, you're rolling ones. They have loads of damage output, they're fast. They do so many things really well. But the two models, and they still yeah, only they have, have five, five wounds. Yeah. So if they have no save, yeah. they care a lot more than ten skeletons. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because it's ten wounds, ten wounds. And then that's 260 Only one skeleton needs to survive and you get D6 back. Yeah. Oh, so, you double it. See, even my guys being single wounds with... Decent armor and rerolls to armor saves. My guys hate it as well because you're taking out the one 
good mechanic in my army. Rerolling my armor saves. But you still have a lot more models. I do have the bodies to deal with. Cheaper than a Stormcast I, I just feel like the phrase, <laughs> they don't enjoy mortal wounds, is the same way as <laughs> yeah. saying... I don't enjoy a colonoscopy. Like, who does? <laughs> like, is there someone out there that's like, ooh, I'll take two? Like, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was really lucky. Um, and it started... So that, in the third turn, we were 2-2 two, because two, um, he fought back on, on the left objective. Um, and same thing in the fourth turn. So it was really close and it was down to the fifth turn. Um, if he'd gotten all four objectives and I'd gotten none in my turn, he would have drawn with me. Um, or he'd have, he would have he would have gotten the, the major yeah so um, and it was really close to that I was really lucky that I got the final priority on turn 5 and I got another foot of Gorkov which killed another unit of liberators that were threatening my weird knob um, and it meant that his uh, his prosecutors weren't able to reach um, my weird knob to, to claim that objective off me so yeah last turn I only had one point he got three but it was just enough to keep the minor so I was up 11-9 uh, on that that's cool. that objective so that so, sounds yeah. like you two Eric and yeah. had the yeah. exact same 11-9 minor win and opposite yeah. yeah yeah so yeah, you captured early I captured early, early. I captured late you captured yeah. late so yeah, yeah. yep oh, cool um, so that's round two done um, yeah. I think we'll take another quick break and then we'll come back oh, for round three for cookies <laughs> <laughs> Sydney Slaughter 2017 was sponsored by Game Mat EU, who sell an amazing range of battle mats, both 4x4 and 6x4, as well as some new terrain sets to help bring your wargaming table to life. Thanks again for sponsoring the event. So we're back from the break and we have cookies, um, so we might go a bit off topic. Wonderful to hear from those sponsors, though. Mm. Especially yeah. Weight Watchers. <laughs> <laughs> the modelly winded handkerchief. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Good to know that we're sponsored by Weight Watchers because we're eating an entire plate full of cookies. Do you know what I'm going to need after these cookies? Some Weight Watchers? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, where are we up to? <laughs> <laughs> Me shoving my favourite cookie. What are we doing? Uh, yeah. what are we doing? Round, um, round, round three. three right? Corn's Arena. Corn's yeah. Arena. I'll go first because it'll be quick. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, Corn's Arena. Um, Battles of the heroes, basically. Mm -hmm. um, you get points for killing enemy heroes. Um, you get more points if you kill them whilst they're within three inches of the center of the board. Yeah, the sacrificial altar. Yeah. Um, so I was paired up against uh, Anthony, so uh, this was a bad pair up for him and a really good pair up for me, and it showed. Um, mm. So Deployment. You also only deploy... Oh, yeah. Nine inches from the center line, meaning you're only 18 inches away front mm -hmm. to front. Yeah, so um, he obviously... Well, if, if both players deploy out the front. But yeah. you also only have nine inches from there, so you're six inches yeah. forward from the border, yes. so you can't even You back can't get board. as far away as you could yeah. in yeah. a normal And with the number of models that he had, he basically had to have units on the front line. Yeah. Um, they were a little bit back in the center, but it, it didn't help him all that much. Um, so... Uh, in this scenario, I, I won the, the drops, and I had to choose if I wanted to have... First turn or second, um, and because he was so close, he would get his shooting off in his first turn. He has a, um, a mixed <coughs> order, um, mostly free guild uh, with a little bit of collegiate. Quite arcane. a lot of collegiate arcane. He has a hurricane, yeah. a maluman arc, and a lawmaster, <coughs> and then a carmine dragon. Lawmasters, um, the dragon. Lawmasters, the uh, the eldritch council. Eldritch council. Yeah, yeah so it's a mixed order. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Usually a really scary matchup for my army because it depends if I can get across the board in time. Luckily, the scenario put me close enough that I took first turn. 
I got the first off turn charge off with Gordrak, the entire Iron Fist. Um, and I had my three heroes um, hanging back. I also got a foot of Gorkoth um, in my first turn. So I took off some of his um, his uh, handgunners. Would anything be in range? For the foot of Gorg? Yeah. Yeah, because I have my structure movement. Oh, cheeky. Yeah. So um, I was able to get them in range um, the first turn. And then got the big charge, and Chris came over an hour into the game, um, and that was just at the end of my first combat phase. Um, yeah. So I think Anthony I remember coming over, and Anthony's like, "Can I have my turn now?" And I said, like, "Oh Jesus!" But I think um, setting up and deployment it took, obviously took a bit of time. Yeah. So. Um, and like he was, he was a real gen. He went and got me a drink before the game and everything as well. So that sort of adds into the time there. But um, even still, fighting that many combats with that many models. Yeah. Just takes time, um, and like the, the turns afterwards are always going to be slower as well. So, um, but yeah, so got got across first turn. Um, Gordrak went into the center of his army. Um, his Carmine Dragon was deployed behind his lines, so he wasn't going to get to fight with that this turn. Um, I staggered my combats well so that my Gorgonters took out his front line of handgunners, and then my brutes were able to move forwards and take out a large chunk of his uh, his swordsmen. So he has a big unit of 40 swordsmen, um, which weren't left at the end of the first turn. Um, and then it also meant that because I piled in that a little bit further, I was within three inches of his collegiate arcane stuff in his turn. So he had the choice of retreating, which he didn't have very far to go, or um, being stuck in combat. Um, and also it can't shoot if it retreats. And also can't shoot. So that's, yeah, cool. So um, it forced a really tough decision on him. He decided to stay in the combat and try to try to take out Gordrak. Um, and he took him down to, I think he had taken 12 wounds uh, from all of his so He's got his what, one left? So he had uh, three. three wounds left. Oh, yes, 15, doesn't he? Did he gain any wounds from before? Uh, no, because I didn't kill any heroes in the first turn. Um, so yeah, first turn, um, I didn't kill any heroes uh, in his first turn, I killed two of his wizards. You can say Godric does love wizards. Yeah, he yeah. loves wizards, and he was in combat with two of them. So um, that that was quite fortunate for me. Um, and at that point, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. Um, in in his uh, sorry, in, in his first turn, I killed the the two wizards that were close to Godric. And then in the second turn, um, I got, got the priority. And I was already in combat, so I just piled in and took off the rest of his heroes. Um, he, he managed to charge the Carmine Dragon into Gordrak, and he took Gordrak off, so he at least got the. <coughs> ended up getting 980 points off me um, by killing Gordrak and a unit of Gorgrunters. Um, but at that point, I'd already killed all of his heroes, so that was pretty You're much just it. waiting for round three to get the major. Mm -hmm. So nice. Sorry. Um, Sounds like a pretty convincing win. It was. Um, and. It I think it's, it doesn't show how strong his army is, because in any, any of the other scenarios in the player pack, um, I think he would have taken me, um, but it was just lucky that I was up against him in that one. So, it, I would say that of all the scenarios, that would be your strongest. Like Gordrak-led, supercharged. Gordrak-led, fast, 18 inches from your opponent, turn one, <clears throat> focus on killing charged. heroes. Yeah. So uh, that's the other thing, because of the amount of range I have for my charge, my Gorgrunters are on the 3-inch line before I charge. Yeah. So 3d6 charge, if I roll well, I'm in his back line yeah. in the charge. Also, you can't fail. Yeah. Like yeah, it's... um, it. <coughs> when I walk past your table coming back from the bar, 
um, <laughs> which was something I, something I did, theme, something I did several times throughout both days. Um, I remember I, I stopped by and I was like, "Oh, what turn is this?" And you just looked at me, and there was like, there was mischief, joy, and a little bit of sorrow in your eyes. Yeah. And you just looked at me and you went one, and I was like, yeah. and then I went, "Oh God, they're eighteen inches away, aren't they?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was. So that, that was that a trip to the bar that you just mentioned will prove to be a fatal error. Cool. So so that was a convincing win for me. Um, and and yeah. how many heroes do you have? Five. five. So yeah. you, and you so you so got I scored 15. Five, fifteen points. Um, and he conceded at turn three, so he gave me the two thousand. He got points. your core track. Yeah. So fifteen minor. Wow. Okay. Um. So now this is the game where I lost the title of primary Dan and Dan at all. I think became. I don't think he was primary Dan and I was secondary Dan. No, but I mean, like, we like both Dan before that. Yeah, I know. But if I'd have won, I could. I'd have lost. No I like. I could have been the primary Dan. Dan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead, I'm now Eric. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> whatever the hell everyone keeps calling me, um, Mister C. <laughs> God, yeah, now I'm a teacher. Um, <laughs> Dan the Bitter. Shit down. Um, they wouldn't let you do PE. So this was the matchup between my dispossessed and the primary Dan's Ninjas. assassin Skaven. Ninjas. So my dude's trying to not be assassinated and his dude's trying to assassinate. Do what they um, do best. And it was actually an awesome game. It swung hard both ways. It's an uh, interesting one because I picked this one as my best scenario and it's probably one of your best scenarios as well it, on paper. If I was against something without the mortal wound output of your army... Yeah. It probably would have played out a little bit easier for my guys because I, I built a very combat-y dwarf army and with the, the command ability being able to run and charge um, and then with me taking Reckless, letting me re-roll charge distances um, within range of the general, um, it would have probably been a, a big boost to my guys. But um, as it was, I deployed most of my stuff in quite a, a small clump, like focusing on half the board because my plan was from there to spread out and and try to hit his heroes, but my army is very relies on synergy, and I knew he'd be popping heroes, so I needed to keep the heroes that were alive around my units so that they could do dwarfy things. Um, yeah, and yeah, um, I kind of because um, I generally get out dropped, so I, I have the benefit of being able to put my most important units on the board after most people and putting it exactly where I want to. So I kind of saw some damn terrain, which I knew I could put my Gisales on that was going to be out of reach of everything but his bolt throwers. So I decided to take Cunning Deceiver rather than the plus one to hit against Order Model. Oh no. Um, not Lord of War. Dark Avenger? Dark Avenger is where you... Yeah, but it's restriction number five, not six. Yeah. It's another name. But um, no one knows what it's called. No one ever will. Great Destroyer. Oh no, that one's the yeah. I think it is Dark Avenger. Yes. Tries, yeah. Anyway, um, I never take the five one. Uh, you so won, you won the roll to drop first. Otherwise, I wouldn't have let you have the table side with damned. Yeah, because I knew I was like one table side had damned, which is really useful for my bolt throwers. And I was like, son of a bitch, if his Gisales get that, I am in a lot of trouble. I thought you were going to take Lord of War as well, so I was like, damned and Lord of War could be mortally wounding my dudes to death turn one. And then I was like, this is really important. And then I think I rolled a two. I was like, oh, yeah. good, good. Yeah, good job, geez. dwarves. Nice and fast. Pick your table edge. So he got damned and you got damned. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much what happened. I, I think I got, got um, mystical in return. Yeah, he did. Yeah, which that, was that did prove 
So, I think he did get the warp seed out of it eventually, and he was in the middle of the arena, so mm. he got two points for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the way that um, kind of went to go about it was, you are a little bit closer, his heroes were quite uh, pa- uh, tightly packed in, which means range was the best way to get them, and they saw that very early on. We both had range, um, but ultimately I had a Vermin Lord who's minus two to shoot anyway, minus three in the first battle round. So um, I think Dan correctly targeted the Gisales as the threat. Um, so he went first? He went first, I but I moved Night Runners in a big line to make sure he didn't get anything that I wanted to, and they also to make sure he would move into range so um, so I can go around him. Mm. So, turn one, the Slayers. I took the, the first turn because I knew, knew I needed to hit the... Um, the Gisales before they could start doing a ton of damage um, yeah. and also to try and stop those gutter runners because I knew if they got into my line and he could pick where he put them he could hold me up which would mean that my dwarves being movement four would stand still for a turn while they finish and I, I didn't worry that they'd kill heroes but that's another turn where he's shooting and everything can move up yeah I think the gutter runners did kill a hero didn't they were shooting the engineer guy. I no, mean, that, sorry, those are the guys in the back, whatever they are. Yeah, the gutter runners are the ones at the back, the night runners are the ones that are important. Yeah, sorry, so, the gutter um, runners did pop up. Yeah, the night runners just died, they got slaughtered, that, they got annihilated. The, night, the night runners got hit by the slayers who <laughs> turned pissed. them into paste. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the actual gutter runners themselves yeah. did come up and I think they did finish up here. Yeah, they, the, the gutter runners popped up my engineer had been wounded and then they and then you were it like was on one wound left yeah and I think I got him with a shuriken yeah you, you were like these the, you prefaced it the turn before by being like these never do anything and then all <laughs> any wounds and went yeah see and then that turn you're like these never do anything and you rolled four wounds and I was yeah. like well, it's more than five so that it's, it's like a small shoot they're better in combat they're a combat unit that just have a nice extra shooting which yeah. isn't very reliable um, um, it's but, two shots each though right so you've got yeah. a significant amount of shots yeah. that you can throw there was yeah. only Three or four left though, because they'd been in combat with my warriors who yeah. killed a couple. Okay, so I, it was it was definitely a dignity hit for the uh, for the dwarves. They're like, yes, how mighty lord! Oh crap! Oh, it's God, one of those no. as well, though, where I'd shot him and that you know he survived on one wound and mm. then it finishes them yeah. off. And you know it's one of those that could yeah can can happen, I guess. Mm. But, the, um, um, but really, it it kind of came down to. Um, to this big, the most action moment ever. This big combat. Well, before that, even this big combat in the middle, where his so his uh, warp seer came forward, threw his master ball, and immediately caught the unforged, uh, <laughs> who took six mortal wounds with no way to protect himself. I think we agreed that was a primate. Or was it? A primate? Yeah, 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 we <laughs> talked about it absolutely. It's, it's yeah. a primate or a charmeleon or something. Oh, it's charmeleon. Like yeah, charmeleon. Yeah, 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 red hair. Yep. Because <laughs> yeah. he's got gingivitis. Um, but then. Not then, quite big and, enough to be Charizard. And then shot. It's <laughs> probably a Charmander. Is there one before that? Um, but then, like, the you'd done the, the teleporty. Um, skiddly, I skiddly with the Warlock with Snitch inside in yeah. front of. The, he had a guy who halves wounds. Belagar. Yeah. Belagar. So I did it in front of him. I'd already hit him a couple of times with magic. And I, you, I think the Warps here hit him already. You shot him with a lightning bolt. And then you hit him with something else, and then you set him on fire, and then you stabbed him. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's the order of events. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he got um, arcane bolted. Yeah. He got warp fired. Um, warp he, he did. He got yeah. warp stormed, and then he got assassinated by <laughs> Deathmaster Snitch. So he he deserved <laughs> to die. <laughs> he, he, he was um, already targeted because he was the only thing that was uh, kind of over the front. But it, what it meant for me and why the next priority was so important, and I think I lost this one actually. Mm. Um, was I had warps here right next within an inch was the arch warlock within an inch was death master six so I had three heroes oh. 
right next to each other. Yeah. So th- and I think I lost the priority. So he killed the warlock and snitch. Yeah. Um, but the warp seer survived with one wound. I decided to put the chaos talisman on the warp seer because I knew I'd be throwing the master bolt early. Mm. Um, I also thought that the chance he might make me go first, mm. um, in which case I could get him right away because it's a 25 inch threat range and move 12 for 13. So I put the chaos talisman on the warp seer, knowing that he's likely not going to try and shoot the deceiver. Um, I also knew that I was going to be skiddly from the warlock. I myself. think you can actually run the threat as well because it's not a shoot, it's not a missile weapon, so it's actually a slightly bigger threat range. I didn't even think of that, and I'm going to do that. No. <laughs> Please no. What's your threat range? Um, Twenty five plus six. <laughs> oh, whatever you run. Yeah. But the the real thing there. Yeah, was, I can totally um, do that. <laughs> for me, this was definitely the moment where. Uh, like I was saying in the last game, you know, when you make a tactical decision that loses you the game, I'm not necessarily saying that this was the difference between winning and losing, but it was a huge swing. Um, my my bolt throwers were the only thing that had range to hit his Gisales, and his Gisales had been taking damned terrain every turn. I think I had six left by yeah. this point when you made that. Uh, you mentioned earlier going to the bar and walking past Ash's table. That proved to be a fatal error. Uh, so I that was the tactical. <laughs> I looked at the board. <laughs> I looked at the board and I went, sweet. So my plan is, I've got these three heroes that I can, I have with surrounded by every single unit in my army that are all combat units in range of all of the buffs that I need them to be in range of. And I think they've taken some damage as well. Yeah, and so, they were all moderately wounded. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm about to do naughty, naughty things to them, but those Gisales <laughs> will mess me up because they can keep taking to damned and so I was like one's on one wound so if they take damned one dies but there's still five shots they don't need to do a lot um, and I think all of my heroes were on four wounds or less there so two fives and, and I've lost you a hero it, yeah. Um, yeah. so I mean alright if my bolt throwers hit them uh, then I've got iron drakes and then everybody else in combat to knock off the last wounds off these heroes and then all he has left is his deceiver who to kill my last two heroes will have to come in because nothing else in his army is really that big a threat. All he had left were clan rats and not, stuff. Not true. I had a chieftain stood behind a house. And a chieftain stood behind a house. <laughs> the uh, same house. Who, the first the, day. who was not taking any corn uh, things whatsoever. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he just didn't get hit by corn once. And then, so. and I also knew I had miners. So I was like, if his deceiver is pulled in to kill heroes, then my miners can pop up and, and threaten the chieftain. Then I went to get a drink and I came back. <laughs> And I immediately picked up the dice for my bolt throwers and shot them at the vermin lord, the warp seer, the, the warp seer that was about six inches in front of me. <laughs> I did five wounds to him. If those five wounds had been done to the Gisales, there would have only been two or three Gisales left. Far less threatening. Yeah. And they would have probably not really been in range to be taking damned terrain. No, they would um, And so instead, as soon as I put the dice down after rolling those, I was like, I have made a huge mistake. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, what? <laughs> what are you talking and about? I looked at you and I was like, this was my plan. And you looked at me and you're like, that, that, that was, was a good plan. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I didn't do it. But I've got this beer, but I didn't do it. Um, you were like, I went to the bathroom and I got a beer and I forgot what order I was doing things. These are supposed to shoot the warp seer. These are supposed to shoot the Giselles. 
the bolt throwers have shot the whoops here. Now these uh, corridors are yeah, they can't shoot the sails, they're too far away. Right? Yeah, yeah. yes. Um and <laughs> which meant that I did kill I killed the the Death Master and I killed the, the Arch Warlock guy. I was looking forward to Snitch having six attacks. I did I did twelve <laughs> wounds at Rend One to the Vermin Lord Warpseer, who had twelve wounds. He has twelve wounds total. I think yeah. by that point he'd taken like oh, he'd taken a few. So you went out to hit him later with Slayers. Yeah, I, my Slayers. No, no, that's right. I did. I did twelve wounds, and then he saved eleven. <gasps> On what five? Well, five of a reroll because I did. Um, and and to be fair, we both looked at the dice, and, and we had Mystic Shield as well. Yeah, we yeah. both we both looked at the dice, right. and even wow. you you threw your hands up. And you were like, "He's immortal! <laughs> I can't touch this guy." But the the only good news for my guys there was that because I had so many dwarf bodies around him, and because Dan had piled in with some clan rats to help, his helping clan rats. Had, had surrounded the warp seer so he couldn't retreat anymore. So he was yeah, stuck. In combat. Like, I survived the turn with one wound left. One wound, that's and right. I was like, <laughs> I'm just gonna flee. And I was like, I can't flee because of my own planets and they're in combat, so I really had nowhere to go to flee. It's like I because the They train. were boxed in by another unit they of were boxed in. No, no, they mystical. That's right. <laughs> that <laughs> that <was so> mystical, <laughs> so they couldn't retreat, meaning that he was stuck there being like, You guys you're not helping. <laughs> Go on, my rats. What do rats give to fly? Nope. Stop staring yeah. at the floor. Yeah. <laughs> this one just wet itself. Um. <laughs> and so the, uh, yeah, I think it still allowed me to have another turn. I'm just like, before I go out, I'm just going to howling walk out one more dwarf. Mm. And it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. Yeah, and then, then uh, in, well, I, ki- I did kill the deceiver and he was not no, the deceiver. The the sorry, and he was right next to the central objective. So two, two points. points for the but then, uh, and my miners did turn up Eventually. And main, made they, made nine, their they made their nine inch charge and just straight up in one round of combat killed the chief. Murdered they all of his armor saves. All his armor saves. Uh, I rolled a three for damage with the steam drill um, and just ground him into absolute he pace. Hiding behind his house, you know, <laughs> I'm doing minding his own business with his little flag that you can't see. Um, <laughs> that was one of the things like, I saw your table and like I think in setup and I saw that you'd put your like chieftain behind the house and you said to me like I'm just going to keep him here because he's out of line of sight from his bolt throws and everything and I was like oh yeah cool and then like being a TO I'm like obviously like I can't say anything and I just remembered your miners and I'm just like Okay, cool. Yeah. Just like walked out. I was still going there regardless. I needed miners. I was just waiting for like, I was waiting yeah. for you at some point to come in and go, yeah, miners came up. And I'm yeah. like, um, but at this they point, they did just turn four. At this, this was the bottom, this is the bottom of, uh, of turn three. So what, you only really had your deceiver left at this point in terms so, of heroes? In terms of heroes. No, um, it's just you no, got that, turn three, probably, didn't you? That, that happened in turn three because then in turn four, I had one hero left. And you had the deceiver. Who had, I had one hero left, the Slayer King, on one wound, stand, yeah. standing in the middle of the my army. You had the deceiver on full wounds, who all game had literally just cast Skitter Leap once. Yeah, that's, that's all he'd he done. And what did he do? Um, basically, that there was a, a bit of a gap because of just where things turned out. So he did what the deceiver should. So he Skitter Leap six inches away, threw his giant shuriken, and killed him. And then ran off. <laughs> <laughs> I managed. I did manage. I think there was a unit of warriors or something. Uh, like, maybe like eight left. So you charged back towards my end to get me out of range of you charging me with everything else. Well, I shot him and I got a unit of warriors in. And uh, I, yeah, in your turn because I was yeah, the top of this yeah. battle round. So I, I came in, killed you, and then I had to survive the battle round. And I charged this way. So um, he'd, he'd done a few wounds, but I think I still had those seven left. I, I did game. seven, and he yeah. had 
five or six or something or whatever he had left because I shot yeah. him with the bolt throwers. He's made us two to shoot, so yeah, he didn't do much. Yeah, I didn't yeah. do much there, but I know I... I, I think you hit them a little bit in combat yeah. with a unit that yeah. were never going to kill him, but could hurt him. But it was it was yeah. one of those moments where I was like, oh, if I'd, have sh- if I'd have ordered my shooting right in that turn, I could have pulled the deceiver forward a oh, turn yeah. earlier. Yeah, and just had, allow me to wait the whole game had, to the right. Yeah, point. and I would have had two turns to kill him, and I don't think I would have beaten you, but I could have played for the draw. But as yeah. it was, there was... It was a bit of a full-on hope, but I mean, if, I, if I'd have managed to kill the deceiver in that bottom of turn four we would have both had no heroes at the end of the battle round and drawn yeah. as it was the deceiver did a perfect deceiver thing which is wait till all of his minions had died doing the hard work <laughs> the other vermin lord. and then jumped in <laughs> took the hero kill and i imagine if there was a, a, a sixth turn to the game he would have just skittily himself back to scape and blight and went look what i did uh, <laughs> success <laughs> yeah. it was a complete success because yeah. I mean, in terms of kill points, you killed, you nearly tabled me, and mm. I actually I killed like twelve hundred of your army. You killed like everything but the deceiver. <laughs> well, there was one. No, no, I wouldn't even get that. It was less than a thousand. It was there was one point difference because I got the two points for killing a model next to yeah. the, the thing. So I think I was five and you were six. Yeah, was, I mean, uh, in terms of kill points, yeah, like, yeah. in terms oh, of yeah. who killed what and whose no, army, no, but you, you killed everything but the deceiver at the end of the game. But because of that, that deceiver shuriken kill, that yeah. was the major victory. On and it was it was actually amazing because I knew it was coming and, oh, and it, it was yeah. so perfect when it happened. Yeah, um, it, and it was amazing. It was as it was meant to be. Was it reminiscent of the end times? Yeah, very, very. very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it was an awesome game and and it was it felt this point as well actually. Uh, the reason why just to say um, the reason why I felt it safe to take that priority. Because uh, if not, because I, I could have given it to you and you still wouldn't have been able to hit me because the bolt throw was actually yeah. I don't think they wounded him because of the minus two. Um, but I took it because I was like, even if I go in and kill his hero and then he kills the receiver, I still have my chieftain hiding behind his house, so I still win. And then his minus came up and they rolled like a 10 on their charge or something. So, <laughs> so I took it for that reason alone. I was like, well, even if I mess up, then he's just going to charge me. But I guess and also. one wound to a dwarf, and my chieftain will be fine, and he won't. But, I, but also, <laughs> if you had given me the first turn I would have moved my hero back and then yeah. bubble wrapped him so you could opportunity would have been missed but um, um, I think I started two Giselles then yeah I had to do one wound so even without the bonuses they might have been able to get yeah it was it was well, a his shuriken which is what got him anyway yeah, he, so, it yeah. was necessary the shuriken had to do the kill it's like a boomerang that cuts his head off and goes back to him he's like bye <laughs> with, the, with the head still attached to the boomerang so he can be like okay thanks bye yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty. It, it was, was actually a really fun game. Yeah, yeah and fun. we were doing voices for the our characters time. as it happened. <laughs> so. I, remember, I think I remember. I kept walking around the whole place, and I came back, and I think from the start of the turn, it looked like Dan was quite far ahead. Like it looked like you were in a really strong position, and your heroes were just getting killed off. Yeah, and then I came back, and then I was like, "Oh, this looks very different." Because yeah, most of your army had disappeared. And there was loads of dwarves, and I was like. Oh, I mean, I knew I that was coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. But for someone like walking over it, I, I was like, I don't know which way this way is going to go. And then I was like, okay, right, where are the heroes? Like, what's happening? Because that's what matters. Yeah. I could see that the dwarves are obviously like surviving and killing your army. Yeah. But then I was like, I think I um, don't know who's going to win this. Well, like I said, that turn two priority, I had three heroes next to each other. If I'd have got that one, they'd have spread out for sure. Well, like, and that's. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would have just moved them around a lot. I also would have had a chance to hit without being hit back again with range. So, with yeah. the um, with deployment, that's why I kind of bunched a lot of my army together. So I was like, say he tries to bring those units forward, mm. they will probably have to be close enough that they'll all be threatened by my army, rather than spreading yeah. out and letting guys jump forward. And because one on one, I think my heroes are 
not really a match for a vermin lord. Um, well, but it, it just depends who gets the charge because like your yeah. slayer guy is like damage yeah. four. Oh, that's why I use an aggro to make sure. It'll just happen. murder. I, I also knew that my slayer guy was going to be masterable. He's the one you masterful, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, uh, and if he's even gets threatened in terms of cantrip, that's why I put the note. That's why I just you know them take them so that even regardless if he went first he couldn't get me mm. um, it was um, it was a depressing end to the guy who had killed a greater great unclean one than to yeah. the previous game this game <laughs> Captain he, Turn White yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the very best Just, yeah that's cool or the hairiest because uh, he's now called a slayer the bariest <laughs> yeah um, so yeah that so was so that ended on so you got a major, a major. Yeah, yeah so it would have been 10-0 and then you got what six, I think six to five six, yeah, six the last five. one was in the middle yeah so yeah. that's probably the one where although this, the game sounded quite close the score is probably the furthest yeah, apart like 16-5 yeah. so six to five no, but when you take on well, yeah, oh, so yeah. that's what I mean. The game was probably really close and could have gone either way. But uh, well, that was major, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like you said as well, like, so she one of those scenarios I felt most confident in. Then when I saw that I got someone who could hit me from range as well, mm. I was like, okay, this is like a much more difficult matchup than I think most would have been yeah. in that scenario. Yeah. Because um, like a lot of people, I can just screen and then shoot them. Yeah. So um, it's kind which of, I still did, just that he do it back. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's kind of cool though that that even with a major loss, sixteen five is. It's not like it's a super high scoring one. Like no. I didn't, I didn't have a major loss on a high scoring one where I got five and my opponent got thirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I thought it was an awesome game, and, and I actually knew... five for five is probably the highest score that anyone that lost got. Yeah. Because yeah. there weren't that many armies that had the the zero six the zeros and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Someone with a minor loss might have gotten more for the extra three points. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the the no, I just love that the the assassins too. straight up did what they do. They yeah. popped up, they sacrificed their entire army the to kill the, kill the heroes that they needed yeah, to do. Yeah. This is pretty much what happened. Yeah, there were a lot of dwarves still on the board, but but they're leaderless, and yeah. so they'll probably just degenerate. I to did drink. make a point of killing the slayers by the end of the game, though. I'm decided not letting <laughs> these raggers live. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Right. Which, with I think the warp theory did survive actually because he survived mm. one wound. I think he just smacked them back. And yeah, like nine. And I, I think they died. He died by mortal wounds from my slayers. So yeah, that's what's funny. It was in my turn, so I started with him first. I was like, I'm just gonna smack some raggers about. They couldn't. They couldn't <laughs> kill him with their with all of their attacks, but they could kill him in death. Um, yeah. So um, that's what happened. <laughs> cool. So that was the end of day one. Yeah, so that was the end of day one, and then yeah, so we stuck around for a little bit and had some drinks and stuff. Yeah, we? it wasn't as like there. Were, it didn't feel as much as a um, kind of like I think the other events where we've gone up to Brisbane and stuff like we've all gone like to a party. pub. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's local to us. It's not quite as. Um, but also the venue, just like it wasn't a pub. Like it's yes, quite there isolated. was a bar there. Yeah. But we were sitting kind of in in the hall, and it, yeah, it just didn't quite have the same atmosphere and numbers and stuff I guess I think to us because we're local um, yeah I mean yeah the venue you're right but even at you know Brisbane and Canberra we still went yeah. somewhere else I guess yeah like and said, actually, to everyone that. local probably just went home to families yeah. and stuff like that whereas yeah. up in Brisbane you're all staying there anyway so you might as well and we're all staying so together well so yeah so like I mean yeah. there's that part of it that I, um, that I do like about when we've gone to the tournaments in fact that's the reason to go for me is to do that stuff mm-hmm. and then the tournaments are nice on yeah. top of it yeah but it was still fun. I think next yeah. time I'd do it, I want to, I'll probably, um, when we've got like a, yeah, we've we've got a good venue to sit down in like a bar and stuff, I want to probably do like 
the Warhammer World style pub quiz that they do, which is like yeah. a Warhammer themed quiz and everything, yeah. which yeah. would be quite funny. That'd be cool. Um, so yeah, that's probably one of my plans for next year. Um, but it gave me time to start shuffling tables around for the morning for um, yeah. Zinch's Crystal Labyrinth. I started yeah. like the ones where we've made loads of realm gates. I started kind of putting them out in the position for the six portals. And yeah. stuff, so. You know what my favorite trivia question of all time is? What genre of film is the most commonly produced in the United States of America? Don't answer if you know it. Let's leave it to the listeners to figure it out. Should we go to break? Sure. And with that, we'll have a break. Sydney Slaughter 2017 was sponsored by Mercer Miniatures, who create and supply a fantastic range of alternative miniatures for all of your wargaming needs. Thanks again for sponsoring the event. Beards! And, and we're, we're back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, okay. And uh, like, we're just going to talk about, a bit more about beards. Yeah. So welcome to the Beard Hammer podcast. Um, what's your favorite thing about beards, guys? The texture. <laughs> <laughs> that was so confident. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just know what I like, okay? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Passionate about one thing. Um, there you go. So, Game Chris, Chris did a, a bit of a face when I said that. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, game four. Who's going first? Uh, Dan, Eric can go first. <sighs> I hate you all. Um, so, this was Zinch's Crystal Palace. No, Labyrinth. Crystal Labyrinth. It's not a shit football team, okay? <laughs> it's Crystal Labyrinth. Way better. Not Crystal Palace. <laughs> Way better. <laughs> Palace. Um, so, the... Basically, this was the Realm Gates one where you capture Realm Gates, you travel through board sections, and Realm Gates explode. Um, I played. It's <laughs> a good summary. I played Flesh Eater Quartz. Um, with, with two Terror Geists and a Lord on Zombie Dragon. Um, and this was against Dallas the Un American. Um, <laughs> so that was his nickname because he's. Name is Dallas, but he, he's not from America. Um, <laughs> just in case anyone was confused. Uh, I was wondering. Why, why he may also be un-American, but um, that's probably fair enough. And it, it, this was a, a really fun game. And it actually, were, while the end result was a major win to me, it was very, very close. Uh, in the final turn of the game, if, if he had gotten very lucky with his combats, I realized as we were fighting him, I was like, oh gosh, he if he knocks out all these units of mine, which he potentially could have, he will have all of these objectives and I'll have no way to get him back. Um, but then in that last combat, uh, a whole lot of stuff went my way. And um, in to, to quickly jump to the end of the game, the Belagar went through a, a portal, came out, and then just in the last turn of the last combat of the game, beat the bejesus out of a bunch of Crypt Horrors <laughs> and secured the last, the last objective. Um, for them by getting rid of here. The miners were there to help, but they didn't do anything. It was all him being a badass mother flipper. Um, <laughs> Cause I swore at the first part and then I didn't feel great about saying the F word. So I just went with flipper. Yeah. Fuck. Um, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You can say fuck. I was trying to bring a touch of class Sorry, um, by saying flipper. Um, <laughs> no, it was actually a really, really cool game. The only, the only objectives to explode were ones near my models. Like, they did a couple of wounds to his, but, like, the Slayer King died a noble death by getting exploded, as did a bunch of my dudes. Some of my men are trapped inside the, the labyrinth forever because they got trapped. Um, it was a very cool game. Slayers went through a portal turn one and tried to take out a, a Terrorgeist, but it, they didn't manage it, and then they just got turned into paste. Um, there are a couple of cool moments where... 
things shot through portals and then shot themselves or shot through portals and did crazy amounts of damage. But yeah. mostly quite was... a lot actually in round one, just going around the tables mm. of people rolling ones. Yeah. So like Eric's Thunder Tusk rolled a one and snowballed itself in the face. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was quite a few things where people were like, oh yeah, roll the one, shot myself, did loads of damage. So Yeah, but it was it was heaps of fun and, and I, I think I got lucky in that Dallas played a very defensive game and waited for me to come to him, which meant that my slow dwarves could finally actually move quickly because they could teleport as opposed to having to walk everywhere, which usually is what sucks about them. Um, but it, it was a, a really fun game and like really we were laughing about stuff like my... Uh, I, the command ability let you swap units using ethereal movement, and so I swapped a full strength unit of ironbreakers with an almost dead unit of longbeards, and that was in combat with his terrorgeist. And immediately his terrorgeist did that swallow hole or devour thing, six mortal wounds. So my lord teleported a bunch of guys, I assume, into the stomach of that terrorgeist. <laughs> um, he was just like, "Don't worry, guys, you'll be fine," and then just dropped them one hey, at a time into his open mouth. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a crazy fun game. Um, lots of lots of deathless minion saves, which I'm still after playing uh, Rob's Nurgle and then playing this. I'm emotionally scarred by five up save after saves, and given that I usually get to reroll my armor saves and ignore rend one, I now know how it feels, um, <laughs> and I don't like it. I like it when I get to do it. I don't care for it in my opponents, um, but uh, it was. Uh, it, Gambit doesn't like it either. No, no, Gambit, no, is, dog is Gambit not, is not dog happy is not with a death fan about that. He was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, ruler of the night, no. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome to see them there. And it, even though it did, like I said, even though it ended up in a major, it was actually a really close game. Um, and he ended up getting best death as well, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. did too. Um, he also got worse death. <laughs> and middle death. He was, he was um, the death player. He, yeah. Uh, so Don't yeah, it was... It, I think with maybe a, a different exploding gateway or a couple of rolls go here or there, it could have been a major against me, um, which was, yeah, really cool. It was a great game. And it was a totally normal turn priority game. We took turns with priority one after the other after the other. No one ever got a double turn. It was just a straight up regular <laughs> old game of Warhammer, which was actually kind of refreshing. Um, it was nice just going, okay, you, me, you, me. But the... It did benefit me a little bit always going second because you captured at the end of battle rounds, which meant yeah. that I could... You could always react to what he'd I could always command ability teleport or just use the realm gates to be where I needed to be. Yeah. Or if dudes were at risk of being cut off by exploding portals, I could try and get them out. Which didn't work for everybody, but it did work for most. Um, so yeah, that was my game. Uh, major win to the beards. Uh, beards. 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 Cool. cool. Yeah, I was... So this one... Um, obviously first game of day two, I had won all of my games day one, so playing the other top player, um, so I think he was the only other person that had won all three games day one. I think that's probably right. Um, so yeah, so really, really good player, uh, Ethan, um, he, he's got a, a lot of different armies that he plays, but he brought his, uh, Caradron Overlords, so this was the first time I'd ever faced Caradron Overlords, 
And I actually relished the opportunity to just see the models on the table because yeah, they look so good. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, I haven't actually seen them in the flesh until yeah. the tournament, so it was quite cool. Yeah, nice to see a real dwarf army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, oh. something, something with some movement, you know. You can't even see their beards. <laughs> they so, have a battle tomb. So, so much so much burn. Yeah. <laughs> real dwarves. Okay, let's wait until we get to the end. We talk about podiums, then we'll talk about real dwarves. All right, all right. Tell, you what, tell you what, there was so much burn there that Dan's dispossessed are in danger of being fire slayers. <laughs> 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 I hate you all. Terrible yeah. side. Uh, also, you yeah. just call me Dan. You just call me Dan. Shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the beardless. Sorry. There you go. There we go. Save. Uh, <laughs> I like you. They don't have beards. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, up against the Overlords, he was playing uh, Barrack Zulfin. So he had a Ironclad, um, two units of ten Thunderers, who one of, them, one of the ten squads had uh, all Mortars, and yeah. one had all... Ether cannons. Ether yeah. Um, yeah, so um, one was short range, one's long range. Um, and he had the 310 uh, units of uh, battle line, um, four ether chemists. Um, so he had the 4K meta. Um, yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which was fun. Um, and I think it was, it was a strong list. Um, had I versed him in any of the other scenarios, I think it would have been very one sided. Um, just because of the mechanics that his army has, um, but this this scenario definitely played into my favour. Um, so in setup, so I I found out the night before that I was playing against him, and um, I knew what his army did because I, I I've got the battle term. So I basically spent all night thinking about ways of setting up the army. Actually, not all night. I, really I, I, I was up most of the night. Yeah, like, you yeah. 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 If you're doing a podcast of Ash's night, it's him sitting up under blankets with a flashlight, just yeah. going like, okay, guys, we got this, yes. talking to his own army, being like, you can do it. Gorja, so, you are meta. I ended up um, deciding on spreading my army out across my entire battle, battle line. Um, but what I did, was because you have three different sections on your battle line, I had the majority of my stuff in the center, um, with a war chanter next to one of the portals and a mega boss next to the other one. So they would take any incoming fire if he took turn one. Um, I then had three Gorkrunters in either, um, either, either um, uh, outside objectives um, and they'd strung out in a line and this was where the general control came in enough that he couldn't fit his ironclad in either of those squares either. Yeah. So he had the option, he actually originally decided to take first turn, um, and he had a look around, saw if he could fit it, and he was like, Luke, do you mind if I go back and take second turn? And I'd sort of got my strategy around him giving me first turn anyway, so I was like, you know what, that's fine, so... <laughs> Such a gentleman. I, I, I let that go. Uh, you know um, what, this plays into my strategy perfectly. Uh, if yeah, I must. Yeah. to be fair, if he'd taken that turn, and he would have either had to drop the ship or save it for later. Yeah. If he dropped the ship anywhere else... Um, but then you score points. I score points, yeah. and he's risking shooting himself through the portals with everything, yeah. and there's a lot of shots. Um, so that was that worked really well, so I was happy with that deployment. And then, uh, so in my first turn, I sent my unit of brutes through one of the portals and a unit of our boys through the other. The brutes had plus one to hit from the war chanter, um, and the brutes also had a mystic shield on them. So I sent that all through. I had Inspiring Presence on the Brutes so that they wouldn't Battleshock off if he came down and started shooting them. And I sent them all into his center objectives where he had the three units of Arcanaut Company. Um, and between the two units in his first turn, I finished off all three units of Arcanaut Company. Um, so in my first turn, uh, I scored four points. So the two in 
um, my side and the two centers on his side. Um, and he brought down his ship in one of the sides near my Gorgontas. He got lucky with a, a shot. So he, he killed the Gorgontas in that side. I was expecting that. He got lucky with a shot from his, uh, his, well, the, the mortars. Yeah. Um, through a portal, it doubled and came out the other side with my other Gorgontas. Oh, God. So. How many shots was that? Like 40? He double tapped him, so yeah. yeah, forty shots. It would have been shots. firing thirty, right? If he doubled, he du- yeah, so thirty, 30 so shots. So it would have been sixty. But what? He yeah, would have doubled his hits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think yeah, he, he just wiped them both of my Gorgon units out. So that sort of stopped me from scoring those outside objectives. Yeah. But because of the way I deployed, he couldn't get to the objectives either. So he scored nothing in that first turn. Um, so I was up four zero. Um, then in the second turn, um. I think I won priority and I gave it to him um, because he had the option of moving towards a portal and going through it with his ship, but nothing else could get to a portal to move in the that movement phase, so he was still stuck in one board edge with nothing else in that side with him. Um, so he did that, he, he moved his ship through and sent it to a, an empty square um, and just sat it on an objective, basically. And was the ship loaded with men? or No, there was nothing in the ship. Yeah. He'd taken everything. So he'd rolled a one. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, so in that turn, he rolled a one with his mortars, so they came back and hit themselves. Oh, that was double when I was watching, them. yeah. Yeah, he had double-tapped them, but he only killed five of his own guys. Yeah, he got oh, really lucky. Because so on lucky. averages, he should have killed ten. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, well, he did 15 wounds to um, Gold Runters the turn before. So yeah. that, yeah, so... That was a bit unlucky. Um, so he still had the mortars there. He still had pretty much the rest of his army. He he shot the um, the uh, the close range ones. Ether cannon. Ether cannon. So bad at remembering them. So shot those through one of the other portals, and they all came out into the war chanter. So he got burned real hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he literally stopped existing. He was. He, he was. Yeah. One minute he was there, the next minute he wasn't even <laughs> atoms. He it was, was. It was pretty graphic. Um, but he was the only one that got hit because he was the closest. So that was pretty handy as well. Um, so at the end of his turn, uh, he had one of the objectives under his control from the ironclad. I sent Gordrak through an object through one of the portals with my weird knob there to re-roll in case he failed. Yep. Um, and my bridge and my art boys were too far away from the portals to to get back through that turn, so I had to just sort of consolidate back towards the portals to bring them out. Um, so I sent Gordrak through and smashed into his line. I used Gordrak command ability on himself, so he had the extra two attacks and three six to charge. So he got a big nine inch charge that dropped him in the middle of his army. I realized belatedly I shouldn't have done that. Um, I should have just charged him three inches into the edge of it um, because what it meant was that Gorgia has minus three attacks from the three ether chemists that were near him. Mm-hmm. So he had plus two attacks, oh. so it was only minus one, but yeah. it meant that he, he killed the unit of um, ether cannons. Because does it do it to every weapon he has? Every weapon he has. Oh, so the fists and everything. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So he killed the unit of ether cannons and he killed a chemist in, on the charge um, and he... Did a couple of wounds to one of the other chemists, I think. Um, but it wasn't enough, and there was a big unit of, I think they only had six at that point, um, of the Sky Riggers. Endron Riggers. Um, so they were in range to, to get to Gordrak, um, and they tear up in combat. They're yeah, so, they, they so good. Off, yeah. Um, yeah, hitting on twos, winning on threes. Yeah, minus two potentially re-rolling one. Yeah, because he's a flyer and he had that. Yeah, yeah. with the Zilfin. So, so re-roll ones to hit and wound. And wound. Hitting on 
two. two. Hitting on threes, hitting on threes, winning on twos. Yeah. Multiple um, like chemist stack buffs or no? not? Because this not was in my turn. turn. Okay. Um, but it was enough, and he took Gordrak off yeah. in my turn. So, well, they've run two damage to yeah. three. So, yeah. Yeah. so that that was unfortunate. Um, but it was a tactical error on my side. If I just sat on one side of the chemists, he would have had to then choose to shoot Gordrak or charge Gordrak or choose the objectives. Yeah. Um, so that sort of freed him up to do what he wanted there. Um, so that was that was in my second turn. So I still had three points because I had the two on his side and one on my side because um, he had his. Uh, flyer his big ironclad um, uh, countering my score on that objective so yeah uh, so it, was it has to be there. no enemy model, yeah so, so I, w- I was up 7-1 in the second turn um, and it was looking really good I, I think he won that priority that time um, and he took it and he got really lucky so he threw he shot some I say he got really lucky he, he made the right decision um, but he shot through the portal with his um, with his mortars, the five remaining, the five remaining mortars. Um, it doubled and came out onto my brutes. Um, so he wiped out. I think it was seven. Uh, it was six of the squad that he took out in that shooting phase. Um, the rest of his shooting went random places and didn't do anything. But just having done that, um, it meant that I had to roll the battle shock. I rolled a five. Yeah. Um, if I'd rolled a one, I would have had that objective still. And then also had the brute still to contest with his objective, um, but what it meant was at that turn one of the uh, portals near my weird knob exploded, um, and then the next turn the other portal near him exploded, so you can get out. So yeah, I had my weird knob stuck in a um, a square on his own, and then no, which also boring. means you can't cast spells through. Exactly. So um, cured of himself. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to put have got myself to end the game, but <laughs> <laughs> Gork was like, I won't let you die yeah. in such a pathetic way. No, I'm going to leave you trapped there. Yeah, so uh, so that was unfortunate, the weather, um, where the portals exploded, and if it had been anywhere else, it could have made a massive difference. But um, in the end, he got the major because he was free to move around in the yeah. fourth turn. Um, but I won on victory points, 8-6. <laughs> cool. So it would have been a minor win um, if I had not got stuck, basically. Um, so that ended up 16-8. Yeah, 16-8. So he got a major, but because you got more VPs, they actually narrowed it by two points. I think Destruction is one of the biggest threats for Overlords, Overlords, having played them a fair bit myself, um, because especially with their skyboats, with their their vessels, the rules say that when they're destroyed, before you remove the model, everybody on board needs to disembark within three inches. Meaning, also, it is before you move, so you can't put it. You can't take the model away and then put them down. They come out and then you remove it. Meaning, if you can't, I thought you were about to go. Oh, it was totally played that they went in the space, and that would have changed the whole game. And and then, (laughs) if you and and you need to be three inches away from enemy enemy models. Yeah. So if you're killed in combat by something that has even two thirds of your thing wrapped up the vast majority of everything inside dies. Yeah. And it still needs to roll to bail out and on ones it dies. Meaning that I think uh, destruction Aging in a too. different... You said in a different scenario, it would have been a bit more one-sided. I think you might find that if you had had a straight-up fight and maybe got lucky in first-turn charges or something, you potentially could have wrapped it up and done enough damage that stuff died inside. But his ship wouldn't have been... Yeah, yeah, that's there, true. So he, it was yeah, I still could have killed dropped. his Arcanaut, but then he could have yeah. dropped anywhere he wanted and yeah. taken off a significant chunk of my army. Yeah. But yeah, if he'd left me with 
10 bricks mm-hmm. that I could wrap around this thing because with the 3d6 charge from Gordrak as yeah. well. Oh, it's, 10 bricks would kill an ironclad easy. It's oh, just, yeah. yeah, it's just something that I've spoken to a couple of other players who are playing overlords who don't know that that is the rule that mm-hmm. when you bail out you leave the, the thing the ship there you go out within everyone needs to be within three inches yeah and three inches away from enemies meaning that if you're in combat yeah if you've got 10 just 10 guys in there and your opponent has even a small 25 millimeter force wrapping around at maximum yeah the odds are you're losing models coming out yeah you have to come out in coherency as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah so so it's uh, it's dangerous for them having models inside a sky. It is. They do have the slightly more beneficial rule of it's not the same as deadly. Like when you roll a one, you just if there's like eighteen models on the ship, including characters and stuff, you don't have to roll separately like you would for deadly. You just roll eighteen dice, mm-hmm. and then if you get three ones, you pick which three models oh, you okay, want right. to kill. I would have thought you'd have to do units separately. No, no it's, yeah. it's just models, and you pick which ones you want to kill. Okay, it's the same. In the new so it's rules. not quite as yeah. punishing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like you charge through woods and you don't lose a brute and gore hackers and stuff on ones yeah, that, that <laughs> happened <laughs> although the rule says um, if it's destroyed the passengers immediately bail out roll a dice for each model embarked within it for each roll of a one a model from that model's unit your okay. choice is slain okay so you would so actually you would, character, yeah, so, so if a character rolls a one the character is dead but you can choose which model but like yeah models yeah. from so if it's like choose which you don't normal Arcanoth, yeah, to be honest, it's probably not going to make much of an impact then because anyone taking, well, most people taking Thunderers at the moment, they're all armed the same. Yeah. And then no one's really going to put their Arcanaut company in I put the ships at the moment. In it. 20 okay. Arcanauts with six stabby sticks. Oh, yeah. Okay, Skypikes. Stabby sticks. Okay. Yeah. Double tap Skypikes. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, in that case, you would just remove normal guys and keep your Skypikes. Yeah, exactly. But, but it, it's, I, I think it's something that a lot of people try to be cheeky with. Take the boat, put the guys where the boat was. Yeah, okay. But that's not it. However, it, d- it does help me because then I use that to move forward so I get yeah. an extra three-inch move. Uh-huh. I'd be interested to see how a game goes. Mm-hmm. Against, against he was the, playing... It's probably the strongest list at the moment. Like, mm-hmm. Once chemists can't stack, which I'm barely certain will happen with new generals really hoping like it needs to because otherwise (laughs) but it'll go both ways as well it means that they can't stack the negative as well i think like i think if they make a rule in the new general's handbook which says you can't stack effects oh it'll be any ability of the same name so that's why i'm like you know where gordrak lost three attacks i think in the next general's handbook he won't be able to lose three he'll only lose one yeah um, um, however, it, it it definitely is worded in um, not like the corn banner thing in that it's worded saying for every model like within it's not saying you get affected by this rule it just yeah. says you lose it yeah um, so at um, the moment technically it works but yeah I think once once that goes away like don't get me wrong it'll still be strong for anyone that is gonna either spend an mm. insane amount of money or put in time to convert and to be fair to Ethan like he done really really good job on yeah. converting all of the guys so that they all all the ones with mortars all had more like i was looking at them and going so is this the thing and he's like no that's not a real one and i'm like oh and i, I looked at it and because they're quite a weird shaped gun mm. and i was like well, where's that part come from he's like oh it's from a gyrocopter i was like oh that's really cool like yeah he'd done a really solid job on converting them all to, so that you yeah. couldn't see yeah. that they weren't the actual stock model or something. It was absolutely clear which ones were which mm. as yeah. well. And, so. and that's something, like, when he submitted his list to me, I said, I, like, I just double checked. I was like, I just want to make sure it, that these 10 are, you've got the models or you've done, like, decent conversions. Like, mm. I was like, if you've put 10 handguns 
onto these like overlords it's not gonna wash yeah. and he was like he sent me photos and i was like okay no they look fine and then yeah i was looking at the army and i was genuinely like is this a real one or is or is this a yeah. real yeah so he he done such a good job and his ship that was painted it looks really good so yeah, when he's yeah. got the army done it'll be so cool to see and he's a really good opponent to play as well he's very laid back not too like yeah he seemed like a really nice guy i i I hadn't really spoken to him before. I'd seen him at GameCube one time, but yeah. never really spoken to him. Um, but yeah, he's, he was a really nice guy. It was funny. He was walking around. like He'd walk over to me every time we handed his um, book in at the end of the game. Like when he killed people, just going, there's just no training with some people. And then he'd be, like <laughs> handing me his book, which is brilliant because that's the, um, that's the name of the footnote, which lets you just go do d3 extra wounds. mortal wounds when a unit gets wounded so you leave a character on one wound and you just go yeah gonna yeah. use my footnote d3, d3. Yeah. yeah you point at the dice and go <laughs> d3 <laughs> and it and it just dies but and yeah it, it was great use. every time he's just like <laughs> there's just no training some people shaking his head it was so funny yeah so i reckon you'll find once the the list gets a bit more of run you'll see fumigators come out i i I, everybody wrote them off and I've been using that to pick them up because everybody's trying to get rid of them and I have so many and I'm not going to do big units because I think they're the I was going to say I don't actually know the rules for fuming do they have high rend? no they're D3, they're 9 inch range D3 shots per model hitting on 3s wounding on 2s rend 1 damage 1 so on paper if you were like ether cannon or that you go ether cannon however they are the only weapon that works in a 5 and doesn't need a chemist to be viable if you think about the ether cannons and the Grunstock Mortars, you're not getting the, the best value out of them unless they're being chemists. If they've got a chemist touching them yeah. or two. Yeah. Those guys, you put five just to support. They pop out some Endron Riggers charge and they just flame to, to do a few wounds or clear chat. I reckon that... that the they, problem is that you won't be able to do that on the first hand that you... I'm yeah. assuming you drop down. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. So if, if you don't... Actually, take, you could because you drop nine and then you no, you've got to stay up. You've got to stay now. But I think that only... That's only if you're running Zilfin. Yeah. And yeah. only if you, you drop. See, Zilfin also have another rule that lets you move one ship in the hero phase. Yeah. Meaning that turn one, you could move a frigate 12, pop yeah. out, move, and then shoot. Yeah. yeah. So it's... Uh, I think yeah. Anyway, getting oh, there's definitely that's a, that, that, there's that, definitely a lot of options. That's a tactic thing, but I just I think, think you'll see a lot more Endron riggers yeah, once yeah. the chemist stack goes I because they are the unit that doesn't like they are the unit that one chemist stack on them makes them brilliant. Yeah, like a unit of nine of them with a chemist stack and a couple of grapnels, you're going to see yeah, everywhere. Four when they hit me, <laughs> you're going to see it everywhere because they are yeah. like 360 points. You've got a 75% chance of grappling. You've got, what, three gunshots per model for the sevens? You've got like 21 yeah, shots yeah. that are like threes and threes, rend one, with the 12-inch move, and then... Uh, so you've got like inch a 21-inch threat range for the shooting, yeah. and then they can grapnel to something on a 75% chance of it going off, and then you've got two attacks per model, threes and twos, rend two, damage d And because you buff them in the hero phase, you can keep your chemists safe after it as well. It's, yeah. They're going to be so good. I so. have 12 in my list. Yeah. yeah. I want to put them in Sylvaneth. <coughs> I'm going to put them in Winterleaf. Yeah. And just gra- grapnel to trees, not Ironbuck. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it to <laughs> trees. talking about doing them in Ironbuck. Yeah, he's going to do it. I think a lot of people do it in Ironbuck, but I like it in Winterleaf because... They're just going to ruin Chaos because Winterleaf units reroll hits and wounds of one against Chaos. Oh. So then you'll be like hitting on threes, rerolling ones, like wounding on twos, rerolling ones. ones. Yeah. And you just and also because you're Sylvaneth and you're setting up Wildwoods everywhere, which are terrain, you go, where do I need my unit to be? I'll put a Wildwood over there, grapnel to it, and then just saw people. Also, I guess the, yeah, the question will be, 
it'll be in the FAQs, and I think they will say it's retreating, but if you grapple out of combat, is that retreating? I think they basically said any kind of movement, if yeah, you yeah. use it to leave combat, it's a retreat. Yeah, cool. yeah. What, was in the last what about it's skid leap? It's going to leap to retreat. If you go. Oh, is it? Oh, any, I always played it that way. In the new FAQ, it basically says any okay, kind cool. of move, if you're leaving combat yeah. through movement, mm-hmm. you've retreated. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about that, though, is that it's not actually a shooting attack. It's an ability. So yeah. say someone's got something like Lord of War that negs your shooting or something, negs you to hit. You go, well, I still hit your big gribbly 10 wound monster yeah. on a 4 Well, that came up, actually, in, in your game. Um, with Ethan yeah because he tried to shoot the deceiver he was going to shoot the deceiver and he's like oh I won't shoot him because I'm minus two and I was like it was oh, no. I was like it's matter. not a shooting attack like you'll yeah. still be a four yeah. but yeah. Um, anyway, but for we... some reason their grappling hooks are way more accurate than the rest of their guns <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's happening I don't even know all I know is <laughs> let's go this way half the time I hit something half the time I don't what if there's a storm I don't know <laughs> it's a really good grappling hook hold on boys I painted speed stripes on the side <laughs> Um, but yeah, we digress. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that sounds like a really cool game. There was one I kept coming over to watch. It was good. I was curious because I I did actually say I think I was saying maybe to Dan the night before. I was like, I think in this scenario, Ash, like I was like, I think you have a chance of taking it yeah. down because of how fast you can go and you can get through the portals. And, All those six. And also, I was just like, to be honest, you can pretty much just put a model in a square yeah. because of the size of the boat and being nine away. You still had to be nine away through the walls, mm. and then just because of physically not being able to fit on the walls, I was mm. like, actually, you could just go through all the portals and go. There's no way you can put your boat. Yeah. And I, because I, all his guns were in the boat, like you wouldn't I was take so any happy damage. When he put everything in the boat when he deployed. I was like, he has to choose now if he wants to take the first turn. Or choose if you want to take the first turn or leave something out of the boat. And that's a tough choice for him. Mm. I realized as well in my first turn movement when I put my Gorgrunters on the diagonals to claim the two objectives, if I'd had them just in a straight line from the center of the, the center objective straight towards the middle, he couldn't have fit in the board. So he could have put his boat down, but he couldn't have fit any guys out. Yeah. So that would have been a better choice because he would have had his boat to shoot. And then I still had this objective, probably still that one, because boat's not going to kill three yeah. Zilfin is at the moment the strongest choice out of the list but I think when people realise how to deal with the drop boat yeah, yeah. it's the same with any of the drop armies yeah. that you, well that's you know, the thing especially against. when it's like I I'm fairly confident I could take it with my Sylvaneth yeah. army yeah. because I just screen my important stuff with a unit of dryads mm-hmm. meaning the stuff that will hurt my tree lords is the Ren 2 cannons, yeah, but they're only 12 range. inch range. So, so you create a wall with your dryads. It has to drop down outside of them. Its cannons are not in range. And I don't care about mortars because I have a two up savory rolling yeah. ones. And the Colonel Hunters won't care because the they thing... have enough armor as well. So then I've all got bows on my stuff. So once he's down and he shoots me with his mortars, I shrug it off and then I just kill him. The other thing but... that is that you can also leave gaps in your deployment. So you don't have to completely deny their zone. You just have to leave it so they can fit a boat and nothing else. Yeah. And then it's like, if you want to put your boat there, go for it. But I'm going to then kill you them. You can't get so... your men out. Yeah. I think the thing to remember though is that Zilfin then have that other ability where they just have a free move with a boat. So yeah. they might choose not to drop the boat at all, just put it on their front line, move 8, 12, whatever it is. They then, can't use... Yeah, they can't use that when they drop down. But, no, but yeah. if if I put it just in my regular deployment, have a move, unload everything, then that gets to move. Yeah. If it's Endrin Riggers and stuff, they're probably three inches away. A lot yeah. of other stuff will be in range. So it's... Zilfin is a very... Uh, flexible list. That's where I think the Endrin Riggers are important. Yeah. Because they're the thing that gets past 
the screening wall, yeah. especially when the screening wall gets shot off. Yeah. The engine riggers can, although they can't move so far because it counts as their movement when they drop down. No, it doesn't. They do it at the hero phase and then they can then do everything. Uh, yeah. So they can move 12. They can move 12, grappling 24, yeah. and then shoot. And so they just grapple <coughs> to the tree lord. Yeah. yeah. But, nah, it's hey, buddy. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah, so that ended up a major to Ethan. Yeah. So major loss to you, but um, yeah, so you still got a good, still eight, got a good eight, points. eight to 16. So that's yeah. pretty good for a major loss. Yeah. An honorable major loss. An honorable major loss. Um, Eric? I just Eric just went. I went first. Yeah, the actual Dan. You called me Dan as well. Yeah. Real, real Dan. Victoria's <laughs> Dan. 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 Uh, I was just starting to forget now. I was thinking of actually played him in the Stormcast one and he put everything on the boat. I actually think I could have zoned him out on the entire board. So I got him in the fifth round, but now I'm wishing I got him in the fourth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, my fourth game was against Stormcast. Uh, it was Mike who Ash played around too, so he's already kind of gone through his army. Um, it was an interesting game. It was really uh, close the first few turns um, in particular. Uh, I took Cunning Deceiver for that one. Um, yeah, it's a lot of shooting. He had a lot of shooting. Also, because it's so easy to get into combat and through going through the wrong gates, and I didn't really go through them as much. And the things I did put through wrong gates were wizards. So I was quite relaxed. I didn't lose anything going through wrong gates. He did lose some throughout the course of the game. Um, but basically, I just parked some Gisales in the corner, um, and they were next to some inspiring terrain and um, had access to two wrong gates to shoot through. So I actually decided very early on that I was going to split my fire in case I shot myself. Yeah, that so was clever. I was splitting, maybe. shooting five through one wrong gate and four through another. Um, and then I, I did lose a couple. Um, Jadale's actually killed something in combat for the first time ever, which is he dropped down the prosecutors. Yeah. Uh, they did a 3d6 charge, bats off the Jadale's, and the Jadale's actually killed one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes, Jadale's OP. Um... Yeah, and really the thing that I thought with this scenario is, because this is one, again, I already had planned for, because when I played Ash before it, which was Lord of Wasp and Gisales, skiddle them and swap places with them using the command ability, but because there was no obvious target, and that would just leave the Gisales exposed, um, I was thinking more about sort of area denial, um, zone denial, sorry, with uh, the Stormcasts that were dropping. Um, actually outdropped him, so I got to decide who went first, and I decided to take it knowing that you score at the end of the battle round, and I think I got the second priority as well. So um, really, I kind of went with the strategy of I'm just going to kill what I need to kill and then try and score in the later round. So I think the first turn, he was 3-2. and two. The next turn, it was 2-2. and two. Then it was 2-1. and one. So by the fourth battle round, we were drawing. But by that point, I was in control of the board so that I knew the last couple of turns I could probably take it from him, um, which, well, basically I did. So I ended up getting a major in the end with... Um, but focus firing the right units. Um, I sent Snitch in the Warlock again after his general, and I got him in the second round of combat in his turn. Uh, Cunning Deceiver was absolutely the right choice and really kept me alive to then hit him again in the second turn. Um, and when the rugged started exploding, the first rugged had exploded was one that I was controlling in an area that he had nothing by. It was the worst possible one that could have exploded did. And killed my clan rats. <laughs> um, I did force him to drop a unit of... Um, I can't remember their names because all the Stormcast ones they start the same I've not, I've not what, really played what do they look like? something Ata something I the Ata's yeah I think they were um, was it the guys with the long strike crossbows? no was it the guys with the not long crossbows? yeah those was the guys judicators the regular these they hit pretty hard they have like do they have big hammers? yes retributors I think it might have been them. So what I did I told is, you it was an Uta. You were right. <laughs> um, basically, they dropped it right in the corner of one of mine, knowing that I have a Realm Gate, which I was holding with two units of counter but I also had the warp sister in there. 
So I howling warp girled him so he couldn't get me. So he had to drop right in the corner because the only place he could fit. Um, and then he couldn't run and he had to half his charge. So I can guarantee that he couldn't. And I moved my chieftain away just to yeah. make sure in case you've got like a lucky roll. So I knew I was definitely getting another round before getting hit by them. I think he won the following priority, but by that point it was kind of, um, it happened already. In the middle section of my deployment, I put all 30 night runners, leaving an eight and a half inch gap radius around so you couldn't drop in there at all. Um, and they kept that for the, the entire game, basically. I think in the fifth round, That was one the of them, big M that yeah, you, I, you laid much, out on the board. No, it's, before they were kind of like, it's more like a space of like a ship but then when he, he killed a couple of shootings so I have to take some off in the middle and it doesn't look like an M by the end of it um, so I'm trying to remember what I master bowled in that game oh I think the uh, Lord Relictor yeah um, or Castellan one of them it is big banner <laughs> Relictor. Uh, Relictor yeah um, yeah he got master bowled um, and yeah uh, really just throughout the process of the game like once the Turn four, uh, by turn four, um, I was drawing again, but the way that the board was set and what was left, I was controlling the board. So even the guy, I think he won the priority for turn four, but even then, um, with having his chance to hit me, I, I was still controlling the board enough that I knew that I could get over with it. In the fifth turn, he had, a, he had one model that was trapped that couldn't get out from a realm gate exploding. Uh, the fifth gate that went off actually killed my gutter runners that stood on the other side of it <laughs> um, and hit my warp sith. And it was like one of the only games where both Vermin Lords survived <laughs> and the Gisales. So, um, Protected by Zinch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Zinch likes demons. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think he, he sent something through the round gate in the fifth turn. He won the party in the fifth turn. Um, I think a couple of things died in the round gate. Some what was left, I just shut off with Gisales in my turn. And even then, I had the Deceiver to finish them. So I got a major at the end of it. And if, don't remember if I tabled him, but I think... No, he's had that one model that was still trapped. I think he had two Judicators on the board. Yeah, he had like an archer. And a Castellant yeah. standing by a gate. Yeah, it was a destroyed gate, though, that he couldn't get out of. Yeah. Um, so I managed to get the major with that one. But it was actually interesting because he had sort of um, no obvious target. It's not like, it, it's like what am I going to go for first? What's most important? There was nothing that was not important, but nothing that was so important that I had a target. And my army's really good at picking up something big. Yeah. Um, he had a bit of everything. So, he had a, yeah, which a lot is, of diversity. Like MSU is good. It's kind of like it's my preferred style of play. I think generally, I, I actually think the way that Edge of Sigma works, needing to be in lots of different places and needing chaff units and stuff like that. Having multiple my targets, armies yeah. generally favour MSU in my style. The only issue he had is that with Stormcast, I think you have so many formations and it makes them really strong. You you should be taking formations, and he didn't have any. Yeah. Um, which is where I think his list has a lot of room for tuning. So he had lots of stuff. So it's good because it allowed him to still compete in every scenario because he had, if he needs fast units, he's got them. If he needs hard units, he's got the Dracots. If he needs light <coughs> kind of probing range units, he's got the Prosecutors. He's got range from the Judicators. He's still got Liberators. He's got a heavy hitting combat unit in um, Retributors. Um, he's got a few good buffing characters. But the only problem was he had, he had none of the stuff to make their kind of teleporting and stuff really good. So like you said, he could drop down nine but, and yes, everything has to be kind of nine away, but as soon as they're down and they don't make the charge, then they just Sitting die. Backs. 
because they yeah. hate mortal wounds. They're not actually that hard to kill, and they're expensive for what they are, like retributors. Yeah. So you need that's where you need the formation, like a hammer strike force, where you can just fly prosecutors, guaranteed, pretty much get them in three inches away and get them in and get the work from them. So even if it's just changing that, because I think he had two units of paladins, a unit of prosecutors. Yeah. Like that's it. That's a hammer strike force. He just needs to drop 120 points somewhere and put it in, and it mm-hmm. gets some extra item. So he's got loads of room to tweak it and make it stronger. But Unless yeah. you roll the nine for your charge, in which case bad things happen. I think like Dan, Dan halving his charge. That was, that was one unit. He had another unit that dropped the same uh, board of the Dizales and managed to charge some clan rats. Fun and fact. Then I just shut them off. Yeah. So. He did drop nine away and managed to charge against me, uh, yeah. which, which goes the other way. And then you're just yeah, like, he, he oh my god. Why make it stop? Please, Daddy, make it stop. You didn't pay anything for this to happen. <laughs> Your miners did that, so it will. Like, it will happen, and yeah. they did need to be nine away to yeah. balance it across all the armies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's so many strong formations in yeah. Stormcast. I think if you're writing a competitive it's list, it's going to have formations in. I think you're right. If you drop ten liberators out of that ten man squad, oh, sorry, five liberators out of that ten man squad, and had that formation, that would have been enough to make the difference. To yeah. Just yeah. getting them in, get more, just yeah. going, oh, because you can drop both down. Yeah. And you, they're not in the sky on three ups. Yeah. So you can get them down when you need them and until you need them, and they can't get them. hurt. Yeah. And prosecutors are fast anyway. Yeah. Like they've got a 12 inch move. If you need, you can run them. Yeah. And then dropping six away, you can deploy 24 inches mm-hmm. apart from your opponent and you can still get fairly close. Especially okay. if you sit back a little bit and let your opponent go first turn or something like that. Yeah. I think um, this scenario made it easier to zone him, which is why I went first. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, having that nine inches away in those twenty-four inch squares was like quite quite interesting to because yeah, you didn't have to have everything spread out as much. No. You just have to spread out enough that they can't fit the entire square. unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's something that I noticed when I when me and James had our game. Like it wasn't even necessarily intentional. He'd just gone to capture all the gates, and it was like skeletons here, Vargas on the other side, and I was like measuring nine, going, "Where can I go? Where can I go between?" <laughs> and there's just enough space, and then he kind of went. Oh shit! If I'd thought about that, I would have been able to just space these out, yeah. still hold the gates, and you couldn't have come down. So yeah. I was like, ah. but yeah, that's no, cool. So yeah, cool. So that was everyone's round four. Yeah. yeah. So we'll take another quick break, and then we'll come back with last game, and then kind of wrap up overall results and kind of last thoughts. Yeah. Cool. Sydney Slaughter 2017 was hosted by Company of Dice at their venue in South Coogee Bowls Club. They meet monthly on the first Saturday of every month for a big games day, which includes games from various game systems, including Warhammer Age of Sigma, Warhammer 40k, and many others. Thanks again for hosting the event. Beards! Alright, so... Yeah, my turn. Good to meet you there, yeah. Cool. So, (laughs) time for, yeah, final game, uh, wrap-ups, and, yeah, thoughts. I guess we'll discuss... And Weight Watchers food. Yeah, we'll discuss a little bit on the pack and the composition and scoring and stuff like that at the end. Um, Dan, you go for your game first. Okay, Uh, sure. Not you, Eric. Uh, I played, I'm actually really glad that you, you Ash went into a lot of detail about the Overlord because I don't know how to explain the army at all. So I'm glad that's already on the on the um, recording because not only had I not played them before either, but I don't own their book and I have no idea what they did. I just heard the chemists <laughs> were scary. So and apparently there's something that needs to change about them in the next book. That's all I had going into this, and because it was between games as well. Like um, it was literally when I got back into the hall to the start of the last yeah. game. I was like, oh, I'm playing this. And because I'd already got a loss, it didn't really enter my head that that might happen. Uh, I thought I was actually going to get Ash. 
um, or Anthony Magro because <laughs> uh, I didn't know everyone else's results. So um, I saw I got it. I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. Straight away, I just thought I just need to, um, the way it was set up, um, I thought he might give me first turn. Um, and I was just going to use it as an opportunity to try and zone the board out, basically. So um, for the most part, I did that. There was a mistake. I mean, I've actually got a photo. I can even send it through. And the, the mistake is really clear in the photo. Yeah, I'll, also, I'll put it in the show yeah, notes. But it, it's also one of those where like, I didn't know. I think I had a unit of clan rats who rolled really low in their run. I also had a unit of night runners that really, rolled really low in their run. So I thought that zone was going to be safe. And because skiddle leap happens in the hero phase, not the movement phase, I have to picture in my head what the board's going to look like before I put that model down. So I'd only decided that I was going to um, basically put my Giselles on the corner with Damned. I was going to take Cunning Deceiver for when he got out and shot me and then just swarm Clan Rats around the middle with Inferti Never Banner. But I also wanted to make sure that his... Um, I knew he had a unit with like a 32 or 36 inch fret range. Um, so I just wanted to make sure with him dropping 9 away he couldn't get my Giselles and he couldn't get my Banner because that was what was going to score me in the middle. So... Um, Basically, I he made me go first. I think that was a fatal error on his part because he just was dropped down and shot me. Um, it just gave me an opportunity to completely swarm the board, so I did. Um, I the night runners ran before the game. They ran five, so they moved twelve. Um, so they ran to the halfway point, and then and that happens before you decide first turn. Then he's like, "You can have it." I was like, "Cool." I don't know why you're doing this. And then they ran again, and I rolled a one, and it wasn't enough. <laughs> but um, I, I just literally spread the whole board out. He had a few units down. Um, I'd already skiddle-eat uh, the Warlock onto a piece of Arcane Terrain on the other side of the board, and that's ultimately what was ended up being placed wrong. Um, basically, I was trying to force him to drop in the corner, nowhere near any of the objectives. So I had the Deceiver on one objective, who's minus two to shoot, so not worried about that. Has a Chaos Talisman. Then on the other side, the side of the Night Runners, I started Deathmaster Snitch on the table. I didn't put him in hiding, because you can only be targeted with shooting and magic within six inches. And I was planning on making him drop the other side of the board and not being able to get to the whole game. And that's actually what happened. Um, he, I think the bottom of turn five, he did eventually kill him. But I'd already scored every turn with him by that point. So he actually scored um, five points throughout. What turned up being the error is that I left a small gap where he could drop and then in his turn two move in the middle. And it's actually turn two. Uh, um, this is in the middle with your Warlock. So you placed him kind of... The slightly to the side. I was literally section. trying to force him to the corner is yeah. what I was trying to So I put my gutter runners on my board edge. So he couldn't drop behind me or next to me. I left. Uh, I made. I measured his base and I made sure he couldn't fit behind on my side. Um, I was just trying to force him to drop in his own corner, away from all objectives. Um, but I didn't know that he could make those chainsaw guys really. Um, so it like just appear three inches away and then charge me and buff them before chemists, which is what happened in his second Using turn. The, um, the yeah, grapnel guns. Yeah, yeah, um, which you know, well, that did happen, and uh, and then he cut up my deceiver for lack of a better term. <laughs> Um, and he also uh, a howling warp guild one chemist um, as well, uh, which he managed to get a chemist in, and that actually got him one point. For, I think he rolled like an eight on the charge, which is what he needed, and that made him get a point to score in his second turn, which ultimately got him a draw, rolling an eight on a charge. <laughs> <laughs> also, in the middle bit, um, I had six people, six models contesting in the middle bit, where you score three, and he had seven. And I think that was just down to how he'd rolled when he shot me. That's just how many were left of these two kind of units and this night runner unit. Um, and like I said, I took Cunning Deceiver. So the first battle round, he um, was at negatives to hit me. He couldn't, didn't even try and shoot the Deceiver because he's minus three to shoot. So half of his army couldn't even target it. Um, 
basically just zoned them out and stalled. And that was I was trying to win the game without killing anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was working well until like, <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it too. It's, it's um, I know that in the Heroes podcast, Clint mentioned when I played him at Brizcon, basically a similar strategy where I was on track for a major in like three places of power without having killed anything. And I was just trying to outpoint him and just let him table me, but by the time he tabled me, it would have been too late. Um, and I think I got confused by a uh, objective marker that was mine with some racks in it. So I just thought, oh, it's one of my models. And then he just charged the Mongol and killed the Warpsy, and then the second one got him, got him the next time. Um, so I, I forced him to drop to the side of the board I wanted to. He couldn't take everything out of the ship. He did shoot me, and he did manage to grapple gun into combat with my deceiver, which is ultimately... And then he rolled a really high roll on his chemist charge. Which is what got him into combat with my gutter runners. Um, and that basically resulted in him, the unit that stayed on the ship but couldn't get out, then got off the ship in the second turn, and that's yeah. what dropped around the objective. Yeah. It's because he couldn't fit them, but he wasn't planning to let that happen. It was just that he was forced to leave them on the ship. So um, basically, I scored five in my first turn. I got the second priority and scored four. Um, so I already had like a 9 0 lead. Uh, and then it just he caught up, and I think the game finished sixteen sixteen. Yeah. So he scored four in each of his. So I went five four, uh, and then um, I think my turn three I went again, and I got the middle one again because I just moved two planets back into the middle. Yeah. I was like, okay, can kill them now. They've done what they're supposed to. Didn't charge him. Didn't shoot him. Uh, I did kill. I did throw the master ball at some dwarves just because they're in the middle and getting in the way, just to force him to move his. Um, the guys with the 32-inch range? What are they called? The Arconauts. Yeah, so it forced him to run them towards the middle or he wouldn't score at all. Yeah, right. So it stopped him from shooting at me for a turn. These um, the just the, the normal guys? Yeah, yeah not the... Yeah. Not, sorry, I was thinking the, the Skyhawks. So it just forced him to come back into the middle and delay him for a turn. I mean, by that point, I'd already lost most of my army. But um, I basically, I ended up getting tabled, but I held him to a draw... Um, and just as the only person who didn't lose, even though my army got annihilated. I was going to say, every, to be honest, every single person he played basically got tabled. Yeah. There was only, in all five games, he only failed to kill 180 points out of 10,000. Was that a weird That knob? was a weird knob and it was one stuck. of Matt's crotches. So yeah, he didn't kill your weird knob because he was yeah. stuck and he didn't kill Matt's crotch when they played. The, the weird knob was just on the other side of the glass in yeah. Crystal Labyrinth, just like giving him the finger, being like, <laughs> But <laughs> other than that... Me. If I had a chieftain behind the banner, he wouldn't have got killed. Uh, <laughs> the house, so, yeah. Other than that, he tabled everything. But that's a yeah. true that's true Skaven fashion. You didn't win, you didn't lose, it all just kind of worked out for everything someone. Died. That everything died. And yeah, died. you, with really good play, like I was trying to stand and watch your game as much as possible because... I could see you were playing really well, like your deployment and just trying to zone him out completely with his ship. And he was walking around going, huh, I don't think he'd seen it coming. Um, I don't think he did either. He did. If we played again, he would know what I'm going to do the first time. It was just your your arch warlock and you were were like deliberating where to put him for so long. You're like, I'm going to put him here. And then you're like, Actually, no, I'm going to put him Because he wanted him next to the arcane tree. Yeah, I was like, putting him in arc- he, he failed his spells anyway. <laughs> it didn't matter. But um, I was, it was really painful to watch because I was like... I thought oh, I was going to get over with the Nightmare's Ren. And the yeah. problem wasn't that the one closest to the Terabulum couldn't get over. It was I would lose unit coherency. Yeah. So like, I needed the other ones that had strung out to come across. And if I moved it far over that way, he basically couldn't fit. And with the terrain, he couldn't really stand the ship on the terrain... And I think that's again one of those visual things you like, well, you can't go there. And it's, I don't know. Like, I also think I rolled a one on my climax run, yeah. and they get plus two to run. 
So I thought, and I'd strung them out, so I thought that they would be fine. And um, the fact the folder, you can see he's putting dice down to see yeah. where it can fit, and yeah. it can just fit. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he can fit basically yeah. the ironclad and the um, engine riggers. Yeah, I think there's only one unit stayed on the ship. Yeah, um, okay, yeah. But essentially what happened is that second turn allowed him to... He got one more model around the middle than me from what stayed on the boat, and he got like an eight-inch charge of a chemist or something. Yeah. But and still, you're the only person to, yeah, like hold him to the draw. Lose. Didn't win, and didn't lose. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was a really solid play on yeah. your part. And especially just doing stuff like, it made you play your army differently because you pretty much always put Snitch in the Arch Warlock, teleport him. I've the not fact always that you, done that. Three places I don't But the it. fact that you deployed him on the board knowing yeah. he can't shoot me or target me with missile yeah, weapons unless absolutely. he's within six, like going into that game straight away, you were like, I'm starting him on the board. He's going for this that objective, objective and he's staying there. Yeah, yeah. And also then playing your entire thing to put his ship and everything else on the other side yeah. to give him as long as possible. And like you say, it was he was the only model in your army and you're just like, don't care one point, don't care one point. Yeah. And it got you to 16 and he couldn't get more. So It's yeah. one of those parts of the game where people often underestimate how much zonal control plays a part in who wins the it's game. It's like I was saying before, if I played him with the Zench one, he'd put everything on the ship. I actually think I could have zoned him up the entire board. Yeah. Because I had Skiddly, I had the things moving through portals, I also oh. had gutter runners coming on the edge. I actually think I could have blocked yeah, the entire board. Yeah, you would have board. blocked the entire board. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Because um, um, I would have done Skiddly with the Deceiver and swapped the Night Runners. So I had a unit of climates there blocking him in my section in the middle, the Night Runners in the middle of his section, gutter runners coming in one way, um, the climates running up to the gates in the other two anyway, and then just a skiddly, uh, a going through a portal with some yeah. big base would yeah, have been yeah. enough. Yeah. I think if he played that scenario yeah. again, though, he wouldn't put everything in the ship. I think he would deploy something on yeah. the board. Yeah, I, I think also a token to how powerful that army is because he was able to... I'd made The way he dropped, he still couldn't shoot my chieftain, so he would have to literally kill every rat, which is what happened, but over a period of time. <laughs> yeah. um, and nothing was battle tracking. And it's one of those where... That chemist buff is what it, it just made short work of them. Like, um, yeah. he, he just dis- destroyed them with shooting. And I just think, you know, if that buff was different, you had to spread it out a bit more. Um, it probably would be a bit more balanced than it is now. And he probably wouldn't have been able to do oh, for sure. that. So he would have just had you to can't shoot. Ha- you're, not, you're going from you're talking to about unit, 20 thunder shots instead of 40. Yeah, yeah. massive difference. Yeah. So, um, but it was a really interesting game. I thought he was really good. Uh, one thing that I did have to keep calling him up on actually was um, when you, you split your fire. Yeah. So he's like, I'm shooting this. And then he's like, oh, I'll use this one. I was like, no, you shot that. You have to. You need to you dominate. Have to, all, yeah, I, I didn't think it was on so I didn't dock first. him any points yeah. for it. I just think it's one of those things. Yeah. Such a oh, yeah. But, and um, I remember him saying, like, and he was like, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, I've yeah, he, shot he took it. Um, he, he took it well. Um, I just thought he was a really nice guy as well. I thought he was really cool to play against. He had a really strong army. But even when, you know, straight away after the first turn, he realized what I was trying to do. And what I was going to do for the rest of the game is just, can he stop me or can he get there quick enough? Um, he was still having like a really fun time. I think he saw it as like a really challenging game. And like he was really engaged in it. Whilst I think a lot of people could have gone the other way and had a little sulk about yeah. allowing that to happen. Or, so I actually thought he took it really well. Yeah. He was really positive about it all. Um, and I was just happy that was the only one not to lose to him. Yeah, I was trying to win. Um, but just rub it in. Yeah, just, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's an assassin. Just tell everybody. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. Cool.
That was a really and fun game there. That was really good. Cool. Ash, do you want to go through your game? Yeah, sure. So my final game was against Matt Campbell um, with his mixed instructions, so we've already been through his list before. Um, it was a really close game. Um, I outdropped him because I won the roll off to choose sides, so we had the same number of drops. Um, and I gave him the first turn. I deployed only about two inches back from my um, deployment zone, but it was enough that he wouldn't get a first turn charge off with anything because he deployed, again, he deployed his uh, Stonehorn behind a unit of Oryx, yep. so he wouldn't get as much of a destruction move out of it. Um, so that was basically what I was thinking about there. And then the... So he put everything... Put, put a unit of um, Oryx in the center objective. He sent his Stonehorn over towards the... my on the objective on my right, and... Um, and he had his Wyvern on the objective on my left. Um, so he had he was set up to, to claim all three objectives. Um, so he, he scored the, the full five points in his first turn. And then I got the turn and then the double. Yeah. And Gordrax charged. That game was phenomenal. It was almost as good as the one against Anthony. Um, it, so everything got in combat. Um, the big unit of 10 brutes got into combat with his unit of brutes and Ard boys that were screening his Stonehorn. So that then also meant that the Stonehorn couldn't attack back. And then I was able to pile in in his turn because the Ard boys didn't all die. Um, so that I could pin the, the Stonehorn there. Um, the Gordrak himself went over and bossed the, the women completely. Um, and I got a great foot of Gorkov in my second turn um, of the double. Um, so Yeah, I, I was standing there while that I, happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I only killed two brutes um, and two big stabbers, um, but it was enough that the brutes were only one guy left at that point. The big stabbers had two of them left, so they I didn't say, I think you did 19 wounds. Was I lot. was there, you did 8 wounds to the brutes and 11 to the big stabbers. Yeah, it was a lot. Gross. Um, but it meant that the big stabbers didn't kill Gordrak when they charged him. Yeah. Um, so that was significant enough that he was still there. Um, so, yeah, first turn I scored four points. Um, in the second turn, I denied him the point on his right flank. So he didn't, because I had my Mega Boss there. So his um, Stonehorn, which was in combat with my Brutes, couldn't get around to my Mega Boss to attack him. Um, so I denied him that point, And I denied the center with my Ard Boys. And I denied his side with Gordrak um, on the on the left flank. And so I was up 8-5 at the end of turn two. Um, turn three, it went a little bit back the other way. So um, I still held the, out, the outside objectives, but he had the um, enough boys in the middle still that um, when his stone, he brought his stone horn across um, to, to take out the other boys. So essentially he outnumbered me in the middle there. I still had the two outside objectives. Um, and it came down to, in the fourth turn, um, I was out for going, getting a major. Um, I had two Gore Grunters and he had... I had two Gore Grunters and an Ardboy and he had a yeah. unit of one Auric and a unit of three Oryx. Yeah. Um, I had my two Gore Grunters in combat with him. Um, and instead of killing them, <laughs> yeah. I rolled... Uh, six twos on their hit rolls. Ooh, baby. We're um, rolling twos, right? Hitting on threes. <laughs> so no re-rolling twos. No re-rolling twos. So that basically that um, enabled him to score that central objective again, um, and then I just played for the minor defeat. Um, well, that was the that, thing. I was watching that going, 
Hang on, Ash is on for the... I was like literally going, Ash has three models here, Matt has four in range. All yeah. Ash has to do is kill, kill two, two Savage Oryx that have six up saves with two Gore Grunters that had like, what, eight attacks between them or something? So seven attacks with their axes and eight attacks with their balls. So 15 attacks and you had to kill two Savage Oryx. Didn't need to do four. And wounds. I was like, yeah. I was like, Ash is going to get the major here. And range. then it just went... Yeah. Um, but that's what the dice do to you sometimes. But yeah. to be fair, he did retreat those Savage Oryx every turn, so I wasn't able to kill him in his turn. Yeah. So that was also a good play on his part. Um, I went for the, the command ability. Um, I, I tried to use the, the shards as much as I could, so because I had the two outside shards, I was trying to hit him in the middle as much as I could, which helped when his Stonehorn charged in, because he was a minus one to hit, so he had to double swig his battle brew. Yeah, because you so kept setting off the terabulum. Yeah. And what, what, what result did you keep rolling? Uh, I don't remember what it was called. It was something like, it was like an Ash Cloud? Ash there? Cloud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ash, Ash McEwen rolled Ash Cloud twice. Twice. Twice with the Ash Cloud. And once more, I rolled a D6 Mortal Wounds, which did some wounds to the, the, um, the Stonehorn as well. How I would have wished that those Oryx had been closer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was essentially it came down to that. Um, I tried using the the, the command ability. Um, so Gordrak used that to try and kill the last of the Oryx brutes, which was sort of bearing down on him. And that probably would have killed him because he only had two wounds left at that point. I rolled a one on the d6 damage. I rolled a six, so Gordrak died. <laughs> <laughs> so Nagash took him uh, as his writers to, to to claim anyone who dies in the in the um in that battle so would you that, say you took him as his bitch uh, <laughs> definitely definitely his bitch. yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, put, he put a little he felt like a little he put bitch a little choker that. around his neck <laughs> yeah. and said you're mine now. you're mine now yeah <laughs> yeah so so that was unfortunate but not game changing because at that point i still had enough points if i'd killed the the units in the middle to, to get the major but after that um he charged his stone horn in and killed the other two gore grunters um and I just had my Mega Boss over the far right um, and my War Chancer over the far left. His Savage Big Boss and the last brute that I didn't kill with Gordrak in that command ability came over and killed my, um, my War Chancer, which was holding this objective. So he scored one there, he scored a three in the middle, and my Mega Boss, I had the choice of either sitting him on the objective in my last turn and scoring an extra point, or just moving as far away as I could. Um, and I went for the moving far away because... Uh, in the end, if he'd made the charge, he would have gotten a major um, because that would have given the extra movement to get onto the objective. So I moved far away so he couldn't get onto the objective with his stone horn. So he only ended up getting the minor win, which ended up, um, as we'll see in the results, being quite telling. Yeah. So, yeah, no. no, it was good play. Like when you said, actually, no, I'm not going to get the point. I was like, oh, oh, I don't know if this is a good... Because you were moving away. I yeah. was like, oh... He might the survive. Right <laughs> like I was like, oh, it's still a big charge, and then I was like, oh, but he can just move because within he, three. But then I yeah. wasn't looking at actually how far he'd have to move to get within three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was a bit worried. I was like, oh god, okay, fine. But um, but yeah, no, it was obviously the right decision. And yeah, yeah you held them to a minor. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, and my last game was against Mikhail, uh, who the other two boys have played, and we've discussed his combined arms Stormcast list, which was actually a real challenge for my army because it didn't give me anything to focus on. Usually I can pick what I need to shoot with the bolt throwers, what I need to counter with the slayers and the combat, but there were no obvious targets, which really made it hard to pick what to hit. Um, 
And uh, anyway, in the, the first couple of turns, um, I captured the center objective, which was worth three, uh, and he only picked up one on the side. So in the first two turns, the, the score kind of blew out in my favor, six to two. But then in turn three, um, yeah, it, it kind of went back where he pushed me off the middle objective and captured it. And, and very quickly, the scores started to even back out. Um, and it, it kind of, the rest of the game became kind of a fight for that middle objective. Um, with with us each having a hero on the outside objectives and just kind of units running into the middle, grinding and dying. Um, and as I mentioned when we were talking about the last game, his, um, the, the Uters with hammers that drop out of the sky. Yes. That's the one, the Retributors. <laughs> Uter, um, they dropped out of the sky and I was like, okay, nine inches, I got a pretty good shot. Nah, they made a nine inch charge, bludgeoned my long beards <laughs> to death, uh, which then I think took them out of, uh, meant that I didn't have enough models in range. So then he captured it. And then in return, um, Belagar went in and beat them to a mess. Uh, my runesmith somehow fought off, um, Fulminator. Was it for a fulminator charge to Runesmith? And he, he somehow managed to, uh, to, to knock him away with his tongs and <laughs> rune staff. I don't know how that happened. Um, and, and in the end, it ended up actually being very close, um, and, and it went to a minor victory, um, to the dwarves. But like the, a couple of the, the moments where it really, really came close was like I had basically got a really lucky turn two I used the the power of the shard again to do mortal wounds and managed to mortal wound his gen- general to death who had like the silly up save, oh the two up reroll ones because of the castellan and, and, healing, then, like, and then healing some negative to hit him because he was behind some dudes or something oh, the uh, was, yeah or oh, yeah. the, whatever the staunch um, defender plus one thing. yeah might something and then dudes with oh yeah minus one dudes with yeah. then pokey sticks and, yeah anyway yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I just had no chance of hurting him um, and so I was like okay well I have to use the shard to get mortal wounds on him two turns in a row yeah. and I did that's so risky um, <laughs> and I I rolled it in the first turn I survived and I was kind of thinking to myself like okay if I lose my general and I'm at minus two bravery for the rest of the game, which is what happens if I roll a three up after using this power, I think I can still win. If his general's alive, there's no chance. Anyway, I rolled a two, and so I, again, used the powers of the shards with absolutely no repercussions, <laughs> and I did not learn any lessons about abusing power during this entire tournament. Um, all I learned is that if someone offers you a devil's choice, you should always take it and continue to take it because nothing bad will ever happen, ever. Um, but that's the point, like... The shards were always there, so that mm. if you use them, it should help you win the game. Yeah. But you have to know that it might come at a cost. Well, so the... you have to weigh up if the worst happens, mm. is it worth doing? And like you said, you looked at it and went, look, if I don't kill his general, I'm probably going to lose the game. So you were like, well, I have to use the shards and kill I'm, his general. And I also knew that if we I... We were just like, we're not using it, you brothers. So like, <laughs> yeah. like, we just like, like, we're just reading for it. Like, uh, no, let's just have a game about this. And we reached a situation where one of them needs it. I might just either die because I was thinking about it. But, but wait, it's too late. I was going to say, because that would be really good because Caradron Overlords in particular hate mortal wings. Yeah. Like... So actually, like and it's twenty and it's twenty four <laughs> inch range. Because they got a lot of power. like you could have just done that on the Thunderers, mm. and that would have been like. Well, the the reason I used it two turns in a row, so I let him have first turn, so he moved closer. I used it the first turn, and the reason I used it two turns in a row, I was tossing up, but I went, look, if he uses it and hits me with mortal wounds, he's got a one in three chance of killing pretty much all of my characters. 
or if I use it, I've got a good chance of killing his character and then only a two out of three chance of losing just the general yeah. and at the cost of me also killing his general. So that was kind of there. Um, and then in that same turn, my bolt throwers decided that they would be crewed by snipers and blue. Who's the guy that holds the magic lantern plus save? Yeah. Yeah. They, he, he already taken like one mortal wound from the power, but then my bolt throwers just, uh, yeah, I've never seen them perform that well ever. Um, cause they were neg one to hit for shooting through the whippy protectors. Thingy. That's the ones, yep. the oars, um, <laughs> the, the uters, uh, <laughs> some, some, some shieldy uters. Uh, and yeah, they, they did naughty, naughty things to him. Um, but yeah, uh, but the thing was that, like I said before, Belagar went on to every time Stormcast like surrounded that middle objective, it was Belagar who fought them off, <laughs> which meant that if I had rolled that three up for using the power of the shard and lost Belagar, I think I would have lost the whole match because I wouldn't have had that choppy the beat stick the dude mm. to hold back the tide of Stormcast that fell on because it honestly changed hands each player's turn um it was like they would shoot my stuff off so i put a new unit on and kill the dudes who were there and then another unit would pile in on top of them and it was actually really cool because it was like there was basically a hero on each of the outside objectives yelling into the middle going one being my slayer who would usually love to be in combat but he fought three rounds of combat and did one wound in this entire game so i decided he was out he was tired he needed a rest so he stood on one objective yelling at the middle going Fight harder! And his, um, <laughs> his Scully McSkull face was on the other objective, yelling at his dudes. Like Be better, man! I don't know, whatever. I don't know. Do Stormcast yell to their mouths? I don't know. They're uh, he was creating chariots for them. Yeah. Uh, well, no, he took the, the one where they get to reroll one ah, or something. I've um, never seen a different but, but then, No, not bless weapons. Uh, oh, God. I do actually. Divine light or uh, divine blessing or something. He got really unlucky that he failed that a couple of times. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they went in and did things, uh, but those heroes were just utterly pointless except for scoring points and yelling into the middle. Mm. Um, but it was, it was a really good game. Uh, Burlock, the, the engineer, shot heaps and did nothing. Like there was things in range of all of his weapons every turn of the game. So he's got a D6 automatic shotgun and then two pistols. Yep. They did nothing all game. I think he Because made... I remember there being a unit of prosecutors yep. there pretty much and the whole time. And he did nothing to them. He then got in combat with some liberators and proceeded to do nothing to them. Um, but he was there and no one can say that he wasn't. And at the end of the game, he and my slayer were the last two things I had on the board. So, literally, my Slayer would have been like, oh, well, this sucked, and <laughs> like, walked off, and I imagine then that Master in, it was him, the Slayer, sorry, and I should say, two bolt throwers with no crew. So, there's that poor engineer who has to drag two bolt throwers back to where he lives and be like, bad things happened, I don't want to talk about it. Um, but, yeah. I got, I'm adding it to the book. Yeah, yeah, I got the minor there um, through good luck, and the grudge pony killed... A long strike crossbow on yes. Stormcast guy. <laughs> um, <Yes>. So <laughs> basically, uh, uh, the entire tournament was worth it at that moment. Yeah. When he'd wounded, he had wounded a plague bearer who survived earlier in the tournament, but this time he did take the final wound off one. Um, the miners fought, like, got obliterated in the following turn, but the, uh, the pony did did good things yeah, um, that's all the best. and yeah and that was my last game it was uh, awesome fun and that 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 
I don't know, mess of a maelstrom in the middle of just units swapping hands in control of it was awesome. Oh, and the reason that I called him the Extra Stormy as a nickname was because he used the Shard Tower twice and both times he rolled a six, which lightning bolts my dudes and kills them, and which it totally did, and minute. gives his guys plus one to wound. <laughs> oh, yeah. So basically his lightning men were, I don't know, they were like super saiyan lightning men or something yeah. by the end, and my dudes were extra, extra crispy. Uh, it was... It was awesome, uh, and it was as it was meant to be as well. So yeah, it was a. Uh, it was actually the last last thing he did in the game was do the tower, yeah. then roll the six, and then lightning bolted. Like I think it might have even been Belagar. <laughs> he might have been my last thing standing there next to the objective, being like, "Yes!" And then the lightning bolt <laughs> Sigma says no. came out of the sky <laughs> and wearing all that armor. It made him very, very. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was. What is it? You know, when you you cook something underground, it probably made him a honey. You know, when you cook <laughs> fish in alfoil underground. Okay. Yeah. He's so wrapped up in armor that that's what happened. He was. He was cooked. He was crispy. Um, but yeah, that was another awesome game. Actually, there wasn't much left in either of our armies by the end, uh, which was which was cool. We ground ourselves to death. I think that's what that snow to, does as yeah. well. Is it forces you to make those decisions to sacrifice units in the middle to score the three points. Yeah. And then yeah, you're not going to have much left at the end. Of oh, it. so there's a, yeah, there's a couple of ways oh, you can play it. If you, yeah, you either army. decide, look, I'm just going to take a hit and let my whole army die across the course of the game, but have it in the middle so I keep scoring this and just hope that I have more models than they do yeah. or you play it where you go you let them take the middle you grow for the hero you like you go for both the towers you apply the effects to the middle to wear down because mm. most of the effects do damage yeah. so you score two points to their three so you're not you're losing but only by one point each turn and you really hurt them yeah. and then it means that you've still got your army to then go in late game and get the major but. yeah uh, it was it was an awesome game um, and we had a, a a lot of fun laughing at just like the ridiculous stuff that happened. Like things would go uber bad for one of us, and then in the other player's turn, it would swing back. Which was why, like I said, just chopped and changed in the middle, and like I get pushed off, and like no, so I'd commit more dwarves, and then they would die, and then I'd be like, oh man, I'm running out of dwarves. <laughs> Which is probably every dwarf is a slayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of it, every dwarf uh, was was a sacrificial. They were all like ripping off their armor, like I don't want this. (laughs) Which is actually quite unusual for your army because you do end up usually end up with quite a a large chunk of it still on the board. Yeah, I'm good at attrition, and I was not good at attrition. (laughs) I got out attrittioned. There was more stormcast than dwarves left. That's all it takes. (laughs) Super. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was his so focus yeah. after all. Cool. So that was everyone's games. Yeah. Um, so the overall results, obviously, Ash, you came in third. Yeah. Um, Dan, you came in second. Authentic Dan. Authentic Dan came second. And given that he won, I'll use his proper name, Dan Say came in first. Beards! Eric Say. Uh, yeah. Um, Eric came seventh. Which, um, can I say, was a total surprise. Like, I, I didn't even know I was in contention for the podium. And when Chris announced the winner... He did an arm sweep that started wide and headed in the direction of all of the top players. Well, we no, had the people that I thought were going to get the win. And so I was standing there and I, I'd already started clapping. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah. And then he just stopped and pointed at me. And someone's yeah. filming it. So I'm sure there's this look of stupid, <laughs> nonplussed idiocy on my face as I'm like, I, what? Misunderstanding. Yeah, I thought you were messing with me. Really? <laughs> but. Like, that's the thing, like, we're looking at the scores now, yes, in terms of gaming, like, minors, majors, etc., of the three of you, you had the least with 27, Dan had 32, Ash had 30, but then when it comes to Joe the victory go. points, 
you had 68, Dan had 70, and Ash had 65. So yeah. you actually got more, a few more VPs than Ash. Yeah. And then you all got um, full, like, paint scores, because you all you three were probably the main painted armies there. And then, yeah, all did really well on sports, pretty much max. And then did really well at best opponents. Dan, that's where you picked up a heap of points by mm. getting at least a first or a second from every single one of your opponents. So that got you... 19 points dan mm. got nine and ash got seven so that's a big chunk up mm. um all three of you got the painting nomination and then actually dan kill point wise dan and ash were on six four hundred six three hundred you're on eight thousand yep. so actually like you're obviously killing your opponents oh yeah and doing no, I... like so you were still doing well gaming wise you actually had i think the third highest kill points out of anyone at the tournament mm. so yeah, it, you weren't out of contention at all. No, so. no, I was just completely surprised. But I, afterwards, when you explained it all to me, I was like, oh, that's that's awesome that a lot of those things go in because um, if there's one thing that I think it is really hard to do for, for some people and, and myself when I started in the hobby, it's be a good winner or a gracious loser. Um, yeah. That's really important. I think that gets that, you best opponent votes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. but even even if that's not a part of the, I should pack, still be a part of like, it's, you know, and like we were, morally. <laughs> we, we, I think we talked about it um, before as well. Is that it's really important not to see the person you're playing as an enemy and an opponent for you to crush and make them cry tears of pain and never want to talk to you again. It's important to look at them as somebody that you want to have a game with and have fun. Because if you don't do this hobby to have fun... What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. If, if your answer is like, well, winning is fun, it's like, oh, man, you're going to have a fun life. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, that it's good to see that as, as a, a strong part of the pack as yeah. well. Because Absolutely. it encourages people to play with their opponent as opposed to playing against them. I also quite like the, the painting and um, the painting scores. So the way you did that was you had a, a maximum that you could score was 25, but the total that you could have gotten was 30. Yeah, so, so different ways of getting yeah, it. Yeah, different ways of yeah. getting it. So you could have, if you'd done a really good conversion, that gets you two points for it. If you'd done a really good freehand on a banner, you get points for that. But you don't have to compete in every part of that part yeah. of the hobby because some people prefer converting some people prefer painting yeah when it comes down to it's your hobby you can do what you want this is how we're going to reward it yeah so if you're good at all parts there's, of it then you're going to get there's the a big enough criteria to reward someone who has put extensive effort through that army but can still I, I didn't do much for basing and I got docked on that but I still got max points yeah so, and I didn't bring a board but I didn't want to and I don't do any converting really but yeah. I, I, I do painting quite well it's like 70% it's... of my army is converted <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah, yeah. You score the points differently. Yeah, so I, I really like that side of it too. Mm. Uh, and that's actually uh, speaking of we we thought we all thought that Ethan was going to take it out. Um, yeah, I, I thought he, he went. had four major wins and a draw. Um, yeah, a draw. The only thing that pulled him back really was <laughs> he didn't actually have four major wins, by the way. Oh yeah, oh, sorry, four, he had. Four big he had um, I think minors. he had two major wins, two minor wins, yeah. and a draw. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so having four wins and a draw sort of. Usually in a, a competitive tournament, you expect that to be right up there. Yeah. But his models weren't all painted, so that brought him back down a little bit. Um, and it it just goes to represent that. Oh yeah, I mean, a, if you hobby. go through if you go through the painting and army list section, I think like the lowest person other than him is on twenty five, and he's on seven. Yeah. So and given that the top you could have was thirty five. It's twenty eight points. Yeah, he's lost there. He still me. came ninth. 
Yeah. Uh, no, eighth, sorry, with 148. So if you add 27 to that, it puts him like, yeah, like second. Yeah. So it, it, it shows that, like, yes, he did well, but you need. I, I don't, I, it's not about punishing people for not painting, it's about rewarding people that have. Yeah, it's fine. So you could still come and you can still play, and there, I made sure that there were trophies that had nothing to do with painting and sportsmanship. Yeah. They were purely gaming. And so Ethan, he won the most So Ethan got best order and he got most bloodthirsty. Yeah. Mm. So and so he still could turn up with an army. I win most trophies. <laughs> <laughs> he still could turn up with an army that was just three colour minimum yeah. and walk away with two prizes and have a but, fun tournament. Yeah. And know that he probably wouldn't get first. But he still did it the way yeah. that he wanted to. Um, yeah. But there's still something you have to aim towards as well. But now, yeah, yeah. exactly. And he, but he is someone that I think will come with a really nicely painted army. Like Absolutely. seeing his ship, how it comes. So he knows, like yeah. he's got the gaming down. He can win awards now, and he knows once he's painted, he's going to be right up there for the overall oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. So you're, I'm just glad that um, knowing that the mantle will probably be passed to more beards, <laughs> um, and uh, and beards made out of metal. So yeah. you know that's that's a beard that's you can beard. trust. That's Giant a beard, beard you can trust. Um, In beards we trust. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, but you guys, between you, I think there was 14 awards overall, and I think, how many did you get between you? Two. I got Four. two. So you got eight out of 14 between the three of you, so, which I know, I know some people like to like, they'll change results and things to, well not change results, but they'll basically say that the same person can't, can't win yeah. overall, but I don't i i'd always said from the start no matter what if one person comes in and they win first they win best this they win best painting mm. they win best sports they'll get everything they because at the everything. end of the day yeah. if they are best sports then they deserve best mm. sports if they are best painted they deserve best paint like yeah. if you don't give that person the award just because they picked up other awards you almost start to discourage them, them to do it yeah um because they're like well what's the point of me spending all this effort because i, I know can win. Win. Like, i can win yeah and then i'm not going to get rewarded for this yeah. anyway I really so. like how you did the painting one actually because I even said to like Ash before like because I got the um, players choice players choice and Ash got the judges choice yeah so I really liked how because I, I think Ash is a better painter than me <laughs> and uh, so I really liked how like you could both kind of get recognition for that in a mm-hmm. different way um, well Ash you've been running that army in a few places and it's beautiful <coughs> so you. it was good to see so you pick up the points yeah. there it does mean a lot yeah. because I, I do I do take a lot of pride in the, the painting that I do and I'm I'm working on an army that is going to be even prettier. So yeah. <laughs> um, that one was I, I did it um, during the uh, the spring event. Oh, sorry, the, the winter event over here was when they they did it for um, the worldwide event and it was basically when you paint stuff you get points and that sort of thing and it was the worldwide um, Okay. The, that thing so yeah it was basically trying to get stuff done for that so I, I was sort of speed painting things a bit so I but I, I mean I still put in all the effort and I can always go back and, and sort of touch it up to yeah. sort of take it to that next level as well yeah cool awesome um, do you guys have any final words you want to say on the show or? I think you just run it really well in general yeah. like um, I, I just think it was just run really smoothly everything kind of worked out well I think it was really well thought out um, I, I know personally anyway how much effort you put into it but um yeah, in general, I just think that you ran it, put it together really well. So um, I think mean, you could tell. Well, yeah, I mean, like, um, I think that all the tournaments I've gone to so far have all been really good. But there's like a, um, you know, some sort of smaller ones which are. I mean, I've tried to run a small one before, and that there was problem. That was annoying. It was that was in a games workshop, and that was like far more. Um, 
effort than I thought it would be, and that was something that was really easy to organise. And that was just like a small doubles tournament. So like doing something on a much bigger scale where you're having to contact sponsors is <laughs> much harder. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I hope it just made it worth it for everyone. Having, yeah, I think having the sponsor prize support, obviously everyone will have heard through the breaks kind of all the sponsors that we had and thanks yeah. again to them for coming on board. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping to kind of obviously develop those relationships further in future for future events. Um, this Sydney Slaughter is something I would like to become an annual event um, yeah. over a long weekend. I don't know if I'll keep it in June just because it's a crazy busy time for me every year at work and it was it almost ruined the event this year because of work so I might move it to a different weekend in the year but it will probably always it will be an annual thing and it will be a long weekend um, just to always give people a Monday um, but yeah and I was just pleased to see that actually of all the scores there was only one tie that had to come down to be settled by kill points yeah um, which was fourth and fifth um, so yeah, I was just pleased that the pack actually kind of worked in terms of scoring that um, I, was I wasn't having to just divide people. so many people yeah. on. Because especially once you're at like 20 players, um, five games, quite a few players, like maybe the winner will probably be clear because they'll probably be the one person that's won five games. But as soon as you start getting down to anywhere near like fifth down to 15th, they're all going to have like a few majors, a few minors. Yeah. And, and then it's like, oh, are you just going to kill points? I don't know if it rewards the right thing about yeah. just I was trying to win a reward tactical play so playing mm. for objectives um, rather yeah. than just going cool you killed loads of stuff so yeah. here you go but well for my money I had because of the pack and the organisation I had five really fun games that were different to all the other generals handbook yeah. games yeah, that I, I played like that too. and I had because the people I played I had five really fun games where they indulged me when I was doing things in dwarven voices and didn't just roll their eyes and say look at this crazy human um, but also I think like it's really cool um, something I've noticed since playing Age of Sigmar that I didn't really notice in 7th and 8th edition of Fantasy is that people were really generous with rules um, and, and when I say that like say someone went oh really they do that and I'd go yes and then would show them they're like oh awesome it was a very open... Uh, like, rather than like, they should be able to Rather than like, yeah. oh, that's right. Well, no, this rule combined with this doesn't do that. It was... Or, or when... If an opponent was like, oh, I think that was a one or something like that. Or if, if I saw... I was like, oh, remember, you're, you're a minus one to hit or, or yeah. whatever. People were very... Uh, they were very good about it and I yeah. thought that I that was really wonderful that people weren't going like, oh, well, you know, now we just have to do it all over again. Or, oh, well, it doesn't matter because of this. It was... Yeah. A, a really good attitude by everyone that I played. I think that, that Sigma has really encouraged people to be using tokens and stuff like the scenery mm, dice. I think they're really and, important. And the markers yeah. have really helped people remind, remember stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, it feels like a very heavy synergy. Like synergy helps as well. Yeah. And people are... It was really nice for me to see actually walking around all the games, especially during setup. Most players were <coughs> talking through their opponents mm. saying, this is what my list does before yeah. deployment started, which was great so that you're not winning by your opponent's naivety. You're winning yeah. because you've outplayed them on the table, knowing mm. what each other's armies can do. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool for me to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for coming on the show. Really thanks well done um, for the tournament. Obviously, all three of you have completely embodied kind of all areas. So I couldn't have asked for a better top three, really, because yeah, you were all up there for sports, painting, gaming. So 
yeah, I was pleased to be able to reward you with the uh, three crystal shards for you to keep at home. Beautiful. Which yeah. are amazing trophies, by the way. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely want to win that one next year. I'm, I'm actually so glad little... they were there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that scared me was when Dan and Ash won theirs, my suggestion to them was to use their pointy trophies to murder whoever got first. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you said me, I was like, oh, oh no, gosh. I'm going to get myself stabbed. <laughs> I'm just like, which trophy do I use to hit him with? <laughs> <laughs> you could just throw them from a distance. You had enough. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah thanks for coming on the show um so yeah that kind of wraps up this episode it's been a long one but hopefully everyone's enjoyed listening uh i think the next show is probably going to be a battle time review um maybe sylvaneth or probably corn so Clanish. hopefully people enjoy that when clannish and have a time you can come on and do shout a out to liam burnett blue yeah <laughs> liam did so much work for the pack um yeah. and everything so i thanked him on the event but again in this episode thanks again liam for all your help because I could not have done it. It would have been a Word document. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, that was great. And yeah, I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to this show, guys. And we'll see you on the next one. Final note, Night Runners are better than Skinks. Bye. Und das Spiel regnet Pathetic Scottish. No, no, I'm just saying, like, come on, man. That didn't it even sound, sound, sound like you'd like ever be... Pathetic. 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 I'm definitely pathetic. not a voice actor. <laughs> Got about as much chance as a sparrow's fart in a hurricane. And welcome, we're back. And we're back. <laughs>
So, all asparagus farts over. Not asparagus, <laughs> it's, an, it's a sparrow's fart. It's a small bird, and if it passes gas, it's not much gas. That's I'm sure the it's a saying that someone knows. Oh, yeah, to some... be fair, if it's about not much gas, I feel like an asparagus fart would be less No, gas. but an asparagus fart would theoretically be quite powerful. It might have a chance in a hurricane. Like, you never know. We're Depend- tackling the world issues here. I think yeah. Get, Depend- get yeah. a physicist guess. I guess, I guess <laughs> the question is it. how much asparagus have you eaten? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or how much asparagus has asparagus? When was the last time you farted? Oh, oh so you're asparagus. talking about people farting that have eaten asparagus. I was talking about an asparagus fart. Like, no. <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, Dealing with the heavy issues this afternoon. Definitely Paul.